How's your weekend been? It's been all right. How's uh, how are you? How's your mental health? Um, it's hanging in there. Okay. It's, you know, by thread. Nice. You know, just another day in the the hellscape that is 2020. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. How's your mental health? It's dicey. Dicey. Yeah, <laughs> I feel you. I I haven't had a lot of bandwidth for things today or this this week. Today especially, but this week. Just busy. Uh yeah, but also like not a lot of uh I don't know. Not a lot of canvas by which to paint on my no fucks given uh-huh. mural or whatever. I've been trying to only use Twitter for like just light stuff these past few days. Like don't stop tricking the trending topics. Like I wish I could remove that option from my phone so I don't even go there. You know, it's like the Nothing good comes of that, you know. You what's, go. What's light stuff? Just like t- Buffy, you know. Like okay. Like I just don't want to go to Twitter and like go to the Explore tab and be like, what horrible new shit is happening in the world? You know, who is dying or has cancer? That's like incredibly depressing, and you know, stormtroopers in Oregon. I just like, I'm not tr- trying to bury my head in the sand. It's just like, this isn't healthy for me to like bathe in that all day long. You know, take a day off. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. That's the world we live in. <laughs> Hopefully cool. we can uh, provide a bit of a distraction by talking about Buffy the Vampire Slayer season four. Are you ready to begin the pod? Absolutely. Hello and welcome to Headcanon. I'm James. And I'm Marco Sparks. Hi. Hello. We're back. Not that we were gone, really. Uh, Buffy season four. We're doing the whole season this week. We're talking about uh, S4E10 Hush, S4E15 This Year's Girl, S4E16 Who Are You, and S4E22 Restless. You might notice we're skipping over the entire initiative plotline. If only the writers did as well. (laughs) So you watched all of it, huh? I watched the whole goddamn season. Okay, cool. Yeah. I had a little time to do so. Um, Before we get into that, though, let's talk a little bit about what you're watching right now. Uh, Well, well, some episodes of Buffy. Yeah. Uh Um, uh, Earlier, like before the after our last pot, I watched a lot of like just that. I don't know. I was in that phase where I watched a lot of movies that I'd seen before. Mm, Okay. Like like Ronin or or the Ghost Rider, you know, just like I don't know certain vibes but it's like maybe i didn't remember them totally maybe that one didn't want to challenge myself too much i watched palm springs which was fun it's cute yeah i watched that it was Uh, was enjoyable it was a little there were some moments in it that felt a little too lonely island for me but for the most part i liked it well it was kind of just like yada 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 over yeah how and why is this happening that's cool um i don't understand the ending with roy i don't think that would work well, it depends on what you think happened to the goat. Okay. And also the dinosaurs. Okay. Because, I mean, like, I don't know how he would get a voicemail from her after the fact. But but really before the fact from him. Anyway. Um, I, I think he would just get it before he went to sleep that night and then, like, the next morning come over. Maybe, yeah. Um, it's a long finished. drive from Irvine. Yeah. <laughs> finished uh, I May Destroy You, which... Uh, did it destroy you? 
No, qu- uh, quite quite honestly, it did the exact opposite as as it should. Um, the ending of that season is, you know, if you like that show and you like Buffy, if you like Restless, especially, mm. it's it's got a touch of that. Um, yeah, I feel like I watch other things, but like I said, I've just been in this haze. You? Um, so Perry Mason once again. <laughs> okay. Um, even though whenever we post this, like the new episode's already up that we haven't seen yet, it's. Uh, you know, it's a show. It's still going. It's I watch it for some reason. I, don't know. I think it's nice just to watch a show that's clearly very expensive to make and they have a lot of good actors. Even if the actual content isn't great, it's, uh, I don't know, there's something comforting about that at least. I feel like so many kind of Netflix caliber shows, you can just see the corners cut here and there. And like, uh, for example, something else I watched, which I don't know why, I like saw Buzz about this online. They were all lying. The Old Guard. That a Charlie oh. Theron movie, um, mm. it was just real stupid, and it's like they clearly spent money to get her and Chiotel Ejiofor and the um, I think it's Kiki. I want to say Palmer, but it's a different last name. I can't remember the actor's last name, but like they spent money on three actors, and then it's just a bunch of fucking Eastern European like who the fuck is this guys for the rest of the cast, mm. um, and he, it just it just has that sheen of like not complete cheapness, not like B movie level, but it's like, you can tell that they were corners cut here and there in order to make this. Mm. But uh, you downloaded that somewhere. Yeah. Don't download. I don't have Netflix. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. It's important to note that. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. I'll be gone in the dark. Yeah. It continues on. I don't know. They're, they're really like dropping a lot of little, like, I don't know, foreshadowing of, uh, Michelle Mac- McNamara. McNamara. McNamara, yeah. yeah. They're dropping a lot of foreshadowing of her death, which I guess is something. I don't know. It's like, oh, we're just going to have this little scene where she's getting a prescription filled. wonder what that's going to be about later, you know. <laughs> um, let's see. What else have I been watching? I actually watched just a ton of shit this past week. Um, I watched that movie Greyhound, which was like barely 90 minutes. The uh, war movie where he's a uh, captain of a bus? He's a bus driver, yeah. Yeah, it's like it's an Apple TV Plus. I have a free subscription to that, so I figured I'd watch it. It's so there's just almost nothing there. Like it could have been a twenty minute, uh, like I don't know, documentary with a couple like historical reenactments or something. Like it's just not much of a movie. It's just like here's a convoy and they got to get across the Atlantic and there's some subs trying to kill them and every once in a while a sub pops up and there's a fight. And that's it. Yeah, documentary narrated by Tom Hanks. That's what I want. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's barely a movie. Like, it, it's really, there's just so little happening. Um, I watched the first two episodes of Brave New World because they're free. It's mm. uh, it's interesting. I mean, I think they're doing justice to the text so far, I would say. Um, interesting. Okay. With uh, Han Solo there as the savage. Okay. Why, have you watched it at all? No, I just, I saw the trailer i don't know 100 years ago and i was like oh okay it's one of those so i want to say they did a tv movie version like it's done a few and like it would like they're always kind of like how quickly can we get away from this book this this classic novel i mean there's ending. there's clearly some stuff that they're adding but it's like they're they're committed to the weird society of like everyone's just fucking each other and they're taking mm. drugs all the time like i feel like that gets shied away of from a lot in the other like adaptations like like, yeah, there's plenty of orgies happening there. Cool. Yeah. Is this Peacock? Peacock, yeah. 
Way to go. Way to use that peacock. But I guess though, you like you have to pay to watch more episodes, so I don't think I'll be doing that. Classic orgy. Yeah. First couple for free. Uh-huh. And then uh, I tried watching some of Mythic Quest that's also on Apple TV. That's just a very, very, very average sitcom. It's just, I don't know. It, it just felt very, like, microwaved from, like, jokes that might have been funny five years ago. I watched three episodes of that when it first came out, and I kept thinking, like, is this going to be something where I have to watch three seasons before it's funny? Yeah. <laughs> There's just, like, certain archetype characters, like the kind of, the manager guy who's just like, oh, he's nebbish and kind of, you know. The one assistant. Yeah. Oh, the one assistant. Yeah. I feel like she's played that character in something else. She seemed familiar. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, hi, I just went from workaholic straight over to this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I like the, um, the main character, not, not, not Mac from it's always sunny. He's fine. But like, uh, Poppy. Yeah. She was, fun but it's like everything around her just wasn't exciting i mean like abed it just felt so kind of boring so like i don't know warmed over like we've done all these jokes before kind of a thing well like you think that the f murray abram character should like pop immediately not as yeah. much yeah it's too much tv man it's yeah none of it's and none differentiating of it's, itself no, it's all that great none of it's buffy uh where are you listening to right now I've not really been listening to much, I don't think. Or I've just been putting on music in the background and not really, I don't know, consciously absorbing it. You? Yeah, not a whole lot. I guess probably going back to a little T-Swift recently. But Word. other than that, not much. Mostly just watching TV, listening to podcasts. Cool. Yeah. Uh, what are you reading? I'm working my way through News of the World by Paulette Giles. Okay. Yeah. How's That's that, all i got to say about that. that grabbing you? It's it's not at all. Okay. Uh, so I just started The Night Country, which is a sequel to the book I was reading for the past like five months, uh, The cool. Hazelwood. Uh, maybe I'll be able to get through this a little bit quicker. The one where you were like, I don't know why there needs to be a sequel. Yeah, I'm not sure, but I'll read it. That's just I'm a completionist like that. Word. How many books are there? Is it just the sequel? I think this one just came out this year, so I don't know if there's a plan to be more. Maybe there is, but this is definitely the only one other one out so far. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get down to Buffy the Vampire Slayer season four. Do you have an opening statement? Uh yeah. So I feel like um I didn't now you will have to correct me because you watched the whole Absolutely. season and I, I have not refreshed myself the whole season. I'm ready. But I feel like some people would call this a lackluster season, especially compared to the previous two. But I mean, you know. We're going to start off talking about an episode that's a lot of people's favorite. There's a lot of great moments in this season um, and in ways that it sets up like stuff that will happen throughout the rest of the show. But I, I kind of think the show is brilliant for how it uses college as, a, as like the soft reboot idea. Uh, characters expecting to go into something great only to find like <laughs> identity issues abounding. Um, like no one is who they think they should be or they think they're missing out on something. They assume everyone else has it together. Um, I think at the end of the lesson is that you need your friends and your support network, even as you change and grow, I think. Um, that said, and I'm sure you'll have more about it because you've just refreshed yourself, but the initiative sucks. Um, as we go through this, I have way too many logistical questions and 
like Adam himself, I feel like at certain points of the end game of the season, they just Frankenstein together the hodgepodge of what they had to work with and the limitations they were given with the initiative. And yeah, I mean, I, I have strong um, remembrances of this season and this rewatch did not harm that at all for the most part. So take it over. All right. Uh, yeah, Buffy going to college. That was a big transition. And it felt like the show was, well, maybe not breaking new ground. It's still kind of keeping things going in the first part of the season. And then the initiative and Riley Finn happened. And mm-hmm. somehow they start dominating every plot line. And suddenly it feels like Buffy isn't even going to college anymore. Uh, it's just all Riley and the initiative drama, which is a big shame. Because Riley kind of sucks as a character. And the initiative just completely sucks as a plot line. Like, so often in these episodes, I'd find myself enjoying the Scooby gang and the new additions that have come into the Scooby gang. And then it's just like, oop, time to be bored out of your mind by Adam or Riley being angsty about Buffy being more powerful than him. Or Forrest is whining because Buffy's like ruining the boys club. And it's just like fucking oh. Forrest. Yeah. Oh, you you didn't even get the brunt of Forrest. He is god awful in some of these episodes. Yeah. Um, it's it's just a real shame because all the, the other stuff this season, I think, is good there's just this big old turd right in the middle of everything uh in conclusion hush is a classic faith is an electrifying screen presence and uh, riley should have died and statement and restless is an episode of tv that i've never forgotten for one moment in my entire life great episode probably like the all-time like dream sequence episode absolutely i mean the, the, the dream sequence episode by which all other dream sequence episodes should be judged yeah i mean and and man I appreciate it so much more now, like looking at the way it handles character as like kind of like tone poetry than. Uh-huh. Yeah. Anyway. But I mean, also, like, I don't think TV shows like didn't really send characters to college like this before. No, they did. And then they got canceled immediately. Like college is always like a huge stumbling block for the, the high school show, you know, because eventually yeah. it had to happen and it just never went very well. And even Buffy only kind of commits to it for like maybe a season and a half. And then we kind of forgot about college. Well, it's like season five. She's in college for like three episodes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even this season, by like second half of the season, we're not really seeing her in class much anymore. Well, yeah. I mean, at a certain point, like Brian Cox takes her aside. And it's just like you're on like triple academic probation. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's get to Hush. I have my five moments as usual. This is a December episode. It's kind of. Surprise me. December 14, 1999, directed by Joss Whedon. I have seven. You had five, you said? Yeah. Okay, so um, this is a small moment. My number seven is in the one hall or, like, the lobby of, like, Tara's dorm building or whatever. When she comes out the first morning, I believe, and everyone's quiet because, of course, they've lost their voices. Uh And then suddenly the one guy just, like, drops something, and there's, like, this loud crash that cuts the silence. I found it very effective, and I found it a great, like, table setting, like... Everybody got that? <laughs> it's silent. Um, number six. Oh, I love this moment. Buffy and Willow walk through town after everyone's lost their voices. They're like watching how people are reacting to this. Like the preacher who's got his flock congregating. The guy selling the white dry erase boards for $10 a pop. And they're like disgusted by this blatant opportunity capitalism. And then they show up at Giles a little later, both having their message boards hanging around their necks. Yes. Yeah, it was hard for me to pick. I, I stuck to five for each of these episodes, but like this one and Restless especially, it's just like the whole episode. Like I feel like there's almost no bad note in it. Or long portions of yeah. it. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, so if I had to pick something, um, I did like the part uh, while they still had their voices, just the Wicca group dragging Willow for suggesting spells. Just like, you know, <laughs> certain stereotypes are not very empowering. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love it. That's your number five? That's my um, number five, yeah. Number five is just the brief glimpse we get into Giles and Spike being roommates. Uh, and then Anya and Xander like, walk in having this like DTR conversation. And she's like, you don't care about me. All you care about is having lots of orgasms. Yeah, pretty much true, Anya, unfortunately. Uh, let's see, my number four. Uh, just when Buffy and Riley at the end, they can finally talk and they have nothing to say to each other because... Turns out Riley's super boring. That's how I interpret that. But mm-hmm. that's fair. That's fair. Uh, number four, related to the previous moment, like again, anything of Spike is a roommate from hell. Uh, especially when Xander beats up Spike to protect Anya, or so he thinks, and she's like so overcome that she signals in front of everyone, finger inside the circle thing, the international symbol for fucking. Yeah. Way to go, Xander, using that dick. Mine. Also, Giles's face. I'm sorry, uh, Giles's yeah. face. He's like, he's like. Oh, that was almost sweet. <laughs> yeah. They're, and they're just like, yeah. <laughs> kind of gross. Uh, my number three is the gentleman's first attack. Is yes. I, I love the score in that scene. Like, that's on the, the score for this and Restless and the Gift are all at the end of the Buffy soundtrack CD. Um, so I've listened to it a ton and just like the creepiness of the weird little like henchmen and the, you know, straight jackets and the gentleman floating around. Like, it's it's all super creepy and like, very like legitimately like scary rather than you know just like cheesy you know they don't they're not like just some like dude in a rubber suit or anything like that yeah the footmen almost should be cheesy because they're so animated and like just the way they like i don't know how like, i'm sitting here doing yeah. like flailing the arms well, like the way they work with the gentlemen the gentlemen are so kind of smooth and, and then they have these like these other guys to, like rough people up and hold them down you know yeah, so my my number three is when they kill the one college kid in his room at, that night, and he's just like silently like screaming in terror um, as they're holding him down, and the gentleman with like their frozen like rictus yeah. Joker smiles, and they're so polite, just like after you, after you. Oh, here is your uh, scalpel, sir. Yeah, it's so terrifying. It's like oh yeah, this is a horror show at times. Yeah, my number two. This is a cheat because it's not one moment. It's just a lot of little details in the episode. Um, the girl who went right the next morning when they first lose their voices, the girl who walks past Buffy in the hall crying. It's just like this mm-hmm. weird little detail, like, huh, what was that about? Um, at one point, I think this is when Riley is like trying to like hack the elevator or something, and Forrest behind him writes on a piece of paper and holds up a note that says, come on, come on, which might be like his only good moment in the entire season. Um, the man with the briefcase sitting in the middle of the road, like just stuff like that. I love just like the way it captures the weirdness of uh, the situation. Um, the number two moment I have, it's in the final fight with the gentleman and like Buffy's like being held down by some of the footmen and she sees the, okay. the box from her dreams that will end this. And so she signals to Riley and he rushes over in this big hero moment and like smashes the wrong thing. <laughs> and, and he's smiles. like, ready to, yeah, yeah. He's like ready to pat himself on the back. And so, <laughs> And so uh, she finally has to, like, mimic, like, box, you idiot. Um, but also when she screams and kills them, oh, yeah. oh, the yeah. hilarious way that their heads just pop. Because you're not really sure what's going to happen there. Just, like, kabloom. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't um, watched this in a while, too. So this was, like, so refreshing, too. 
I feel like I'd probably have seen it in the last 10 years at least, but it's been a little while. Yeah, but I mean, it's been like 10 yeah. years probably. Uh, my number one, I'm, I'm guessing this is probably your number one too. Giles' yep. briefing. Yep, yep, it's yep. It's just that scene is so fucking funny. Um, mm-hmm. And just the way they do it all without any dialogue, it's just really impressive. Like just the the writing that it must have taken to get all this communicated and like to work with your actors and know like, we're really going to do a scene without any dialogue and like trust the audience that they can follow along. From a technical standpoint, yes, but also the fact that Giles is like, you know what I need is like slides, classical music, illustrations. Yeah, he's got like the dance macabre playing it, and then of course Buffy makes the gesture. Yeah, that's a very Joss Whedon moment. Yeah. Um, also, Anya just like chomping on popcorn the whole time. Yeah, and like her expressions like kind of cut away every once in a while to her. She just has like these really funny reactions to things. Uh, uh, all right, so that was the top moments. Yeah. What did you think of the, um, just getting into the episode here, the weird dream sequence at the beginning where Maggie Walsh calls Buffy up to sit on this table and then Riley has to come over and kiss her? I don't know. I I mean, I guess it makes sense as a dream. I feel like he's almost testing the waters for Restless in a way. I can see that. Um, So stuff I didn't really know before is that because I know that he had like been thinking about a musical long before season six. Uh-huh. Apparently this was supposed to be the season of the musical. Hmm. And then it was like some show. I can't remember what now, like supernatural or somebody like, supernatural actually been on that. I don't one. know. I no. don't think it was on then. Uh, but some show had done a musical episode. Um, and he was just like, well, fuck, I can't go do musical episodes. So this was inspired by an episode of Space Above and the Beyond nice. that featured little to no dialogue. Did you ever watch that show? I watch it. Not every episode, but a fair amount, yeah. I'm shocked to say I've seen every episode of that show. <laughs> the one that all sticks out of my mind is the one where it's like this kind of uh, homage to Guadalcanal where they like get stuck somewhere for like months at a time. Yeah, yeah. Um, the ending is very interesting. Um, anyway. Yeah, so... I don't know, pretty on the nose for the very beginning of the episode to start with, like, Professor Walsh being like, it's about communication. It's about language. But they're not the same thing. And I was like, is it possible that Buffy's dreams, Professor Walsh, is more interesting? Perhaps. Quite possibly, yeah. And then it was a line that kissed me and I'll make the sun go down or something like that. Yeah. Also, is the TA's position in the class just to lean against the wall? The entire class. I mean, that, yeah, in my college, that's how it was. Just the TA would just be leaning against the side as the professor lectures and just kind of looking cool, hanging out. It's definitely <laughs> it's like, what TAs do. It's like that episode of uh, Seinfeld where George befriends the security guard. And he's like, you can't get a chair? We can't get a chair in yeah. here? Well, in in reality, yeah. in, in the UC system, this class would have like 300 people in it. And there would be like 20 TAs. Uh, because yeah. you'd all be like, you know, each TA would have a, a group of like 20 to 30 kids that would be, you know, their own little group that they grade papers for and do discussions with and that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. But yeah, so Buffy has an exhibitionist dream that turns into like a Nightmare on Elm Street, little Channing girl dream. Always a, a classic creepy thing. Little girls chanting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you get the your little... first glimpse of the uh, the gentleman here, like a flash of them. Yeah. Willow, like, ditches Buffy and Riley so they can do, like, a romantic walk and talk. There's a point when they get outside where Sarah Michelle Gellar looks up at Riley Finn like you would almost think that he was worth a damn. But that fades (laughs) so fast. You know what I mean? Like, there's a part where she's looking at him, and I was like, 
Wow. I wonder what she sees. So because I watched every episode this season, I found myself kind of studying her performance a lot. And it'd be really fascinating to know what Sarah Michelle Gellar thinks of some of like the plot lines and stuff. Like I could be wrong, but just me watching her performance and seeing how she reacts, I think I can tell when she's enjoying herself more. Like, mm. it seems like doing stuff with Spike, like pretending to be in love with Spike. I think they had a lot of fun with that. Mm-hmm. Or like when she's wearing like the wig uh, for the uh, the play and Restless, like you can just tell like <laughs> she just seems like there's like a little bit more of a spark there sometimes with SMG. You can tell like this is a scene that she's having fun doing rather than just the usual Buffy stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or the Riley stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I didn't didn't really get it with Riley so much. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, man. Like I, I said, I left season three, you know, not really not really caring about the angel romance, not caring that that yeah. was over. And like Tabula Raza, blank slate going into this. And it's like, they had the description of Riley Finn and he shows up and I was like, this is it. And then again, I was shocked when angel brought it all into perspective <laughs> with me. So <laughs> you weren't won over by tonight. You have crude oil. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Nope. I mean, I, I was more won over by her. Like, what papers are you grading if we only yeah. have the final left? Yeah, like how she catches them in that lie. Uh, I will say this about Riley. In the first few episodes of the season, before we really get to the initiative, he's okay. Mm. Like, he's fine. He's just kind of like this like big himbo, like goofball. And he's different from Angel. And so it's like, whatever, you know, just like this is the nice guy. Parker's the sh- piece of shit type of thing. Mm. But once we start getting into the initiative, it just, uh, like, his character becomes so unlikable because every it's all like his angst and like he like can't handle Buffy being the slayer and like he, you know he's like trying to control her and he doesn't like her going out slaying on her own it's just like we don't just go away you're like intruding you know well yeah it's like season four shouldn't we have moved away from this kind of storyline yeah um yeah also my dad we used to call them mimbos uh we're, after know. the credits we're at Giles place he's on the phone with Buffy hearing about the dream and he actually says well, it could definitely be one of your prophetic dreams. Um, is this like a weird place for Giles' desk? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Also, I want to point out, uh, Buffy's hair is straight in this episode. It was like kind of curly for the past few episodes. So I don't know what really inspires that. And also, I believe this is the first time Spike is in the opening credits as a, okay. as like one of the main cast. Hmm. Um, yeah, so Anya and Xander show up again. Um, I did like her like calling out Xander for not caring about her. Yeah. Like and Xander's just being a dick about it the whole time. Like he he's so unable to be sincere with her. Mm-hmm. He just constantly has to be patronizing. He can't just stop and be like, "Hey, I do care about you." You know, like no, that was that's too much for Xander. Well, it's like if he's frustrated that she's bringing this conversation up on the cusp of him going to see his friends, it's probably because She's not getting anything from him emotionally when they're, you know, alone, the abundance of time that they're alone. And she knows that when he goes to see his friends, he's on. And it's like she would like to get like a little more access to that side of him that he doesn't give her the rest of the time. Does that make oh, sense? Like, yeah. I mean, basically, she showed up and like offered to have sex with Xander. And he was like, cool, whatever. And then it's like, oh, you're still around. I guess we'll just keep fucking. But like, he does not seem that emotionally engaged at all, which I don't know, Xander, at a certain point, like if it becomes clear that the person you're dating is looking for that, like you have some decisions to make. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
Yeah, so speaking of which, Giles needs Xander to take Spike for a few days because he has an orgasm friend coming to stay with him. Is this the season? This is the season where Spike tries to kill himself, right? Yeah, yeah, when uh, he has to dress in Xander's clothes. Uh, I'm one of Xander's friends. Speaking of clothes, the fashion this season is god-awful. Like, what what are these people wearing? Like, just everyone. Xander's fashion, Willow's fashion, Buffy's fashion. There's a whole lot of those. uh, I remember these, like, suddenly became popular that year. The, like... The tops were like it's just like like there's nothing on in the back. It's just like tied in the back, you know. Yeah, yeah. I remember like suddenly those became super popular. I don't know what it's called, like peasant tops or something. Um, I feel yeah. shitty for saying this, but the only fashion that I like this season is Giles. I mean, Giles, he's locking it down at Big Dilf Energy. Yeah, for reals. Um, he's got a got an overnight friend coming or several days friend. I oh, mean, you mean an orgasm friend? An orgasm friend, Olivia, like. He's coming from England? That's like at least what? Like a 12-hour flight? That is, man, Giles. You must you must be something for somebody to fly that long to see you. Better go Giles. He's yeah. that dick. Um, yeah, so we see Willow and her Wicca meeting. Um, oh, real quick, I did like Spike saying, I'm not having these two shag while I'm tied to a chair three feet away. The scene of Xander and Spike almost got on my top moments. Um, this, had, this scene with the Wiccas... Wicked Wiccans uh, had one of those actresses that, like, I'm just, like, staring at her, like, who the fuck is this? Where do I know her from? It's Brooke Bloom. Um, she had been a lot of things, including, like, the Sinner and Marriage Story. Um, Willow finds that these girls are a bunch of fucking posers uh, or wanted blessed bees. Wanted blessed bees, yeah. Uh, Tara, my problem in the rewatch of Tara is that she's almost, like, comically walked over by this group, which <laughs> only Willow is. notices. Yeah. Like, so I think this is, like, what led to me, I don't know, for, like, most of the season being, like, oh, that girl Tara is, like, sticking around. Like, okay. See, I okay. Felt like I feel like when we were watching this, we kind of knew where this was going immediately. Like, we'd, like, heard there was going to be, like, a, a homosexual relationship. Like, to me, I was like, oh, yeah, that's going to be Willow's girlfriend. I, I feel like I wasn't surprised, or at least that's what my memory of it is. But, I mean, to me, it was, like, this, like, cognitive dissonance of... Zero problem with, like, Willow being gay. Great for her. But, like, kind of being, I don't know. I don't want to be shitty like, rest of Element. But, like, her? Because it kept feeling like the show wasn't taking Tara that seriously. Um, I think and I, she's supposed to be, like, more Willow than Willow even. She's, like, s- such a doormat to everyone. She stutters. and yeah. yeah. Also, I found it fascinating that Tara... Seemingly has all these like like self esteem issues, and we see later on that like her family life was just uh-huh. an utter shit show. Um, Takes like her, a full season to get there. Yeah, yeah. Her dorm is fascinatingly huge, and like I, I have some overly about her dorm. Yeah, overly decorated. She's like she's really making that dorm work for her. Um, it way more like, so. Like Buffy and Willow's dorm is just like the fucking huge. hovel compared to Tara's. Though, like Tara's is like what a nicely appointed. Uh, like like which dungeon you have here? Yeah, like like the sexiest version of what I assume the inside of the genie's lamp looks like. Like there's no there's a bed, but mostly it's just like pillow. It's like something uh-huh. that Cosmo Kramer would yeah, describe. <laughs> also, I think this is Tara's first episode, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah. And she also, I feel like her hair. Maybe it's just my memory. Her hair seems like more kind of like ash, like platinum blonde here than it would be in future episodes. Like it's yeah, more it gets golden. a little yeah. And she has like all kinds of weird styles going on, like weird parts, like like curvy river parts down the center of her head. 
anyway um yeah willow complains you know about this to buffy as they walk back to their massive fucking dorm room uh i mean there's like there's like 10 feet between their beds yeah no it is not no i'm trying to remember like there might have been five feet between my and my roommate's bed in college if that yeah i mean uh you know when your roommate's masturbating here I don't know. Could be. Let me call them over in their bed. See if they are. <laughs> um, yeah. Buffy complains that she can't make it happen with Riley because they're too awkward around each other. And she has to lie about being the slayer. Meanwhile, Riley and Forrest are at the initiative talking about how hard it is for Riley to lie about being the initiative. And Forrest thinks like it's like the initiative is like being the initiative is like pretty fucking cool. And like, doesn't he wish that he could like tell people? Um, and of course, they're they're. The elevator up to the dorm requires like vocal authorization, which uh-huh. seems like well, we're going to find the flaw in that. Um, Man, so we'll, we'll get to Force and Graham later, but they just these are just not well drawn characters. Like they're they just seem to exist to be like kind of roadblocks for Riley or like people for Riley to like kind of argue with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not great. So logistically. <sighs> Professor Walsh is running the initiative and being a full-time member of academia. Yeah, really. It's like, it's like they don't have anyone else like preparing her cover. Like here's the lecture notes, you know, like does she have to work on those too? Well, I don't think I would want to do somebody else's lecture notes, but also preparing my lesson plan really bites into my running like fucking monster. uh, Why exactly does the initiative have to be like a covert college group? Yes, yes. Why couldn't um, so, it just be like the, the nearby military base that we know exists in Sunnydale? Mm-hmm. Riley's doing like military shit and going to classes and grading, grading papers. papers yeah. Is he, I mean, my question was, is he already a college grad and then cosplaying as a college student for cover? But no, it seems like he's legitimately a college student. Is this how he's getting his fucking GI Bill? Like, I feel like the two of them would demand more time of each other than even just the way Buffy squeezed being the slayer into being a normal teenage girl yeah i can't remember do they say he's a grad student or is he just like an upperclassman i can't remember i think he's a grad student but i can't remember um i mean like i could buy this as a corporate thing which they kind of deal with of angel and wolfman Hart. i could buy it as like a cia kind of organization um but the military aspect of it especially being like undercover it just seems like if you if you track it out long enough it doesn't work it feels like the only reason this plotline happened is because like somebody in the production department got a line on some uh some like army navy surplus stuff that was getting thrown away mm-hmm. and it's like hey you if you come over now all this shit is yours and so they're like <laughs> cool a bunch of like olive green sweaters i got it we'll make a whole plot line out of it also every initiative set looks so weak ass like it's, it's just, just covered in tinfoil the show can't pull off what it's going for yeah and then it's like you you watch restless and like the way they utilize that like this set is connected to that set yeah yeah it, it just looks so brilliant um so in xander's basement he's tying up spike so he can sleep this scene starts almost snm like Xander's in boxers and a wife beater, like tying up Spike two feet from his bed while he sleeps. I mean, this is one hundred percent somebody's fantasy. I love the two fingered salute. Yeah, couldn't he at least turn on the TV for Spike? Fuck well, sake! Not if, not if you're going to sleep. Some people sleep with the TV on. Come on. Um, 
And so like Spike's just doing Anya voice like, Xander, don't you care about me? <laughs> uh, then we get the voice stealing here, which is pretty creepy. Yeah. Because that's where Olivia shows up. Which, I, I don't know, like, I feel like that was Olivia kind of underdeveloped that that plot line there. It was yeah. kind of like, this is Giles' girlfriend, but then, like, she's not sure she can handle the weirdness of his life. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of it. She'll pop up briefly in Restless, and then yeah. I guess the next time we see her is in, like, a fucking comic book or something. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, she shows up at Giles' funeral. Spoiler. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the gentlemen are, like, home-based in, like a, like, a clock tower. Uh, they open up a box. They suck in everyone's voice like a vapor thing. We see like, this montage of people. Creepy the way everyone kind of like opens their mouth like in sync. Yeah. Yeah. So we see like a montage of like you know, some Riley and some old man and Giles and Olivia and Buffy and Will in their dorm room always in their sleep. So they flow into this little box. Um, and the demented little glee like the chief gentleman. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Then- like the... Like the moment you mentioned, where the next morning, where like Buffy goes to the bathroom to brush her teeth, and the girl's just crying. It's surrounded those like little details, like when the character, I don't know, like start of Walking Dead or something like that, when they wake up and they don't realize that the the <laughs> zombie apocalypse happened while they were asleep. yeah 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 little stuff like that just kind of set the flavor, and then Buffy realizes she can't talk, and I think Willow thinks she's deaf at first, but no. So did you see how they filmed this? Uh no, so apparently they filmed with the actors saying all their actual lines, and they just removed they just the sound. Yeah, they wanted maximum reading. Yeah, yeah, it's like you can't hear anything. Um, but I love how how visual it becomes. How that is such a component um, to communication with a lot of people. Um, and then Sanders waking up and yelling at Spike. Spike gives him the two fingered salute, which I love. Mm-hmm. I like how Xander calls Buffy and Willow, and it's like. Well, that's not going to work. It's Mike looks at him like he's the biggest fucking idiot. In this season, there are a lot of cutaways to, I'm guessing this is like UC Santa Barbara or something. Like, it looks like they shot, like, I don't know, like they didn't, sh- they shot this on video or something instead of film. Like, it's just like really poor quality, like stock footage every once mm. in a while, of, like the college campus. Mm. Uh, yeah, so we get the thing where, oh, like the the initiative, like dorm is such a bigger, more interesting set than the, 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 than under, the initiative. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like they come like down the stairs, get in the elevator. They can't do their vocal authorization. They're almost gassed. Um, the, the, like the joke of professor Walsh, like pointing to like the, in case of emergency use stairway sign almost, I don't know. Like it almost pulls yeah. <laughs> the string a little too far. <laughs> oh, I love the Come on, come on. Like, I, I kind of feel bad for the actor who plays Forrest because he just, just like served up a shit platter. Like, I feel like he could have been a fun character if he wasn't just Mr. Why do you keep hanging out with Buffy? Like, you know, like, oh, she's turning you against us. Like, that's everything he says constantly. It's just that over and over again. I'm so lucky that I only had to suffer him this episode and that one scene. In, oh, uh, who I, I should you? say, though, before we get to the the whole like him hating Buffy thing. He's just like a big misogynist, like in the first yeah. initiative episode when it's like you, you see him and Graham and hanging out with Riley and they're mm-hmm. just like, what about that chick? Like, you going to fuck that chick, basically? Like, cool. God, it's it's yeah, it's it's rough here at the initiative. Every day is Don's plum. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
So in this one hall, or if, I don't know if it's like it's like Tyra's dorm building, but like she comes out, and everyone's quiet. Like I said this is the one where like the, the dude drops something. It's almost like he drops it just to see if, what it sounds like, and everyone like. <gasps> Uh, so we see everyone like we see Buffy Willow walking through town. Um, they buy the the whiteboards, and then oh, a little detail I almost put in my top five is uh, when they come to see Giles. Uh, Willow suddenly has a thought and gets her whiteboard out and she writes on it and holds it up and it just says "Hi, Giles." Yeah, um, yeah. Xander and Anya are like watching TV there with Olivia. Poor Olivia, <laughs> she's like, "Why are your former students hanging at your place Man, every you day? Fly all the way from England for this?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so like giles is like doing research they watch this news report there's a lot of news reports in these episodes um sunday has been quarantined because of a supposed breakout of laryngitis i like this detail where the guy's like they released a statement a written statement i should add <laughs> it, it was a little weird like that there's a, a quarantine in this episode uh watching that yeah. now during uh, the covid situation also olivia is just drinking oh yeah man it's day drinking time for sure it's not like anyone can tell you to stop yeah so Buffy knows that she needs to be patrolling tonight um, meanwhile at the initiative Professor Walsh has this computer voice thing it's that so sounds dumb. like Stephen Hawking's voice yeah it's like we just saw like the civilians like make this look a lot more professional and cool yeah you could just be writing down on a, a pen and paper it'd probably be quicker yeah so she's basically telling them to dress the civilians and be in town helping maintain order just, like, just there's fuck like this off weird... initiative. That's what the Slayer's for. Ah, I hate them so much. Well, like, there's like this weird desire to like do parallels between Riley and Buffy as yeah. if he's on her level. Like he's the star of the show. Yeah, it becomes like here's what Buffy's doing, and then here's the way the initiative's kind of doing the same stuff, but with military. And it's yeah. just like it's not what I want my Buffy at all. Yeah. Which really, I don't know, kind of I don't know, we'll talk about who are you. But uh so in town that night, we get the first image of like a fire hydrant knocked over with water spraying over because a car plowed into it. How did losing one's voice cause that? I don't know. Just not giving a fuck. Um, <laughs> I we, can't we, hear myself screaming as I drive into this thing. You know, we can't comment. Look at look at what 2020 has become. Yeah. These people, oh. if they're just crashing a car into a hydrant, they're doing fine. Would 2020 thus far be better if also everyone lost their voices? It wouldn't be worse. Or there's like just I, mean, their, I suppose we couldn't their, podcast, but <laughs> or, or they're like they're tweeting thumbs. Yeah, just, the podcast is just, it's just going, silence. <sighs> yeah, somebody was joking. We should just like have like forty minutes of silence or something for pod. Uh, you know that would give me more time to work on my choreography. So cool. Um, there, there's a moment I love here where Buffy sees uh, Riley like break up this fight between two dudes, and then mm-hmm. she's kind of like walking up, but was Riley's not looking. This guy's like about to attack riley with a stick and she just kind of grabs his wrist and breaks it as she walks yeah, yeah. by i love they don't i feel like they could go to that well more often like buffy's super strong uh, i love it when they have her use her it's a superpower but you know like like occasionally like she'll just like break into place by just like breaking the knob to like open yeah. it up yeah so these two finally kiss yeah i feel nothing um yeah nothing. i mean this is their first kiss right i believe yeah i'm pretty sure it is yeah also we'll get to it later but uh the whole um, like uh, goodbye Iowa, the Iron Team stuff. They've mm-hmm. had sex one time, and she is so gung ho committed to Riley after like once one ticket to the bone zone. Don't they like uh, fuck nonstop on Halloween? Uh, no, no, that's uh, where the wild things are. It's, okay, it's similar to the Halloween episode because it's another haunted dorm or frat house. But uh, yeah, that episode is a uh, just trash. 
Okay. It's like their fucking is so intense that like it like wakes up like I don't know spirits within the house. Like the the fuck energy is so massive that it uh, brought brings out all this like repression that used to happen in the house and it's like ghouls and yeah, it's awful. Uh, nobody is using the words Riley Finn in the same sentence as fuck of the century. Yeah. Um. Wow. Uh, which is the one where Giles like pops in of a chainsaw? That's the Halloween one. Fear itself. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so later at the clock tower, uh, we see the gentleman like leaving. They float like slowly and casually, and they've got their their footmen and like their loose straight jackets with like like time crimes bandage masks or whatever. Super creepy bit where Olivia gets up and goes downstairs and looks out the window. And first, she sees one like across the street, and then like another one floats right in front of her. Yeah, it's fucking creepy. Also, the fact that we see this one shot from the bedroom loft down the stairs yeah. in, i mean like this giles set is huge it's an awesome pad man. it has an upstairs i mean do you remember like how shocked you were in plo season six when you're like holy shit there's a ceiling there yeah um so she, like i said she sees the the gentleman i don't know why that gentleman doesn't come and just get her i guess they they just have like particular targets in mind you know like they they only need seven hearts total so they're just cruising I can't believe they can't handle this all in one night. Like, I can't believe this, like, lingers. I I think they're just choosy, I guess. Hmm. Well, the design of the gentleman is great. Like, the suits and, like, the doctor bags and their weird smiles that are kind of, like, forced on. Yeah. Yeah, the way it just, uh, I don't know. It's, like, it seems like this is, like, the opposite choice that most people would make in this situation. Uh Uh, So in the room, Buffy and Willow sleep. Um see like the gentleman floating with their erudite little gestures and presenting to each other like this is one dude's heart out yeah yeah and he's like screaming silently in terror as they cut him up they really take their time doing it yeah getting the scalpel out and getting ready for it um so after commercial we see him back at their their clock tower base and they've got like three in a jar and one presents you know around to the others it's like these like polite little golf claps and he's like Uh kind of like oh stop So at the dorms, Buffy walks way too easily past the campus security guy. It like happens into this crime scene, which would be pretty fucking vicious, I would think. Um, yeah, a lot of blood. I have to imagine he cut out somebody's heart. Yeah. Um, I'll never forget. Like, um, do you remember at all? This was not on your radar at all at this time. But uh, when you were young, there was a Jack the Ripper miniseries of Michael Caine. No, I do not. Um, I remember being like an eight-year-old or whatever and like, I don't know, being so excited to watch this Michael Caine Jack the Ripper miniseries. And like on the last night of it, at the very beginning, the sex worker that he's befriended, because of course whenever they do these fictionalized stories, the the detective character has to befriend one of the sex workers. Uh He happens in on the crime scene where she's been cut up. And this was most graphic thing I'd ever seen on TV. Like... (laughs) A person split open, body parts arranged, like organs displayed. Um, and I kind of thought of like, that's what Buffy's looking at, oh, even though it's just a heart. Um, Could be. Yeah. So uh, Giles's place, he's like checking the newspaper, which talks about the silent wave of terror. Olivia's like sketched one of the gentlemen. And Giles is like, oh, shit, I need a book on fairy tales. <laughs> I've never we, heard this fairy tale. Yeah. Yeah, really. Then we get to is uh, the classic scene with the lecture he puts on some classical music 
He has a little overhead projector. I like how it's backwards and he has to flip it around. It's great. Oh yeah, they put like I said, they put on Dancer Cobb, which was also the classical piece of music they used for the Jonathan Creek theme song, which is only funny to me because Anthony Stewart Head was also in that, um, and he's fantastic as a magician. But yeah, they're in Professor Walsh's classroom, and it's just like, who are the gentlemen? They're fairy tale monsters. What do they want? Yeah, all all the the jokes, the, some real Joss jokes here about you know boobies and yeah, Buffy's yeah, yeah. a gesture without the stake and whatnot. Yeah, as opposed to when Xander asks, how do we kill them? Um, so she has to get the stake out to mime, you know, what she's actually miming. They come to your town, they steal all the voices so no one can scream. And then I like how he holds his finger up. It's just like great pacing in this scene, you know? And then, like, yeah, all the, need... all the little cartoon drawings of him, the like gentleman like ripping somebody's heart out. Well, they didn't need to go all the way on campus to do this conversation, too. That helps like... to have a. I'm just saying they're you at know, they're overhead projector. Pro- they're probably at Giles's place. <laughs> he could have done this all there. Anya is so um, hilarious in this. She's yeah. Like, hmm. uh, Giles points out that no sword can kill them, but a, a princess screaming can. Willow suggests like some screaming. That means Buffy's a princess. Yeah. Yes, so. Princess Buff. Um. Oh, I was just trying to remember what was the joke in Superstar. When the spike calls her Betty, she's like, it's Buffy, you big stupid guy. <laughs> um, yeah, so Willow suggests like screamo music. And of course, Giles has a slide for that. <laughs> I like how uh, Willow, like she does this really over the top, like like choking, like, you know, holding her head, like to mimic, what you know, them being hurt by the screaming. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, so Giles, of course, has a slide about how Buffy should patrol tonight, and she complains about the hips on that Buffy yeah, illustration. Buffy will patrol. Just the, the gesture she makes is so hilarious. <laughs> uh, so now the initiative has, like, suited up to go into action. Like, they're going to go full military thing. Their fucking blaster guns are dumb. They're incredibly stupid, yeah. And it, I really hate that later in the season, Buffy will keep walking around with one of those on patrol. It's like, yeah. you're a slayer. You don't need some fucking ray gun. It's just a fucking taser. Yeah, it's just a fucking taser, man. God, their equipment uh, sucks. I hate them. Yeah, so like, why don't they have real army outfits? It's like this, just like this knockoff army surplus shit. Well, like the like the the black stealth like like tactile necks or whatever that that when Riley comes back would even make more sense. Just like these, I mean, like, are you these, not like, trying to blend sweaters. in? It's just a bunch of like green sweaters. This looks like something that like would be like given out to troops who are like working uh like i don't know in the winter or something like where it'd be cold like the wear under their actual uniform like this they they do not dressed... in any way come off like a real military organization if you added some like disgusting neck beards and like 50 pounds on each of them they look like the guys who would be tooled up to protest at some states capital about even, wearing even those guys i feel like have like more convincing camo these guys just have some fucking green sweaters and some like camo uh, pants from like Vietnam or something. Like it's just yeah. like the total reject gear. Also, you know, posse comitas. Um, yeah, so Riley's on patrol too. He knows something at the clock tower, so he starts to go towards it. Like uh, Tara's like leaving her dorm, some kind of plan in mind. That fucking like, dorm, man. You, you get a quick shot of it here, and it's amazing. Yeah, and props to Tara on her dorm. Yeah, she's. By the way, do, are we, do we have a ruling? Is it Tara? Is it Tara? I can never remember. I'm gonna go with Tara. I'll go with Tara too. 
Even her mirror I, is like outrageous. I feel like Tara is where Scarlet lives in Gone with the Wind. Okay. Um, yeah, so she's like walking, she trips. The gentleman and the footman are like scrambling towards her. I like how like she doesn't know at first that they're behind her. Yeah. Like she's picking her books up and you just see them like approaching behind her in the background. Yeah, it's creepy. It, it like folds some good like horror movie tropes in. Uh-huh. So she starts running, like pounding on doors for gentlemen, like like for people to help as the gentleman like are floating towards her slowly. I love um, no when one... the, the door opens and it's a gentleman coming out with a heart in its hand. That's great. Yeah. Well, like no one else will help her. It's like this kind of like silent kitty Genevieve's yeah. thing. Um so meanwhile, like Buffy is kicking the shit out of some footmen. Uh Riley goes in the clock tower of his like sci-fi gun. He gets attacked by footmen. There's a shit ton of footmen. Like there's at one point where it seems like there's like six like yeah, got, like got uh, stunt people uh on the screen. So like like Tara's being on a door. We think it's Willow who's gonna help her. Like I said, it's the gentleman. Um Willow does open her door into hallway just or hallway just like Tara like comes crashing into her. She just gets run over by her yeah. Like um, fucks up her leg apparently, fucks up Willow's leg. Um they take off running. Here it seems that the uh the gentleman really want Tara's heart as opposed to all the other potential hearts there. Yeah. Um uh, Buffy's fight with the footman comes crashing into the clock tower building where Riley's finishing it. So there's going to be a lot of fighting of Riley and Buffy and the, and the footman here. And the, the classic, they both, you know, pull up their, he's got his blaster and she's got the crossbow and suddenly they're pointing right at each other and they're like, because <gasps> they don't know their each other's secret identities yet until now. And now they're like, what the fuck? And if they could talk, she would say, I know that my weapon is a little, you know, out of date, but what the fuck are you holding? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, so it looks like a steampunk vibrator. <laughs> That'd be nice. That'd be charitable. Okay. Uh, after commercial, they can't be too surprised or linger on this revelation too much because they get attacked again. And he's shooting lightning out of his gun thingy. And it, it like breaks arrow. pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she, I was like, man, Xander, you're a fucking idiot later on with that gun. But it's like, well, the gun is stupid. Buffy does a whole bit where she like gets up and like grabs a rope and swings across to kick it, dude. It's yes. a little over the top, stunt wise. Yes. Um, at Giles's place, he literally bumps into Spike in the kitchen, and Spike goes and gets his like mug of blood. Oh, this is when Xander thinks that he's like attacked Anya because just like the way he's got the blood on his mouth, and Anya's just like lying there behind the couch. Yeah. Well, like some books have fallen off the table in front of Anya on sleeping on the couch, so like he's vamped out because he's drinking blood, and so Xander comes in and, and then starts it's like, like, "Oh, look, he, he does care about you, Anya. He was willing to fight Spike." Because he thought yeah. he killed you. Yeah, uh, it's it's funny. Um, so Will and Tara get like locked in the laundry room. They try to move the soda machine in front of the door, but they can't because it's probably they, huge they can with the power of lesbians. Yeah, they and they they are realizing that they are lesbians of each other. So they hold hands, and immediately that thing just like whooshes over in front of the door. We're playing a little fast and loose with magic, but sure. I mean, that's I don't know. This show is like always like had like no sort of logical magical system anyway. So go for no, it. No, no. Uh, other than like roughly, it's a drug. But it's not, I mean, like in Harry Potter, it's like okay, you have a wand and there's like spells, you know. Whereas here, like Willow can like make pencils float sometimes, just like because, or yeah. like they can make this thing move just like with the power of their Wicca, you know, chi or well, whatever. Yeah. Like Harry Potter, like you have wands, but you also have to say things. Yeah, I mean, I don't the know. Incantation, Go, yeah, the spell. There's probably twelve articles on IO9 about uh, magical systems and literature and, and uh-huh. movies. So go watch. Go read those. Um, at the clock tower, 
Buffy's going up the stairs, falling some of the footmen. The gentleman returned. They're like holding her down. Um, probably oh, just to zap some of them. I feel like we should have mentioned a little hashtag hand stuff there. Will and Tara. Got to yeah. class those hands together. Sexy. Yeah, they do. I forgot how like sexual their spell was later. In the oh, it's incredibly sexual. Yeah. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, I don't know. We'll get to it, but it was a different time back then. Let's just say that. Yeah. Um, so this is the thing where like, like one of the footmen's got Buffy in a stranglehold and she like notices the box, remembers it from her dream. And like, right like comes a big fucking smash. doofus. He smashes the wrong one. And then like once he just like wants adoration for doing it. Steve Holt. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty good scream um, by SMG here. Yeah. I'm like, is that real? I mean, I guess so. So they look at each other knowing they have a lot to talk about. Um, the next day, Will and Tara are like talking to the lobby of the dorm building, and Tara's just like, I was looking for you. I figured we could do a, spe- a spell together. And Will's like, oh, I'm definitely nothing special. And Tara's like, no, you are. Yeah. And it's like a real sapphic fuck yeah. Um, at Giles' place, he and Olivia are just like, chilling on the couch. He's got wine. He's telling her like all that pretentious supernatural shit he told her was true. And he's like, except for the part where I was an original member of Pink Floyd. Which, come on, Olivia, there's no way you believe that. It's uh, just like, cool. it was me and Sid Barrett, yeah. Well, I mean, like, uh, there's a period when I, you know, living here in the Sacramento area, like, I met a lot of old guys who that claimed that they were in Tesla, or... Oh, like, Tesla, like, that was classic, yeah. My my former guitar teacher, who was just like, I was in the band of Perry Farrell, and I was like, oh, shit, you were in Jane's Addiction? And he's like, <laughs> no, the band before that one, and I was like... One of his five other bands, yeah, sure. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Yeah, so Olivia says, you know, it's it's scary. He's like, too scary? And she's like, I don't know. I mean, I just flew 12 hours for for some getting down. And like, ugh. And then we have Buffy and Riley. It's time for them to talk. They each sit on a, a separate bed there in, in Buffy's dorm room. And they have nothing to say. Yeah. That's a good relationship. I mean, the there was definitely the sense, because he's the showrunner and he can do certain things that the others, you know, other writers and, and, and directors and all them can't do. It's, it's always seemed like, like these seasons where like Joss Whedon would come in every couple episodes and drop this like really artistic, like rock into the, the pond. If, it's like, if he was doing an episode, this is going to be significant. It's not just going to be another episode except for like family. It was like the weird one where it's like, that was Joss episode. Okay. Which one is that? That's the, the one where you get Tara's backstory or Tara's okay. backstory. Is that season five? Yeah, it's season five, episode seven, I think. Well, I know that like there was definitely a thing going into season five. I know we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, where it was like you were waiting for all the little nuggets from Restless to pay off. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Um, but yeah, it's like this is a this is a pretty artistic big ending, and it's like you, you know they're not going whoever picks up the baton next is not going to quite carry it the same way. Yeah, I think the next episode is pretty bad, if I recall correctly. I think it's doomed, maybe. Um, I don't even remember what that is. Yeah, a lot of these episodes are not great. Yeah. Let's talk about one of it is. Yeah, so we're switching to S4E15, this year's girl. Once again, I have five. It's a whole new year. It's 2000. This is sweeps, baby. I have six, so um, my number six moment is Willow is describing the fave situation to Tara. And she's like, Faith's like this, like, cleavage like, slut bomb. And then Tara's just like, five what? By five what? 
And Willow's like, see, that's the thing. No one knows. I guess I'd never heard of a radio sling there in Sunnydale. <laughs> yeah, maybe uh, maybe Faith was like a podcaster, an early podcaster before she became a Slayer. I don't see her sitting, sitting in one place long enough yeah. to do podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it'd be fascinating. Don't get me wrong. Like Faith doing like a relationship podcast. Oh, yeah. Oh, I Advice bet she's got podcast. some shit to say. Yeah. Uh, so where are we at? Number five? Yeah. Uh, so this is a little moment, but when Xander gets electrocuted by the uh, blaster there, and yeah, it's just like a really funny, helpless look back because like nobody notices. It's just like a funny little beat where it's it's definitely good Xander. All like feeding into like where these characters are in Restless for sure. Yeah. Um, like, so my number five is um, still in, in the Faith dream world when Terminator Buffy follows Faith into the open grave in Faith's yes. dreams. We don't see what happens as, like, Buffy just, like, drops in. Um, but Faith is the one that come rising up out of the ground. And then she there's, like, this straight-up, like, Shawshank Redemption shot where the camera rises up. And, like, she screams of victory as the night sky. Like, the, and the night sky is, like, the lightning flashes. <laughs> yes. Um, and number four is when... Uh... Faith has been kind of tormenting Joyce there, and then Buffy crashes through a window and tackles Faith. And, uh, oh, wait, no, that's sorry. I'm thinking of a different moment here. Uh, my number four actually is uh, at the end, the very end of the episode, and Joyce says, Are you sure you're okay? And Buffy says, Five by five. Oh, shit, that's not Buffy. It's Faith. Word. My number four moment is, um, I, I don't know why, elsewhere in my notes, I have the whole dialogue, but when Giles and Sandra run into Spike in the alleyway, Oh yeah, and, that's uh, a good moment. Spike basically like like they tell him what they need and they hope he'll be an ally. And he tells them that he can't wait to sick faith on them. They're like, you don't know what she looks like, and he's like repeating their words back to him. Dark hair, about yay high by the name of Faith, and criminally insane. Like her already, yeah. <laughs> uh my number three is just the sequence, like Faith Awakening, both the dream part of it, and then like she's in this abandoned wing. Uh, there's yeah. great score as she's like, it's just like super creepy as she's kind of like wandering around trying to figure out what's going on. Like just that it, it's very, you know, like a walking dead, like you mentioned earlier, like that kind of like you're waking up after a zombie attack, you know, like her kind of discovering what's going on in the world. Or the easier shorthand for anyone who like me doesn't give a shit about the walking dead. They perfectly parody it in the first paintball episode of community when Jeff takes a nap right, in his car yeah. for an hour. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, also the, the music you mentioned previously, like I was like shocked listening to the score of hush and I was like, Oh shit, the score is so much better. Cause I remember my complaining about the season two finale uh-huh. and then this season or this episode, it's like back to the not so great score. Um, but yeah, my number three is just when Buffy and Willow are talking on campus and as they're like walking towards like a message board thing and then faith just like turns around and it's just like, sup bitch. Um, also, the fact that Willow's just dying to hit Faith with her backpack. Uh-huh. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, my number two is the uh, Buffy crashing through the window, and she says, hi, Mom. And Joyce says, hi, Buffy. And then she fights Faith. I just I love that exchange between her and her mom there. Yeah, that's my same number two. Nice. So uh, my number one, actually, is the Buffy and Faith encounter in the quad there. Uh, just great scene, great dialogue. I don't have the dialogue, but it's like it's a really good back and forth between Buffy and Faith kind of both getting their barbs in and kind of you, you see Faith's perspective and where she's coming from. And 
it's faith is so compelling because we see like we can empathize with her we see why she thinks a certain way even though we're like no faith like don't that's you know that's wrong Mm -hmm. you know think about it this way instead yeah i would argue that well i can't think of examples there have been moments in this show when it's like clearly like it was a note on the board in the writer's room that like such and such character had takes this contrary opinion but then like when they actually sat down to write it on the page like it just doesn't pan out yeah. doesn't feel right whereas here like i really buy into faith's point of view or i i get where she's coming from even more so than i did at the end of season three yeah yeah i would say so like even more now like do you see i mean there, there's so much self-loathing in her character and how she clearly wanted so much from buffy that like buffy never gave her and how she mm. feels so betrayed by her even though you know she certainly did a lot of bad shit herself well, it's like for a moment there, it's like I almost get the purpose of Riley Finn when Faith is like, I did this horrible thing to you and your boyfriend and you were going to kill me as yeah. retaliation. And then I wake up and you're not even and, dating and the same guy. This goofball. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who, by the way, sucks in bed. <laughs> um, actually, my number one, I don't think will shock anyone. It's Faith's tape from the mayor. Oh, okay. That really that tape's like kind of brutal. The way he's just like, "Well, your days are numbered." Yeah, yeah. It's, but it's like there's again. It's like this weird tough love, though. You know, he's just like, if I'm not around, <laughs> your days are numbered. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean, just also the way he gets so menacing. Or you know, if I'm not dead, maybe I'm in a museum and like everyone's looking at me with terror and wonder. Hi, kids. <laughs> oh, I love that guy. All right, so yeah, moving into this episode, we've got the classic little sis coming in the dream as Faith and Buffy are making that bed there. So much to do before she gets here. Um, yeah, yeah, and the yeah. way the way that they do the thing they they do with the brilliance of editing, even in Restless, where like Faith's kind of like, oh, you know, and she kind of gestures to her side, and she like looks down, and we see like like there's Buffy holding the Klingon dagger into yeah, her. Well, and abdomen, she's like, like, are you ever going to take that out? Yeah. Oof. Well, just getting this from Faith's perspective, like even though Faith obviously is very villainous at the end of season three, we're still meant to empathize with her. Like the show makes the effort to not just have her like mustache twirling villain, you know, like you really feel for Faith in these episodes, even though she's not doing good things here. Well, also, she lost. Like, wouldn't she see Buffy as this, like, monster hunting yeah, her? Yeah, from, from her perspective, Buffy is, like, this terrifying person who is, is adored by everyone but, like, never gives any of that to Faith. Yeah, and in this case, will only deliver violence upon her. Um, so there's, like, lightning flashing outside when we see, like, bum, 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 there's Faith in her coma. And it makes sense that Faith would eventually wake up from a coma because she's a slayer, you know? She's got healing powers that a normal human wouldn't. Well, and even though this is a Faith's dream, we will find out later that her and Buffy's, you know, brains are still networked together. I feel like they kind of always are because they're they're slayers. Like at -hmm. any time, a slayer can have like a weird, slightly prophetic dream. They can share headspaces and whatnot. I wonder if they did any of that, like in the comics. Like that would actually be a really interesting element to play with. Um, So like after the credits were in Xander's basement, there's a disco ball, which I never noticed before. I think he installs it in one of the previous episodes, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Yeah. So Buffy's brought Xander that broken military electricity gun, and she's just like, 
do you remember Halloween three years ago? Yeah. <laughs> when you were a soldier guy for three hours. <laughs> and he's going to shock himself because he doesn't remember that much. The outfits of oh, Willow God, they're hideous. and Xander. What is going on? It's just like oh. orange shirt under this weird like beige and rainbow vests thing. And then Willow know, has this like hideous worse. helmet on. Or not helmet, that- a hat. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't hurt herself yeah. <laughs> and the, like her, her willow's weird top i don't even know what that is like yeah. it, the geometric shapes are just so weird i i honestly don't know which outfit is, is more disgusting to look at and i hate saying that about these characters it's just like every offensive color is thrown in thrown up onto them Ugh. yeah it's all like burnt orange and like puce green and just what are we doing it's like this is a this is a relatively attractive cast. Yeah. Can we can we like counter that as much as possible? It's, it's like a like bunch of hot people in this cast here. Like even Giles in the background is smoking hot. And uh, what are you doing to him? Yeah, yeah. Like, great, Giles is even sexier. Like we needed that. Anthony's your head's just like I'll just wear a sweater. Oh look also, at that! I look the best. Also. Why is Giles just folding laundry? <laughs> That's a good question. Is, is whose he doing, laundry is this? Yeah, whose laundry is it? I'd like to know. Is he doing his own laundry? Like, does he not have a washer and dryer? He's like, oh, I'll just use Xander's. You're going to tell me that that gorgeous fucking condo of his doesn't come with a washer and dryer? Maybe. Those are also boxers he's folding, too. So it's it's like, if these are not his clothes, like, is he folding Xander's underwear? But, like... Pandemic time, I'll let you come over and you know do your laundry in my laundry machine. Um, I'm not folding your anything. Yeah. <laughs> not touching your undies at all. Take them, dude. My whites. The whites. <laughs> um, also, uh, in prep for this, I will say, oh, let me rewind. Back to the beginning of the podcast. What have I been listening to? I went and dug up the Anthony Stewart Head album, and I listened oh, nice. to that. Nice. I um, like it. I I remember really enjoying it at the time and not so much now. <laughs> I did find a like a copy, like a YouTube thing where he was doing like I think it was like behind the eyes or something. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I think that was the one I found of him on YouTube. So like uh um uh, like there's a lot of Buffy casts like who do backing vocals. Um, sure. The sure. last the last track, you remember the classic uh hidden hidden track days? Oh yeah. So, so the last Better track. Better Ezra is, with the, the fucking all time hidden track before the first track. Yeah. Yeah. You had to rewind the first track. Um, but like, so this is the classic, like, not like a hidden track per se or an extra track, but like, you know, the last track is like 12 minutes long and the song's only like three. And so, like, you fast forward to the silence. And then James Marsters just like repeats one of the earlier songs as like a spoken word poetry. <laughs> oh, they're such theater dorks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> What was I just uh, thinking about with the uh, the cast and the singing there? Uh, it slipped my mind. Oh well, maybe it'll come back. Oh oh um, the uh, it slipped my mind again. Sorry, never mind. Maybe third time's the charm. But I I you know I defy when you watch wrestlers, I defy you not to get Giles' song stuck in your head. But wait, okay, I finally remembered. Um, on okay. the internet somewhere, there's like this video. I don't know if it's like a fan convention or what. It's just like. Some some girl playing guitar and then uh, Amber Benson singing um, I'm Under Your Spell from the musical. Cool. Just like kind of like off the cuff seemingly. It, it, it seemed like something that like they hadn't planned to do. 
They're just like, mm-hmm. oh, Amber Ritz is going to do it. Like, she's still really good. Just like kind of like out of nowhere live. And like, she can't remember some of the words. It's pretty funny. It's a good video. Fan conventions are fucking weird. Um, I must have watched something because, again, YouTube is offering them to me. Um, so brief Doctor Who digression because I've been thinking about it since I saw that Andrew been tweeting about it again. But like in the last few seasons, of Doctor Who, occasionally the doctors will have like a really good speech. And fans love to at the conventions ask other doctors to like read this other actor's speech to do their version of it. But like ad nauseum, it's like, here I am. I'm a classically trained British actor like here in fucking Cleveland. Oh, you're handing me this like uh, like how many times have you folded up this single piece of paper to read this other guy's speech that I've never seen before? okay that seems a little tacky to me it seems ultra tacky yeah. and it's like okay these actors are always just like good sports like they do dance, a really good job dancey little monkey yeah seriously like we <laughs> we we paid five dollars each to get into the air for this and bought your 20 dollar autograph or whatever um all right so willow's just standard just experiment with the blaster he's like that's maybe not such a good idea if it was orgasmator from orgasmo the movie which i think is a trey parker movie yeah, uh, Orgasmo. Yeah, it's a yeah. Matt, Matt Stone Trey Parker. I saw that movie in the theater, indie theater, uh, in college. The only joke I remember enjoying was the other guy from South Park when he briefly gets the orgasmator turned on him while he's talking to somebody, and he just like you know, jizzes in his pants real quick, and then like goes right back into his conversation. Anyway, um, that's a joke about master uh, coming in your pants. Uh, oh, there's a lot of that in uh, where the wild things are. Oh, is there's, there like, the one section, pants? the one section of the wall, where if you touch it, you have an orgasm, and so like people just keep coming up and touching it and being like, "Oh yeah." I saw a film, as I recall, a horror film. Um, so meanwhile, Adam is out there somewhere. Ugh. Buffy hasn't heard from Riley in a while. Like Cassandra, who, who could himself. fucking care? Yeah. Oh God, the Adam parts of this episode. I swear to God, every time the initiative would come on my rewatch, like their plotline, like it's like my eyes would just roll into the back of my head and I could not even pay attention. I would just like find my consciousness fading. It's so fucking boring. I had this one dentist briefly who would do like dental things in my mouth and then like he would occasionally philosophize. That's why I don't go to male dentists anymore. But like it, it was like a cross between the Mayor Wilkins speech and Adam where I was just like stare at this guy being like, you're so evil giving me your libertarian views while causing me mouth pain. Um, Buffy's worried about the initiative with the dude Riley. Riley's like still fucked up with a bandage around his abdomen. I'll point out, they had sex one time and she's just like so gung-ho about Riley. They've barely been dating. They slept together once and he's been like very hot and cold through the season where like like when he learns he's a, she's a slayer, he kind of gets like kind of like real bossy about it and like you know like doesn't want her to go out on her own like i don't know it's like why are you this stuck on this dude you really haven't really been together that much riley using that farm boy dick yeah um corn fed iowa boy which makes me hate him even more (laughs) so yeah he's like checking himself out of the infirmary like he's a real fucking badass um forrest is just there to be like by the way bro hate your girlfriend yeah basically (laughs) She's ruining the uh, all boys club. I mean, there's. Do you think there's intentional subtext with Forrest? Or I gotta say, at a certain point, you've gotta be like, Forrest, do you have a little bit of a crush on Riley? It kind of comes off that way eventually, where it's like, dude, 
you were like really trying to police this dude's penis like yeah. really i would oh yeah um, i was gonna say i like to see that guy try that pull pull that shit with faith but he does pull that shit with faith well, faith, i love that faith when he immediately does. calls him out on it she's like what the fuck do you care dude well, also, so he does the thing. I know, we're, again, we're, we're skipping way ahead. He does the, like, pulls the grenade on himself thing, where yeah. at the end of the conversation, he's just like, do you actually care what I think? <laughs> and she's like, wait, no, I don't. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> so, meanwhile, like, in her hospital room, Faith's still having dreams. Um, she's having a dream where her Oh, yeah, rare Faith, Faith is in this episode. Yeah. 20 minutes later, we get back to Faith. She's laying on a blanket. She's wearing a skirt and a nice shirt. She looks nice. They find like a garden snake. He's like all sweet to it. He's got cheesecake. I'd love to have some cheesecake right oh, now. Oh, God. I could go for some cheesecake. They sell it at the store, but like it just it's doesn't look same. worthy. Yeah. Um, I do find the, the costume interesting here because Faith is in like more feminine. Like she's like a pink skirt and a blue top. And then when Buffy shows up, Buffy is dressed like Faith, basically. Yeah, you know, like Buffy is the villain, and like, uh, we're not exactly not like leather pants or anything, but like just dark clothing, you know, all business trench coat, that kind of thing. There's this like, uh, like very still walk that uh, um, it's a Terminator. That Sarah walk. Shogeller does when she's like, got to play badass Buffy. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, um, a little bit of the Molly Shannon Seinfeld thing, where it's like, why don't you swing your arms when you walk? <laughs> and she's got um, the yeah. big Klingon knife the whole time. I can't believe we're still. <laughs> Calling that thing back, but it works. Um, it's like Joss's favorite knife or something. <laughs> Nobody wants to tell him it's like incredibly uncool. I can't believe you weren't there that day where Steve picked some of us up from high school and he's like, I remember Do hearing about hang it. Out? Yeah. Do you want to hang out or go to my dad's place? And we're like, oh, cool. His dad lived like a half an hour away, not what we all expected. And then we're suddenly hanging out at Steve's place and he's like, Do you want to see my knives? Too bad I missed that one. And it was actual Klingon knife, which was the point where two, it, like, like it was like the fifth knife he showed us. And it was like, okay, this is really stretched into like full on parody. Um, yeah. So like uh, she's following Faith as like Faith crawls away at night in the real world. Buffy's been trolling. Yeah. She, they find like the weird demon that's been all like dissected. And it's like, oh, that's Adam's work. God, he's boring. He's even ruining patrol. Inner is still smoking. Also, Buffy's wearing a very loud cheetah print jacket. That she then like, immediately takes off, yeah. Yeah. So back is Anders' basement. Buffy, why are they at Anders' basement so much here? Buffy theorizes I mean, that Adam's I guess out there. Like they're, they're, they can't really go to the dorm room for some reason. I don't know. Like, But they go back to Giles later in this episode. It's, it's, so but why? it's like Giles and Xander's places are like the new library, I guess. Like. Even though Buffy and Willow share a dorm room, so like they could go there, I guess. I don't know. Maybe they just don't want well, to. Well, I could see not putting Giles in Buffy's dorm room. Yeah. But I mean, like, we've established by this point that Giles' pad is where everyone hangs out. True. So it's like, why are we all slumming it in Xander's basement where Xander slums it? Um, and where every surface, I imagine, is sticky. I mean, maybe Giles had another orgasm friend coming over. <laughs> You know, it's serious when you clean that toilet and you clean that tub. <laughs> um, yeah, so Buffy theorizes that Adam's just out there like studying anatomy he's, and she's like, just out there waiting to suck. Yeah, the initiative can't handle this, but we, the Scooby gang, can. She wants to like break into the initiative to rescue Riley. And like suddenly Riley's like standing there behind her. And it's well, like, she's oh, like okay. going through all this, like, this is what we're going to do. Xander, you do this. Willow, you hack this, and blah, blah, blah. 
And then he's just like, oh, that's a lot for me. Ha, ha, ha. I'm boring. Yeah. Um, and so they're like, oh, Adam's going to be real tough. And Buck figures we can handle it because Riley's here. And it's like, really? Yeah, Riley, I feel like he, like, how much above Xander level does he bring to the table? I don't think it's that much. No. Xander probably doesn't have Riley's strength, but, or his theoretical combat training, but I feel Stamina? like Xander. I think Xander could hold his own in a fight just like with his experience and knowledge of fighting vampires and whatnot. Like I, you know, know. if you had to put money on like, who's, who's going to like last the longest in a fight against vampires. I don't know. Like I'll put this way. I feel like just like there's a vampire go. Yeah. I think Riley would win. But if it was like, there's a vampire. And if you don't kill that vampire, he's going to kill Willow. Then I think Xander. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I'm just saying, like of, Riley isn't that much higher. Is my, my my main point there? Like for all your fucking like military stories and whatnot. Let me derail this yet again uh-huh. to Please. ask: Who do you hate more? Oh, we're gonna we're put put on your time travel cap, your time travel undies. undies. Uh-huh. Do you hate Riley Finn, or do you more hate Riley, the guy that? Lucy Hale fucks in that one <laughs> episode sash. of PLL. Uh, Riley, because that guy's just like there and gone and whatever, you know, it's just like just some like a revenge fuck to get back at Ezra. But Riley sticks around for a season and a half and I feel like takes over the show in an annoying way and kind uh-huh. of takes away from Buffy's character in like some what really if, frustrating ways. What if like she's just like, oh, we got one of your blasters and he's like, it's named Antonio. Yeah. Are you saying also, what if Riley Finn just had a mustache the whole time? Would that better or worse? Also, I watched half of that Lucy Hale movie, the new one. Wow, you okay? I, it didn't get good reviews, so I didn't check it out. It's uh, a nice girl like you. It's adorably perplexing as fuck. <laughs> the first scene is Lucy Hale in the bathroom mirror, struggling to get out the words "hard throbbing cock." You know, this is where if I were Lucy's manager, I would just step in and be like, "Look." People make gifts and they make like short clips and whatnot. Are you sure you want this on your reel? Just are you sure? Is this oh, worth it? She is at her most Audrey Hepburn adorable in this movie. But um, people tweeting at us. I don't know who this guy that she's dating is. So you're I, I think he's have from to the Bachelor. Real slow. Okay, then I really yeah. You're... That's all I know. Uh, meanwhile, and and it's... like seemingly it's like this guy might be the, a shady gentleman who like called the pops. Uh, on his own to uh, get the photo shoot, just like get back in an X or something. Oh, we've all been there. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, it's night in Faith's dreams. Again, she's being chased by Terminator Buffy, like through that parking lot cemetery. Faith is back in her leather pants. Um, they're really getting a lot of mileage out of that stupid knife. She trips, she falls in an open grave. Buffy just drops in after her. I love, we don't see what happens, but uh, Faith is the one to crawl out. Good, good direction. I mean, Joss Whedon is maligned at times for being like a TV director, but I feel like he makes some interesting decisions when he's working with his own material like that. Like there's a lot of different ways you could do the faith wakes up thing. Mm-hmm. And this is like a pretty clever way to do it. Well, considering it's like, you don't want to have them fight here because the whole, the whole climax of the yeah. next episode is their fight. Yeah. We've um, got plenty of fights to come. So like, let's do something a little different. Yeah. So after commercial or she wakes up, Bum, bum, bum. After commercial, we see that confusion. She like unhooks herself from monitor. She pulls out her IV. They just really stuck her in like the abandoned wing of this hospital or something. 
She runs into this girl looking for directions who has a teddy bear. What's up with this? Chick? This girl, her affect is like she's like nine, but she looks like she's 22. So, yeah, I don't know what's up with this chick. I, I feel like, though, like they're like subtly telegraphing that we should dislike her. Because like of the teddy be, bear or in the bank. Well, it's, like, it's like like we should be rooting for her to like, like she deserves to like have her clothes stolen by Faith or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, like, uh, Faith doesn't know what time it is. She's just like, I need to get to the high school. Time for graduation day. And the chick's like, uh, the high school's no longer there. Yeah. So she's like, what date is it, you know? Um, And the chick's like, it was a tragedy, really. Lots of students died. The principal, the mayor. Faith is Um, gutted. Yeah. Yeah. Then we see, like, literally. And then we see Faith just walk out of the hospital in that chick's clothes. LOL. (laughs) Faith getting it done. And then cut back to fucking Riley and Buffy. He's like returning her stupid fucking bandana. There's like way too much bandanas from Buffy this season, like fashion wise. Yeah. Uh, do you remember like two whole episodes of him like clutching that stupid bandana as like a, a totem or whatever? Blissfully, like, I do not. Going through his withdrawals and like goodbye Iowa and the Iron team. God, I, that fucking bandana. It just it makes me angry just to see it. You know, I gotta say though, my my personal living situation the year this ep- this season aired, it was sometimes a chore. It was hard to get to a TV on a Tuesday night to watch sure, sure. Buffy. But like Buffy was like my saving grace. It was like I saved up all my little karma points to reward myself with Buffy. And what did they give me as a shit ton of Riley? This whole I mean, this is a long scene of just like Buffy talking to Riley. I honestly don't remember what they're even talking about. Because it's so bland. It's well, so he's just blah. like, I'm so used to taking orders. Can you give me some orders? And yeah. Like, yeah. Who could care? And she's like, you know, I used to take orders from the Watchers Council and I quit and I was scared, but I survived. <laughs> and I grew up because then I was like 18 years old. I told him to fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. But she's supportive, though. She's like, you can stay in the initiative and fight it your own way. You can quit and do things another way, whatever that is. And he's just like, huh, I suck. And it's like. I was like, can you just separate from the army? How old are you? How are you in charge of other soldiers? Do they give his rank ever? I'm trying to remember. No, because then you would have to nail it down to something realistic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, is Uh, he an officer? Yeah, I wonder. So she's looking for, like, brainwashing chips in his brain, orders him to stop torturing. I mean, this scene should work, but I do not like him. It's, It's supposed to be cute, but it's just, yeah, not for me. It's not working. So some we get the, go back to the hospital where some like doctors and a cop are investigating the experience of faith. I'm kind of shocked they didn't bring back that one cop that they always bring back, the asshole. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then um, uh, after these guys all leave, the nurse goes and picks up the phone, dials a number, and just says, like, it happened to send a team. Like, no, nothing else. I guess yeah. that's just the hotline, and they know exactly who's calling there. I really can't stand the one Watchers Wetworks guy. Oh, th- yeah, I know exactly who you mean. It sucks. <laughs> He sucks so hard. I I actually don't have a problem at all with Smithy. <laughs> and I like the lead guy, but like the guy in the middle, fuck yeah. yeah. Um, so like Faith like stares at the burned out CGI husk of Sunnydale High. I like this. This is like another kind of weird like what's gone wrong in the world. You know, it's like she goes to the high school and it's like exploded. It's mm-hmm. just like a cool vibe. And she's walking through town afterwards. She feels isolated. She gets to Giles' place, like, watches from the window inside. Giles, Xander, Willow, Riley, and Buffy are talking about Adam. Riley easily restarts that stupid blaster, and he's like, I'm going to be double agent guy. And Faith totally notices that Buffy's super close to Riley. But she's just uh, like, him? Really? Yeah. Is he funny? 
<laughs> Egg? Spoiler alert, he's not. No, he's not funny at all. Um, Giles answers the phone. Like, Faith kind of hides behind the windows. He, like, kind of, like, walks towards her on the phone. He phone calls for Buffy. I don't really know who's calling her at like the Giles. Watchers, the Watchers Council, I guess. Um, Does or maybe, that make maybe the sense? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Or, or her mom watching the news? Like, but anyway, like, like not only like calling her, but like calling her at Giles's. Anyway, so she's been informed that somehow Faith is awake. Somehow Faith has returned. Yes. <laughs> so what about Adam and like Xander has, you know, wordplay. It's clever. I'd hate to see the pursuit of a homicidal lunatic get in the way of the pursuit of a homicidal lunatic. Um, um, unfair, but it's but it's kind of like almost tragic in a way that faith like kind of ducks out at this point yeah when they start talking about her and like they were at least somewhat complimentary you know like i don't know yeah. i feel like maybe she would understand a little more of buffy's perspective on things but she leaves beforehand well and also you know like there's a there's a an angle of like not so much redemption in their mind but like rehabilitation because they, they don't want to hand her to the cops well, from they don't buffy, hand her she's to like Council. what if she's yeah. changed you know like you know what if she feels remorse now at one point, they do muse, like, what if we handed her over to the initiative? And I was like, Faith would destroy that place in one day. Yeah, please. <laughs> um, and Riley's like, who's Faith? I'm going to ask a lot of questions about this person because I'm real nosy. You know, it's funny. I remember back when these were airing and we'd, like, talk about, like, Riley and, and like, other new stuff. At the time, I remember us both, like, not being in on Tara or Tara. People want to say Tara. Uh, because she just kind of, like... She's just like that new friend in the group who you kind of have to like adjust everything to because they don't get to your inside jokes type mm-hmm. of deal. But I feel like Riley, rewatching now, he, I guess, can keep up a little more on like the like uh, the Slayer stuff, you know, mm-hmm. like he's he's aware of like all the, the demons and the underworld and whatnot more. But he's just like real fucking useless at anything like interpersonal. Absolutely. It doesn't fit in this group at all. And I don't know why they write the characters to adore him so. Especially like Xander. I mean, I don't know. Well, even Willow. Yeah. Um, The other thing about Tara, I think for me at the time and maybe even now, is the way they write her is she she doesn't have a lot of self-esteem. She's not very outgoing. She's, you know, not a bad person whatsoever. But there's almost, I don't know, she's 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 not an extrovert whatsoever. Um, and I think most shows, yeah, most shows would write this character as like, like something you feel, someone you feel bad for. And they don't do that blissfully because you shouldn't feel bad for her. She's, she's a fine person dealing for her own thing, but the way everyone else is popping and snappy, it's like, she just constantly, like you said, she just stands out in a way. I don't know. Like Faith really like runs her over and she's in Buffy's body there. Yeah. And like like she's Tara Tara's stuttering a little bit and Faith is so mean. Well, and just the one line, um uh, when she discovers what Willow's up to now. Yeah, yeah, which I don't know. Um I mean like there's like I said, this is this again, like Joss Whedon, I don't know that he wrote that scene, but like he can write the sudden turn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I don't know. Think about if Faith had or not Faith, uh if Tara had a little more screen time developed this season instead of uh, Mr. Riley fucking Finn, who's in so much goddamn of, of every episode. You know, like I think that would definitely would have helped her character but more. Even Anya is like folded in to the group in the way that she stands out. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, she might have been a regular by now. I'm not sure. So that could be. But uh, like, how does the one scene? Okay, let's derail this again. 
the scene that I remember from Yoko Factor is I believe it's it's Anya and Tara in the bathroom. They go to the bathroom to the yeah. fight. How does that play now? Fine, I guess. I mean, I don't know. They they just go in there and they're like, oh, the tile's nice in here. Okay. I think they'll be fighting for a while. Yeah, there's not really much like it's not a, like a character work or anything happening there. Well, I mean, to me, it's just a contrast of just like how and you can't help but feel like it's like a heterosexual thing where it's like Anya just fits. And for some reason, Tara doesn't. And there's no reason that she shouldn't. Um, yeah, I don't know. But I, I mean, Tara, like when she becomes more part of the group later, it works like she she becomes Buffy's friend, like in season six when Buffy's yeah. like really going through the shit. Um I don't know. It's it's shitty. Well, they it's they like don't the do time... the thing you normally expect with when they have a new actor. Is like you want to get them scenes with different characters. It seems, like they don't, yeah. it seems like they don't really do that that much with her. It's like, oh, let's let's put her with like you know Giles for a while, or let's put her with Sander yeah. or something like that. Yeah, like they do with Anya. Yeah, uh-huh. I mean they specifically like that's the whole storyline is that she's like Willow's like hidden away secret. Uh-huh. I mean Willow's like to be fair, like why wouldn't I hang out in your palatial? Yeah, your awesome dorm room. Dorm. So the next day, Buffy's walking through campus with Willow and telling her like what Riley told the night before. And she's like, or what she told Riley the night before, which is like the truth that Faith is my wacky identical cousin from England. Which is a, a weird, like, like a prescient uh, thing. Yeah. It's a, a, an identical cousin from England that causes hijinks. Well, she's going to steal your body and kind of do that. Well, it's also, it's a Patty Duke reference that like, yeah. I don't know that Buffy would make. <laughs> I mean, I think that a 30 year old TV writer would make that <laughs> <Sure>. joke. <laughs> Well, even um, then, not many. Only Joss Whedon, really. Yeah. So, you know, Buffy says that she vagued up a few bits, but no flat-out lies. You know, she, she did some editing when she came to the Angel bits. So, um, and she's like, you know, I couldn't find Faith the night before, but if I was her, I'd get out of Dodge post-haste. And the Faith just turns around, and she's like, well, you're not me, bitch. <laughs> and, yeah, we talked before about how they had this great standoff. It's kind of trading barbs. Faith is just like, what the fuck? I wake up and like you killed me or almost killed me for your stupid boyfriend, and now you're not even dating that guy. Yeah. Well, the 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 one exchange where Buffy's like, Faith, I've been looking for you. And she's like, I've been standing still for eight months. How hard did you look? Yeah. Um <laughs> uh, yeah, I just went like Willow's like trying to like get behind Faith, and Faith is just like, try it red and you'll lose an arm. <laughs> you don't see that anymore where people We'll call the ginger in the group yeah, red. Red, yeah. Um, yeah. So she mentions that uh, you know Buffy's moved on to the first college beef stick that she's met. I mean, cheese stick, really, right? Right. It's a big, big old cornball. More like uh, <laughs> the way Eliza Dushku delivers lines is faith. Like she just has so much energy and magnetism. She's kind of like always kind of rocking back and forth and using her hands as she talks. Like. I just yeah. I love the way she plays the Faith character. It's, it's too much energy. So much energy. Yeah, it's like too much for her own skin. I did want to go back and watch the two Angel episodes, but I didn't have time. Where... Oh, well, this is where I, I go for extra credit here because I did. Fuck yeah, look at you. Uh-huh. What do I win? Um, so, wow, it was weird to watch Angel. I like I forgot all about the uh, <laughs> the weird like edits they would do, and they like go to a new whoosh, scene. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh man, what is this? Here's a bunch of cuts of L.A. Yeah, <laughs> like there's a part. So she's hired by like Lila and Lindsay and Lee. Ki- yeah, and Lee. Who the fuck is Lee? It's some other greaseball. Okay, um, 
And like at one point, she like shoots an arrow at Angel, and he catches it. Right? He, t- he like turns around and catches it perfectly. Yeah, I guess he learned from uh, when she got him with the cross or the the bow and arrow that time. And there's something with like a helicopter in the second one. Yeah, well, we'll get to that after we finish. Who are you all? Give me a little okay. recap on that. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, so um, they just are fighting the- in the middle of the quad here. It's great. Yeah, throwing punches. Cops show up. But I mean, I, even this, I kind of thought like high school is this weird sequestered community that even though you feel alone at times as it's wrapping up, like I said, you 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 do have that weird sense of community all of a sudden. It's like. I do know all these people. They do know all me. When your book time comes around, it's like suddenly you realize that we all secretly did notice each other. College is not the same. Like people are not going to like give Buffy the class protector award for fighting this insane, hot brunette chick. But, uh, Faith runs off. She kicks a cop in the face. She just like takes out both these cops, like in two seconds flat. I kept wondering, I wanted her to just get in the car and drive away, but no, she just keeps running. (laughs) Uh, also, you can really tell like these her and smg are both running and like it's, it's got to be funny. at least like two to three inch heels it seems like these like weird boots that they're wearing it looks kind of funny um yeah anyway so i don't really goes and talks to willow wait what willow goes and talks to tara probably that's probably what i meant to write uh, yeah she's yeah. talking to tara here about it, it's i guess Tara's filled in at this point on everything. Like she's talking about faith and slayers and everything. So I guess Tara has been read in completely more than fucking Riley. That's for sure. Like, uh, like Tara's like, she's gone and she's checked the mighty big TV recap on uh-huh. the previous episodes of Buffy. She knows all the characters. Um, she's got her favorites. She's like, what's this? The great bitterness thread. Oh, maybe I'll stay away from that. <laughs> this, I believe was a season where that was, uh, instituted. The um, great bitterness thread. Or no, it's the Great Bitterness Society. This is season four of Buffy was like, I feel like this was the time when people first started turning on the show. It was no okay. longer. And this would become like a recurring thing with like pretty much every long running TV show since then. The show that has its golden period where people like it. And it seems like it gets shorter and shorter as the years go by. And then it's just like, we all hate this show because it's not how it used to be. It's not good anymore. Mm hmm. And there was just yeah, like a okay. whole big, big, big long old thread on Mighty Big TV and Television Without Pity where it was just like people getting mad about everything in every new Buffy episode. They would just go post there about how like they hated everything, which uh, I, I would say is not healthy, personally. If you in the, just like uh, a show that much, maybe just stop watching. In the span of like human development and like uh, like consciousness, Terrence McKenna yeah. would call that the novelty wave, which someday will reach the point where people will be like, I like the first scene of the pilot of the show, but Seriously. by the second scene, it betrayed its own values. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah, so Giles and Xander are going to patrol. This this scene is like it's it's, it's too funny. It's a little goofy, yeah. <laughs> um, so you know, Xander's he actually tells Giles with a straight face that he's worried that Faith will be so overcome with sexual desire for him. Oh shit. I think Giles um, is just like trying to tune him out here. Giles is what just the like, fuck are you talking about? This can't be my life. <laughs> it can't be. Uh, this is when they run this spike. I don't well, know how. I they... do think that just sorry to derail real quick. Um, that's one of the things they do with the Xander character that is annoying is because like he you know had that face off with Faith where mm. she like basically tried to kill him and like destroyed his self esteem. So, like, it's like the writers kind of forgot about that. And they're just like, let's remember how Xander had sex with Faith. Let's write some dialogue about it, basically. Well, because he's now he's sleeping with Anya regularly, though. Yeah. 
But it just, I don't know, it it just seems like they ignore his character development sometimes to go for the easy joke. Like, he's he's always there to go for just, like, the goofy, tension-breaking joke, no matter whether or not it makes sense. Just a reminder, and you can you can validate me backing up on this. Earlier in the season, this is a character who says nothing defeats the penis. No, he doesn't say nothing defeats the penis. He says nothing defeats the penis. <laughs> um, it's like the weirdest delivery. <laughs> I remember him saying it the way that Randy says "fuck you." It's just like nothing defeats the penis. Yeah, it's it's like that. Like it's just out of nowhere. <laughs> uh, that's before his friends started taking their uh, their women's studies classes. Uh-huh. This is going to be a four hour episode. <laughs> we cannot get through the second episode of Buffy. So I love this this little like conversation with Spike. I don't remember how Spike came out of their custody, but whatever. They just like um, let him go eventually. They're just like, yeah, whatever, like, you can go. But like the the trope that like he's just going to immediately become like their ally is kind of being like played with here. And I love it's just like Xander's like giving him all this rope to hang himself with. And then finally he's just like, when are you going to get through your heads? I fucking hate you people. I'm, I'm going to find her. Yeah. I'm going to point her at you and do the fast as I can. And I just love the like, you wouldn't even recognize her. Dark hair, this tall, name of faith, criminally insane. <laughs> like this girl already. I wonder how much of their budget they spent on this helicopter shot. So the these uh, supposed wetworks guys from the Watchers Council show up. Uh, this is your A team, man. I'd hate to see your B team. Yeah, seriously. Only so, one of these guys even projects an energy like he could kill someone. That guy, like, I, I'd, I'd watch more of him, and I would watch more of like Smithy as like the uh, the Benji from uh, Mission sure. Impossible. Sure, yeah. <laughs> the intern who got called into the field. The guy in the middle, though, I don't like that guy at all. <laughs> um. So outside the hospital, the nurses watch the helicopter land. These guys are just all like in leather jackets, like black briefcases. <laughs> they're such dorks, yeah. Uh, so they're uh, like, and then like the, we see a shot of the helicopter leaving. It's like, how much did that cost? I, I really so wonder. in town, Faith's like stalling around. She passes window display for knives. I believe this is the same like Myers sporting good that her and Buff got arrested in. Also, LOL, remember True Detective Season 2 when the defining character thing was Rachel McAdams? was nice. She nice, yeah. Uh, I think so she goes is this... in, like, different, like, insane, like, snakeskin pants now. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> Where did she find those? I don't know. Somewhere she had, like, a wardrobe stash, like a little, like, a go bag somewhere. That'd be cool. I like that she goes this alleyway to hide from her cop. Like, she runs a demon. He's like, Faith, a friend sent me. I've got a little remembrance from him. And she just, like, kills this guy immediately. She kills him. He's like, oh, what's this envelope? Uh, okay. <laughs> well, she breaks in somewhere, and she, like, watches this tape from the mayor. And like I said, I don't know. It's This is, like, even though he's got a haircut, uh, it's the perfect encapsulation of the mayor character. Like, he's goofy. He's got dad jokes. He's, like, menacing as fuck. He, like, generally cares about her and her days being numbered. He so does, but I don't know. There's something sinister about the way he's basically saying, like, well, your life is basically over without me. Like, he's not really offering her much except to, like, go out in a blaze. Well, he's he's essentially offering her a brand new life. Somewhat, yeah, with the, the switcheroo tool. I mean, like, the fact that he has this insane, you know, plan Z for her is something for a guy who was pretty assured that he was going to, you know, succeed at the end at of the season. At least a realist. Yeah. Um, 
Which is why he's the politician that you should vote for. You know, you know, like he's the he's the devil you know. Okay. Um, Riley Stormroom, Buffy's trying to convince Riley that Buffy and Riley, Riley, blah 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 blah. Who could fucking care? I the only, the like, only important detail there is his uh, side is still hurting. Yeah, is it safe for him for her to be in his room since the whole dorm is like undercover initiative dudes? Yeah, who even knows? Uh, but he's got all this like Iowa all shucks boy bullshit. Um, I love that she shows him. Both her and Faithful show him that he's not physically capable of taking yeah. her on by like, tapping his side. Anyway, whatever. But he's constantly just like, "There's something you're not telling me." And she's like, "Well, trust that." Yeah. So Faith shows up at Buffy's house, knocks out Joyce. I um, love that just her high Joyce delivery there. It's so sinister. That said, punching Joyce—that's a step too far, Miss Lehane. Yeah, come on. Um, so after the commercial, she's got Joyce like not tied up like I originally thought, but just like kind of captive on her own bed as like Faith is going through like Joyce's makeup and critiquing it. And she kisses the mirror after she puts on the lipstick. I love that. Yeah. And this after they spent that nice Christmas Eve together after Buffy yeah. ditched them both for Angel. Um, so Faith settles on a uh lipstick called Harlot. Exactly. Well, not, like at various times over these next few episodes, like these characters will show empathy for Faith, and it just freaks her the fuck out every yeah. time. Yeah. Like she doesn't know what to do with it. And yet she's still fun, though. She's just like, yeah. Anyway, for real now, I want to ask you something, and I want you to promise me honest. Do not spare my feelings just because I could kill you. You promise? And Joyce's like, I promise. Faith's like, How do I look? And Joyce is like, Psychotic. Psychotic. She's like, I was shooting for sultry. <laughs> I love how she jumps on the bed with the mail and she's like, Buffy Summers, Buffy Summers, Buffy Summers. Has been wide a while, has she? <laughs> like, this is the shittiest thing about Dollhouse where it's like, what if we took this incredible actress who's like, we've never tested her range properly and like had her play like a zombie for yeah, like her, like her sleepwalking like, zombie. Her kind of like, um, I don't know, Echo. natural state or whatever is like yeah. a zombie. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so Faith is like she's trying to get Joyce on the same side as hers, realizing, like, face it, Buffy was over us a long time ago. She's moved on, which, man, my God, the subtext that I totally missed. Oh, there's so much of it. Yeah. I mean, this I is, totally the, this is the true enemies to lovers romance and, and Buffy. Uh, it yeah, just never quite my, gets there in the text. This is my new Raylo. Yeah. Um, including stabbings, hot, sexy stabbings. Um, and they do hand stuff in this as well. Hello. But yeah, she's just like, I mean, you're her mother, and she just leaves you here to die. And then Buffy comes like flying through the window. In through the second story window. Yeah, I know. And I just love that. Hi mom. Hi, Buffy. <laughs> so they fight. Pretty good fight scenes. Uh at one point there's that move with the uh it's like the French doors into the like living room or something where like yeah. like she slams it like like through faith pretty much faith just goes it goes through the big window in the door it's great yeah those will be fixed by restless yeah um yeah the, the fight goes out of the bedroom in the hallway down the stairs into the dining room at one point back into the living room faith is trying um, to stab her with like a big meat fork at some point she throws a drawer at her at one yeah. point the amateur move though is that she empties out the silverware from the drawer um yeah, so but Faith points out that Buffy's new boyfriend is cute. Looks like he used a good role in the hay. And Buffy's like, you're not his type. He's not real big on sleaze. Ahem. All guys like sleaze. Okay. Am I wrong, dude? I, I'm not saying anything one way or the other. 
I mean, Riley will prove me correct. That's <laughs> true. Like one episode. Um, so they keep fighting, training banter. Faith throws a vase at her at one point. Uh, and meanwhile, then, Giles comes home. His uh, light switch doesn't work because this uh, Wetworks team is like waiting for him in the dark, like a bunch of creeps. I just think like, like, like I go into someone's house to wait for them, and I'm like, what if I fucked with the wiring? It turned off the lights. Yeah. Make more of an impact. Also, I the only problem with that is you know I'm, I I could be theatrical. I could make a splash, but like I'm not gonna sit in the dark. <laughs> wait for you. Fuck you. You gotta have somebody like uh, like a lookout. It's like yeah. oh, okay, Giles is here. Okay, turn the lights out now. Yeah. Also, don't be that guy. <laughs> don't be the lookout guy. All right, everyone, turn off the lights. Like. It's it's cute if you're doing a surprise party. It's not cute if you're shocking the shit out of somebody like this. So cop lights kind of show. I love the. Um, it's like maybe we can't quite show something else. So it's like we just have like spinning red and blue lights outside, yeah, like yeah. through the curtains, um, to save some money there. So Faith gets out her special hand device and grabs Buffy's hands, and their consciousnesses are traded. Zappo. Oh yeah. Um, and then quote unquote Buffy knocks out quote unquote Faith and smashes oh, the hand thing. This is gonna be fun in the next episode. I put them as. How did you do your notes for that? By the way, uh, I wrote it as the the character we're seeing rather than who it is really. Okay, I kind of did that. I did like fake Buffy and fake Faith. Okay. Um, so the cops show up, and like you know, uh, uh, Buffy Faith says uh, uh, she's their problem now, and Joyce is like, "You sure you're okay?" And Buffy Faith says, five by five, five, five. Bum, bum, bum. which leads us to. Is there to be continued on this? I believe there is. Yeah. Yeah. To be Probably. continued. It leads right into the next episode, which is who are you? S4 E16. I really want to know. Um, I actually only have four moments here. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, personally, I enjoy who are you more than this year's yes. girl. Yes. Um, Cause it's a Joss one, by the way, the other one is like Douglas Petrie. I think wrote it. I, it makes sense the way they laid it out, but I honestly, for some reason, thought that the whole body swap thing took up more content of, the, of both parts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, my number five. A little shout out to Tara, to Tara here, who I keep wanting to call Tara. Uh, when she's on to the switch, uh, Buffy or Willow comes back to like the dorm room with Tara, and Tara's just like, she's not your friend. And Willow's like, I may have overestimated the you liking her factor. Yeah. <laughs> um, and of course, uh, we do also have the classic terror moment. The uh, I am, you know, yours. Yeah. You're number four. I, I was going to say, like, I think there are more parallels than I realized between the power dynamic between Xander and Anya and the power dynamic between Willow and Tara. In some ways, maybe. It's, it's not as, it's not stated as much. Like the Xander Anya one is like, it's text, you know, like well, I mean, they talk about it. Willow's not as verbally abusive to Tara, but I think she's there still is, there kind is of the imbalance, the, yeah. the dominant aspect of it. Yeah. Uh, my number four is I actually like the scene at the beginning with uh, fake Buffy and Joyce, at the beginning of the episode, just a psychologically fascinating way that like faith is inside Buffy's body and how it plays out and her little victory of sticking it to Joyce, like the validation that she knows that she's right, that, Joyce misses her daughter because Buffy never visits. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then of course, the harlot. Oh, that's the same one that Faith wanted. And she's burn like, it. burn it. <laughs> <laughs> well, just the, it's it's almost tough to watch at times the amount of self-loathing that Faith has. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, 
excellently drawn character there for sure. Well, and the way they they'll go back and forth between her enjoying being Buffy and her just like hating herself through Buffy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, was that your number four? That was number four. All right. So my number four is when Buffy encounters Spike at the Bronze, Willie and the Bloody with a chip in his head. Kind of love this town. And then just a uh, classic uh, snippet of Joss Whedon dialogue here. I could ride you to gallop until your legs buckled and your eyes rolled up. I've got muscles you've never even dreamed of. I could squeeze you until you popped like warm champagne and you'd beg me to hurt you just a little bit more. Hot. Well, well I came. <laughs> um, yeah, that's my number three. Uh, fake Buffy running the spike at the bronze. I love the start of it, though. Where he's just like sawed off and she's like, fine. He's like, oh, yeah, just throw it in my face. Why don't you? <laughs> Well, there's something about the way SMG plays the scene. Like, I just feel like she's enjoying herself a little bit more. Like, I feel like it seems like whenever she gets to flex a little or like, like stretch her range, she's more engaged in the scene than when it's just like the usual Buffy stuff. You know, like whenever she she gets to like do something a little bit new and different, like you can just kind of see the fire there. But how could she not be after four seasons? Yeah, really. But, um, yeah, I love this scene so hard. I, I firmly believe this is when Spike fell for Buffy so hard it hurt. But um, the capper up, because we've been we've seen this earlier in the episode, when she's like, you know, teasing him and taunting him and titillating him. And she's like, and you know why I don't? Because, because it's, it's wrong. wrong. <laughs> and he's just like, you know, he's just coming his pants yeah. at this all ages club. It's like, Way to go, Spike, it's like an, it's using like that a, dick. It's an angry orgasm for sure. Yeah. Um, is it something blue? That's the one where, yeah, that where they think they're going to get married. That episode's hilarious. I, I wish I could have had time to rewatch something blue and pangs. I remember those being a lot of fun. Yeah, they are. Uh, let's see. Number three for me is uh quote-unquote faith but really buffy when she's talking to giles and she says when i had psychic power i heard my mom think that you were like a stevedore during sex do you want me to stop what's a stevedore (laughs) i mean it's it's like what i love about that scene it's my number two as well um is i really do see buffy through eliza dushku there yeah really good performances on both sides um smg is amazing in my opinion as faith uh, but Elijah Dushu is also very good as Buffy. I'm trying to remember. I watched something not long ago and I was reading about it. And I, oh, man, this is going to piss me off. This sucks. I'm sorry, everyone. But like I was reading something where there was a similar type of scenario with like body swaps and everything. Was it uh, Harry Potter uh, movie four with no, uh, David no. Tennant? It was some TV show okay, or something. And it was they were talking about how they had both actors on set. And they would have, in the rehearsal, they would have the actor who was, you know, the actual character uh-huh. run through how they would run the scene. And then the actor who was playing the body swap version would then, like, emulate them. Huh. Interesting. And they would, like, they would actually have them, like, stop if it was, like, the impression uh-huh. didn't match enough. And it, like, took forever. That's a little but, weird. I don't know. But, like, the the the, the, the dedication to getting you to play this character in this body, I thought was really interesting. And I kind of mm-hmm. wonder if they were just like, all right, you two go be each other. <laughs> um, yeah. So Buffy, you know, in face body coming to Giles, like he, like she did for him fewer episodes earlier. And then it's like, Giles is not quite believing her. And then like Willow and her girlfriend show up and they're just like, Faith, you're like, you're Buffy in Faith's body. And Giles is like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, 
which is you know still better than it being like a blind girl on a horse yeah maybe maybe a little <laughs> bit Ugh. especially because i just don't think a blind girl like jenna marshall would care enough to like she would just find that delightful i think like oh it's a fake spencer ha 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 fuck you guys I don't even know. I mean, the problem is I don't even know who Jenna Marshall is at that point because she's yeah, like true. a f- member of the faculty. But I yeah, mean, sure. does she still care for, in a word, chaos? Yeah. All right. My number two is when Riley says I love you to not Buffy. Uh, that really should have ended their whole relationship right there. I just, yeah. The way she reacts, she's like the, you know, Faith is so terrified to hear that. Like, and she just like gets up and like kind of like pulls away and she's like who are you what do you want from her me uh, yeah. i love that also had they said has he said i love you to buff no this is like that? the first time that he says i love you oh, to her yeah don't. which i'm saying like that how does this relationship continue after that's this? not when you pull it out bro or you do the uh ryan cooper thing and you say thank you yeah my number one is i suspect this would be number one as well i don't know i could be wrong you might it's, be wrong Okay, it's uh, fake Buffy taking a bath um, and doing what you would always do with the body swap, checking out the other person's junk, and then teasing out Buffy's face in the, the mirror, like the meta moment of just like, because it's wrong, because it's naughty. Yeah. So mine is the, the follow-up to that when she shows, when uh, Buffy, quote-unquote Buffy, actually Faith, shows up in the church and they're the vampires like, you know, what do you, why are you doing this or whatever? And she says, because it's wrong. Like, it's ah. like, and she means it then. Nice. Nice. <laughs> she's, she's, she's still a slayer at heart. Earlier. Yeah. She's still a slayer at heart. You know, she sees the situation. She knows that it's her responsibility to take care of it. Yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, we start out moments later from the previous episode outside the house, like Joyce and fake Buffy are, are hearing from the cops, how they've been looking for faith see fake faith being like wheeled away in a stretcher and uh oh, this is gonna be so annoying yeah i know fake buffy warns the cop that faith is very strong and he's just like yeah this faith chick she definitely is and fake buffy's like she truly is you know, i'm just going with the characters who we see not who they are People yeah follow along yeah yeah um but then so after the credits uh buffy and joyce have walked back into the house and like from behind her joyce is just like faith and Buffy's yeah. like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Love it, yeah. But and she's yeah, talking you... about Faith, not talking to Faith, yeah. And you mentioned the conversation they have here, and Buffy's just like, oh, you know, I knew it. I, you know, I called it basically about uh, Buffy not showing up. Well, and, and the subtext, though, because she's enjoying playing with how people perceive Faith, but also yeah. the glee of the punishment she wants to see Buffy get from in faith's body in prison uh-huh, like uh-huh. she's like teasing like prison sexual assault well and then like uh, when when joyce comes over and gives her a hug though she kind of like kind of freaks out and like withdraws and joyce is like what's wrong she's like oh nothing i'm sore you know but like it's like faith does not know how to handle kind of intimacy like like actual care from someone else yeah yeah um also in the bathtub scene i'm not gonna necessarily call this revolutionary but Put it this way, you don't really ever see toilets on TV. Not often, sure. There's an actual just toilet sitting there. Uh-huh. Um, like I don't think in Restless we even really see the 
toilet and I think we Xander do. lifts it? Okay. I think we do. Um, there's Xander using that dick when he pees. Um, man, I gotta stop this joke. Uh, no, just run into the ground. <laughs> it gets less funny and less funny, but then at a certain point, it'll you know it becomes like a bit. Yeah, that's how it works. Um, so like I said, the, the, I love the sequence of her just like looking in the mirror and, and playing with that. Um, Meanwhile, Faith's getting held down and drugged by doctors, and she's trying to explain what's going on, but that's not happening. And then, like, cut to the uh, the inside of the genie bottle here mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. Tara's dorm room. She's just like doing some some tarot cards. Yeah. Um, you know, Willow's like says that she's worried that Faith will go after people she cares about. And Tara kind of turns it back on her, like, well, she won't come after me because like nobody knows about me whatsoever. Like you're keeping me like a secret. Willow's like, well, I'd like to have something, you know, that's just all mine. So she goes to call Giles and Tara's just like, I am, you know, yours. Is this There's a dorm? This in- is a dorm, right? Yes, I just yes. think it would take forever to move. Like at the end of the year, she's got so much just little knickknacks and like, you know, figurines and like weird like, stuff on the walls and shelves. Well, and I, I can't tell if she's painted the walls or if she's just hanging like velvet drapes over everything. Um, like where there's windows. Yeah. Uh, also, the size of this thing, she's clearly not anybody's RA. No, that is a queen size bed at least. Yeah, that is that is not a twin like you'd find in uh, most college dorm rooms. Uh, but yeah, these two are <laughs> what clearly. If, what if Tara was someone's Arya the whole time? She just didn't mention it. She's just like using magic to like deal with their issues. Yeah, but yeah, these two are clearly in lesbians of each other. Um, Buffy's room. She's like trying on leather pants and like a black top outfit, and like Buffy's impressed. Um, she finds Buffy's passport. She starts using Joyce's credit cards to book some flights and steals cash from Joyce's purse. Well, even just like the style of hair that she does as Buffy, it's like a little more like frizzy and wavy. Yeah. It's like she's trying to look a little trashy. Yeah. Um, and so like Giles is called and like wants Buffy to meet them there. And she's just because her flights are like 10 a.m. the next day. And she's like, yeah, what the hell? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> so like so- sedated. Huh. I was just say, yeah, the Wetworks team uh, crashes. Uh, they have like this giant weird car. It's like armored car thing they use to uh, yeah. cut off the Sunnydale police that Buffy's in the back of. What did that cost? Yeah. That's got to cost more than the helicopter. I don't know. I mean, a helicopter, that seems like a lot. Like just the, you know, the jet fuel or whatever is like, that's a lot of money. Mm. I did the. The budget on this show fascinates me because it's yeah. probably less. Well, it is. I'm pretty like sure it's the same helicopter in the Angel episode, so maybe they got a deal. We've got this for one week. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like, like I said, like our, our favorite teen murder show, where people mostly just sit around talking, cost more than what they're pulling off in episodes of Buffy, where there's like eight stunt people and cars <laughs> crashing into each other and CGI and like rubber, whatever the fuck Adam's supposed to be. Ugh. Um, so after commercial Buffy shows with Giles's place and Xander, Willow, Giles and Anya there. Giles Buffy looks like to... he's like mixing himself a margarita in the background or something. <laughs> Do you remember? I know you and I always joke and laugh about this in quantum of solace when, uh, what's his name's like shirt just gets more and more buttoned. As he gets more drunk, oh, Felix, Felix Leiter. Leiter. Yeah, yeah. Over the course of the movie, fuck I yeah, feel like that's... man. Jeffrey Wright is Felix Leiter. He's just like, 
I'm so fucking like burnt on my job. Uh, I'm just unbuttoning like the top four buttons of my shirt. And I'm going to drink this Corona and I don't give a fuck anymore. But picture like Giles is making himself a margarita. It's like by the end of it, like Giles is like drinking straight from the picture. Yeah. <laughs> and he's now in like a tank top. Yeah. Just a robe, nothing underneath. It's open, full butcher <laughs> shop. Yeah. Um, so like Buffy has to cover the fact that she has no idea who Anya is. <laughs> and like she kind of is like oh handled faith you know and then like she goes and she's like all right guess we're not in any danger anymore they're like uh adam it's just like he's like right right so of course ani knows what wet works means and xander doesn't come on xander where's your soldier training for that big dork yeah yeah um so giles like the watcher counselor chibu team will probably take her back to england and buffy has a good laugh about that well, she says it's, oh, poetic justice. And Anya's like, how is that poetic justice? Which I like that because Anya, the, the literal one, is like, I feel like it's an innocent question from Anya. She's like, what does that mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, so Willow's like talking about how much she dislikes Faith. Like, honestly, like, I like to have an hour alone of her. So Buffy imagines like stabbing Willow in the stomach. Oh, um, the, the, the way she's like, oh, you really don't like her, do you? Yeah. I'd never let her hurt you. I do wonder, just watching this now, like, apparently, supposedly, SMG and Allison Hannigan didn't get along very well. So I wonder what this scene was like for them to film. You know, I've heard that, but I've also heard in interviews, but like, the time that, like, SMG had her wisdom teeth taken out, and Allison Hannigan was the one that, like, drove her to and picked yeah. up the, the dentist. It could have just been one of those things where just, like, not shooting scenes, they were fine, but just, you know, it's like well, doing the work, you know, like... I can so see the, how they like rub each other the wrong way, like, but it's not like a personal thing. The myth and the legend of like the intellectual artsy fartsy salon of uh-huh. Joss Whedon <laughs> yeah. was that the actors would come over on the weekends and to they would read just read out, yeah. yeah, read out Shakespeare. And it's like, meanwhile, SMG is in like almost every scene of the show, working more than anyone. Uh-huh. I can imagine where she's like, I'd like two days just to, you know. <laughs> Lay in bed and take a shit with yeah. the door open. It's not personal, but like I need, I need my own space. Yeah, yeah. Um, I could, I could totally get that. Um, plus, you know, the no doubt thing where it's uh, some of the actors are probably like, there is some issue. It's like, why are you always on the magazine covers? Uh-huh. It's like, well, I'm, I'm the title character. Who the fuck are you? Um, meanwhile, under Xander and Anya, Xander's like, we kind of have a romantic evening planned, and Anya's like, we were going to like a bunch of candles and have sex near them. Hot. Fake Buffy's like, oh, we certainly want to, wouldn't want to cut in that seven minutes. And Anya's like, hey. And Xander's like, I believe that's my hey. Hey. Well, Faith would know, right? Right. Well, that, that changes that scene, right? Later, she's like, thanks. That was a great seven minutes. I got a shower. <laughs> I got to take something that I plug into a wall into the shower with me. So um, Buffy says she's going to go patrol. And then it's like cut to her. At the bronze, getting down. Yeah. At one yeah. point, she's dancing with a girl here. Like, I really feel like this was uh, just an unexplored uh, thing that the show never really got into his face. Seeming at least subtextual bisexuality here. Also, is Faith and or Buffy in either one of those bodies going to dance like this? So, like, pop punk? I don't know. I mean, it's it's a callback to Bad Girl, so I guess it, it makes sense. I'm just saying the music seems all wrong to me. Um, but I, I 
they ruin it because I started to write in my notes here. I love that they, as college kids, now mostly avoid the town's all ages club. Nope, not nope. so much. It almost it's it's like a it's like a comfort blanket or something for the writers. You know, they're like, oh, let's just go back to the bronze. Yeah. So she runs in the spike, and she, she he's like, "Are you here to give me a hard time?" And she's like, "Do I usually give you a hard time?" <laughs> Because she doesn't even know it's Spike. Yeah, William the Bloody with a chip in his head. love the way she yeah. says that. And uh, obviously the uh, dialogue I delivered there earlier. We don't need to go over all that again. Are you sure you except, don't want to? Except to say that Spike, uh, he's he's angry coming. <laughs> he's like, you know why I really hate you, Summers? Because I'm a stuck-up tight ass with no sense of fun. Well, yeah, that covers a lot of it. <laughs> yes. Um, I love even in my notes here. I'm just looking down right now. It says Tara's pad is legit. So as they leave, as she leaves the scene, like the Cure song, which I think is probably from Blood Flowers, starts to like play. And it's like, first of all, I can't believe you could afford that. But like, like, man, remember the Cure? I feel like you never hear about them anymore. Well, how? Let's look this up. How old do you think Robert Smith is? Oh gosh, uh, I'm gonna guess like 58. I'm probably lowballing it. Oh, Wikipedia is like, here's 17 yeah. different people. Jesus Christ, it's not even going to give me. You got to do like Robert Smith, The Cure. Yeah, I do. There's 29 people. Sixty-one. 61. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, well, that's close. The, the, the problem with the, I don't know, the spell is slightly broken. Because I, I, I love The Cure. The, the look doesn't really matter to me i don't really care for that um do you ever hear of a movie called this must be the place nope sean penn plays like a robert smith-esque character with the with the whole look yeah and it's like oh well sean as as usual sean penn has ruined it for me i I think the cure is probably one of those bands for me where like i don't really need to know a whole lot about the band i just like the music yeah you know yeah Yeah. i'm sure there's some people who are really into robert smith and like could kind of go into all the the trivia and whatnot, that's fine for them, but I just like some of their songs. Yeah, anyway, I think Blood Flowers is probably the album around this time. Um, I'm still shocked that there was like not a Cure song in PLL, but a cover of a Cure song played over Allison's Trial. Uh-huh. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyways, like Spike is in such a tizzy that he like storms out. He like pushes a guy out of his way. He instantly has a headache. <laughs> so meanwhile, Adam runs into a bunch of vampires who live in the sewers. One of these vampires has a flannel vest on. Um, Adam is shirtless. I just want to point out he's covered in like open wounds and shit. Is the sewer the place to be? Like, even as a cyborg demon hybrid, can't he get infections in uh, his like parts? I hate, I hate everything about Adam. He's so boring. Yeah. And now he's like uh, here to bore the shit out of these fucking vampires. Pity these motherfuckers. Explain to me how they're like immediately under his spell. Somehow, like he, he's even doing it to like Spike later in the season, or yeah. like he like recruits Spike, and it just you just don't buy it. He's so bland. I the, feel like the, you would just say whatever you need to get out of the room with this guy, and be like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna avoid Sunnydale for a while." Like the power of his oration, yeah. Break. Um. So Faith wakes up in chains with the Watchers' wet work skies, and they're like, "Congrats on your body swap excuse. We've never heard that before." Um, and the one guy's just like the Watchers Council used to mean something, and he calls her trash. It's on, on her. her, yeah, motherfucker. Yeah, she should have murdered you. Uh, I still, it's like I almost like 
take her back to England. Let her like take over this operation from the inside. What the fuck do you guys do besides like sit around and paddle each other in England? Completely fucking worthless. Yeah. Um, so Willow takes Terra to the bronze. It's the coolest place in Sunnydale, she says. That somehow um, uh, Terra just never went to, even though she seemingly also lived in Sunnydale. I guess, or I don't know. Well, I think she's from somewhere else. Maybe, maybe it's one? just that she hasn't gone there since she started going to college or something. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, suddenly she notices Buffy. Oh, she's over there chanting chug, chug, chug at some guy. <laughs> just a reminder that Faith's a huge nerd. Yeah. God, just the biggest dork in the world. Yeah. So Buffy meets Tara, and I love that she's just like, so we've never met? Whew. <laughs> <laughs> so then, Willow goes to get them drinks, like Cokes. Oh, like the the way S and G is playing Faith here, she like sits down, just like throws her legs up into the air and like slaps them on the table, doing like the biggest like widespread ever, like man yeah. spread there, yeah. Um, and she's just like watching Tara watch Buffy or watch Willow, and she's like, "So Willow's not driving stick anymore. Who'd have thought?" And yeah. Tara is like, I, "I don't know. You really feel bad for the way she's reacting here because she she knows what Buffy means, and it's like." It's not really a polite, you know, it's like not something no, it's super friendly. Crude. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she has a great line like, you, I guess you never really know somebody until you've been inside their skin, which I would argue, though, the only thing is it's not like Faith gets closer to Buffy through this experience. Do you know what I mean? Like she just knows what I she's mean, missing. Maybe she understands. A, she might understand Buffy a little bit more, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, Buffy teases her about like Willow and Oz. They used to be so in love. Um, and Tara's trying to say something about Oz being a werewolf, but she has a speech impediment, which Buffy makes fun of, which is like fucked up. Um, yeah, so uh, well, it, which points- is why it totally adds up later when Tara's just like, she's kind of mean. <laughs> yeah. Willow points out there's like a dude leaving a girl who's like clearly a vampire. And Buffy's just like, oh, yeah, totally obvious. Call oh, it. wait, that's my job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she goes and just like grabs a pool cue. Like falls this guy into like a storage room or something and like stakes him. Stakes him immediately, and then the the girl who she's saved is like super thankful and like holding her hand, and it, like you can tell it just freaks the shit out of Faith because she's not used to being a hero. She's not used to that sort of reaction. Well, and it's it's the exact opposite of um, you know previous headcanon movie Batman Returns when Catwoman is just like, why do you have to make it so easy for them? Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think you like. I think this is probably why, at least partly why she goes back uh, when she's at the airport. It's like she still has that desire inside to actually be the hero, to be the good guy. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's and it's not just like she's looking for the adoration. I think I think she goes to the church because it is her duty. Um, yeah. So Buffy goes back out to the bronze and was just like, yeah, Tara's not feeling too well. Suddenly I need to take her home. It's almost it's- as if someone said something super shitty to her. Yeah, pretty um, much. So Willow's like, "Are you going to be in later? Are you going to go to Riley's?" And and Faith and Buffy skin is like, "Nice." Uh, so the Watchers, Wetworks dudes, uh, Buffy. It's like takes this dude hostage. Uh, Faith is Buffy. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's the other guy's just like before we ever leave on a job, we put our affairs in order. Like every Sorry, single Smithy. time. Yeah. And she just like throws him out eventually. You just see him like fly out of the truck in the background. <laughs> um, so then Riley's place, he's studying again. How much does studying eat into his being a military guy? Seriously. Um, 
So here he goes and turns around. There's there's you know Buffy leaning against the wall, and she's like, "Hi, baby." Um, and then cut back to Willow and Tara, and, and Tara's just like, "Yeah, that's not your friend." And Willow's just like, "Oh, I may have you know overestimated that you're not liking her factor or something." Um, yeah, but she's uh, like her her energy's all fucked up. It's fragmented. Also, she's mean. And Willow's like, "You didn't like uh, like like suspecting like hyena energy, did you?" Because you know, again, Xander really fucking traumatized everyone at that hyena shit way back when. I have not seen that episode in forever. It's it's fucked up. It's like it's I can't believe we glossed over it. Like when we first all first watched that show, it's, he's also, just being he, like a huge dick to everyone, right? Well, it's it's bad. It's yeah. it's like the it's like the tip of the spear of a lot of Xander complaints later. Also, uh-huh. they eat they eat a guy. Nice. Um. Yeah. So Tara's going to send Willow to the astral plane for I don't know answers and be her anchor. I mean, this is real couple bonding shit. This They're is just like, like a, let's, let's just do the most sexual spell we can find. Yeah. This is like a good third date, right? Sure. I mean, it seems like it's probably more than a third date at this point, but uh, well, because I mean, they've been hanging out together for what, like six episodes now. I uh, you know hey maybe I rush things. I don't know. Okay. Um, yeah, so Buffy goes and like straddles Riley's lap, and he's like oh. talking about Faith and how much he's hoping to meet her. As like Buffy's like writhing on him. And Buffy says, "Oh, you wouldn't have liked Faith. She's not proper and joyless like a good girl should be." Just a tendency to give into her animal instincts, and he's just they start to initiate, and he's like, "Uh, the door's open," and this Buffy is into it. <laughs> He's like, I don't want all my frat dudes watching. It's like, don't worry. They all are downstairs in the initiative on the hidden cameras. Yeah, yeah. yeah you don't need to worry so, about that. I think the most damning thing here is that he goes and shuts the door. On the back of the door, there's a Nerf hoop and a poster that just shows different kinds of balls. <laughs> it says balls, yeah. That's, uh, I don't know. I feel like it's, that's right for his dorm room. We see this poster a lot in the other episodes. I'm, I'm just saying, don't sleep with this guy. <laughs> This is the well, John Waters quote about if you go back to somebody's place and they have a poster that says balls on it, don't sleep with them. I mean, I feel like we should point out that this is she's basically raping Riley here. Yep, he's not yep. consenting to having sex with Faith. He's consenting to having sex with Buffy. Well, and, and his his reaction to it at the end is... Well, because it's more about Buffy's reaction than his. Like, the, the yeah. way it, it's treated at the end is more like he's like, oh shit, I didn't know. And not like, oh my god, that's horrible! What this person did to me. No, yeah, I mean that's the thing is is that it's it should be more her reaction. She's the star of the show, yeah, and he sucks. But yeah, he's just like not at all like, oh, I was taken advantage of. He's more like, no, I slept with you. It, and, and it's she, basically like like a defense, like no, I didn't cheat on you. Basically, is kind of how it's yeah, yeah. He's more worried that he's in trouble. Yeah, which to a certain degree, I can understand her initial very human reaction of like how did how you, did you how not, did you not know tell? yeah yeah but like i feel like it's like riley at some point you're going to realize that something was done to you i don't i don't know how this relationship continues after this this would have been a great place to break them up and slowly write riley out of the show but alas. there's a lot of like i don't know how this relationship continues after this yeah these two but yeah so um he's healing and buffy starts crawling on all fours in the bed and she's just like how do you want me? Dirty. Like, Damn. Yeah. And he, and then she's Joss, like, come on, Joss. Tone it down she's like, what do you want to do with this body? Am I a bad girl? Do you want to hurt me? And Riley's like, actually, ma'am, I'd like it as vanilla as fuck. <laughs> I was just thinking regular missionary. If I please. mean, like, 
they're so close to having Sarah Michelle Gellar say, uh, "You can put it you anywhere can you want." Stick it anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's really it almost feels like a callback to that, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, basically, we're saying that while she is like sexually assaulting Riley here, like it's going to force Faith to experience real intimacy with this goober. Yeah, when he says "I love you" later to her, and it, just another almost panic attack from her. She's got to get away from there. Well, not just that, but he's like Riley's like. I need like a lot of eye contact, like like almost too much eye contact. <laughs> <laughs> so Willow and Tyra start doing. Meanwhile, let's get the real sex. <laughs> meanwhile, it's a spell that involves like uh, I think it's got like thumb to forehead, then lips, and then breastbone. Are you okay over there? Just breathing. I mean, that's just it's it's just like what you hear on the soundtrack okay. is like so much heavy breath work. Well, they're drawing a little circle around themselves. Willow, like, collapses and arches her back. She straight up comes. Yeah. Well, so it should be said, to put this in the proper context, at the time, this was, like, a big deal that there was going to be a lesbian character. And I think you all kind of knew it was where it was going by now, but it wasn't, like, official yet. Uh uh Um, Because, like, it was 2000, I guess. Like, yeah how many gay characters were there on TV that weren't like, like most of the gay characters you'd see on TV in like the nineties, it would be like uh, on a hospital show, they'd be like an AIDS patient. And then they yeah, die yeah. at the end of the episode. Like yeah. regular, like recurring gay character. I'm sure there were some before this, but not many. I'm not even sure if maybe Ellen had come out on her show by now. Maybe. Yeah, I think so. I think Ellen had come yeah. out, um, but that's about it really. Like, he just well, and, it was not something you got on TV very much at all, yeah. And years later, like a few years later, we would still have like and, and Tara's a, a real human being who also happens to be like Willow's girlfriend. Uh-huh. A few years later, you would have like, let's have Olivia Wilde show up for two episodes and be like a sweeps lesbian with Marissa. Sure, sure, yeah. Um, but I mean it's like as much trailblazing as they did, I think, in positive representation with like Willow and Tara, they also Lay the groundwork for all the terrible tropes, too. Oh, yeah, they were strong participants and, yeah, barrier gaze and a lot of other stuff. I mean, uh, what is what is the first barrier gaze if it's not Tara? I mean, I, 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 I'm I not recalling it off the top of my head. I, mean, I think there was just a lot of, like, a, a gay character in a single episode type stuff where they die at the end of the, the episode. Like like a lot of, like, a, and the band played on kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm trying to remember, like, if there were any other major gay characters I can recall from that time. I mean, things, even, did, things changed very quickly, like from 2000 to 2010. Like, there's a lot of progress made, but it's a much different time back in 2000. Like, they, you don't even see them kiss this season at all. No. Like, even no. in Restless, it cuts away and it's just like lift noises. Brilliantly, it cuts away. I don't know if I call it brilliantly, but. Well, because it's considering whose dream it is. It's sure. And like, yeah. The, the context of it, but like. You know, uh, in that other podcast that we do that people might see on uh, that one show, um, and we cover shadow play, and it's like they weren't even allowed to do a black and white, mostly bathed in shadow, like like uh, two women kissing in front of a window scene for very long. Uh-huh. Yeah, but here, I mean, this is way more sexual. It, but it's it's a lot of metaphor, you know. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, we all have to work in subtext because. We like. I'm pretty sure that you that uh, was a UPN. 
Was that, was that what the show was on first? Uh, or is no, it this WB is still first? this is still WB. This is, I, I UPN think, is is yeah, UPN's where they go to. I don't think WB would let them at this point have two female characters kiss like that. No, I mean considering never Buffy, but eventually Angel would follow Seventh Heaven. That's right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Which, just a reminder, that guy's a child molester. <laughs> I don't know why I said that so victoriously. But he's a child monster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but also, this is kind of also the start of like the the magic metaphor. Like Willow's kind of fucking on drugs here. Uh, a little bit, and not. I, I wouldn't say so much just yet. It's more not like yet, magic as a, an experience. Yeah, which I'm partially bringing up because I watched a little bit of Basic Instinct a while back, which again, super problematic. Um, but uh, I just remember Sharon Stone's line of "You ever fuck on cocaine, Nick?" <laughs> Anyway, back to like unsexy things. Riley's room in the dark. He's in there going slow, lots of eye contact, telling her that he loves her. And she's just like, get the fuck off me. Who are you? What do you want from her? What do you want from her? I love that. But I mean, it's also buried in there is like genuine concern for Buffy on Faith's part. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think she's feeling protective of Buffy, even as she's, you know, violating a lot of Buffy's life here. Yeah. Um, yeah, the idea of like, what do you want from her? Like, who the fuck are you? You're not Angel. Like, how are you saying that you love her already? Yeah, yeah. So she's like shaking, like she's really gone too far. Uh, he's like holding her, and it's played, you know, like this would be a tricky situation where you have to fill out the person, like, do you want to be held and be comforted? You know, do you yeah. literally not want to be touched? You know, and they don't play him in the wrong per se there. Uh, meanwhile, Adam is monologuing Adam is blah, 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 blah. vampire. These poor fucking um, vampires are like, oh, my God, just throw me out in the sunlight now. Kill me. He's like, I have a gift to extinguish life wherever it exists. Also, he puts a lot of product in his hair. And you're telling me this guy's a zombie or like a that's, that's cyborg gift. demon hybrid? Yeah. It's a lot of some I LA looks. Yeah, I was sad. I didn't even know what hair products <laughs> at the time were. I almost said something axe. LA looks gel. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's like pink. uh, Yeah. Good times. Good times. Uh, Riley's room, uh, fake Buffy wakes up next morning where like Riley's like sleeping. She like puts his button up shirt over her leather pants. (laughs) Classic look. This is when she goes downstairs around the forest. And he's just like, I feel like he's just been waiting. He's been waiting. Give her shit. Yeah. Also, is this imply that like, did he see her walk in last night and be like, oh, they're going to fuck? Or was he just like hearing it? Well, he's just like, hope you left him alive. Boy's supposed to be on the men. I don't see you letting him get much rest. Yeah. It's like, uh, maybe you should stay out of other people's eyes, ass. Yeah. He calls her a killer. And I love this is just uh, like when he's just like, do you even care what I think? And she's like, wait, yeah, no, I don't. Fuck you. <laughs> and she storms out. And he gives her this dismissive look up and down like, yeah, got her. <laughs> Nailed her. Yeah. <laughs> Sent her ass running. Yeah. Um, so the Watchers Wetworks guys, like leader gets off the phone. I mean, there's this whole thing. I don't understand this. Like, can the Watchers Council book us passage? Yeah, they like, can't what? get us passage. So they've ordered the kill. Sure. Wait, wait pass it to where? Just hook up and catch a flight of Olivia. <laughs> yeah. Also, it looks like they've been playing some poker there. It was like a deck of playing cards. Out on the table. Nice, nice. But they've been playing my British poker rules. Sure. I know, I know what that means, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> so the dude goes in to shoot Buffy. Like she like she manages to like knock him out and like steal the truck. Um she crashes it to like the the 
door of the factory that they're held up in. Yeah, you really think you're going to keep Buffy prisoner in England? Sure. Yeah. You think you're going to get her to England? Yeah. Um, So after the commercial, like, you know, like, like Buffy's at the airport. Fake Interesting Buffy's, that Buffy she's going to town. San Francisco of all places. Huh? Yeah. I feel like you would have been better off renting a car and driving there, but I don't know. Well, do we even know? Can Faith drive? Can Buffy drive? Uh, I mean, not too well. No. Um, Buffy. I'm, I'm not even sure she has a license, but she's not an experienced driver. Um, it, it's been another say, episode this season. I want to say season five is the start of, Whenever Riley's driving her somewhere, she's like, like, can you go any faster? Can you go any faster? <laughs> is this the top speed of your vehicle? Um, so Giles' place, you know, what appears to be Faith shows up. And it's the scene where she's just like, it's me. I'm Buffy. Stop inching. You're you inching. were inching. Yeah. Uh, he's like, well, if you're really Buffy, you'll let me tie you up. And then she's like, we don't have time for bondage fun. Which I don't know if that's actually a Buffy line. I don't know. You mean like um, Buffy wouldn't say that? I don't know. Yeah, it does feel a little more faithish. That's true. But then uh, I love this. The uh, well, tell me who's president, and she's like, "We're checking for Buffy, not concussion." <laughs> you turned into a demon. And I knew it was you. I mean, can't you just look into my eyes and be all intuitive? What's a stevedore? Um, so this is when like Will and Tara come running in. Of course, they've uh, they've deduced this like much quicker. We don't know like really what the fuck they were doing with their sex ritual. Like, well, like they going were... to the other side for answers. Yeah, something about her aura, whatever, you know. Yeah, but they've conjured up this thing. The chakra, homemade chakra. Yeah, so I kind of like this, like, sudden lack of Xander in this episode from this point on. It's funny. Where like, I got a phone call from Xander to turn on the news. <laughs> so, like, a bunch of vampires are, like, taking people hostage in a church during the day. Why? Because uh, this is what he fears most. The Lord? Where is he? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Also, so Riley got like an incredible like like um, like bound, round of sex. Uh, he's got to go to Woke church up. now. Yeah, he's like, oh, I gotta go pray this away. The worst. Yeah. <laughs> so this vampire's you know taking a bunch of people hostage. He's monologuing indoors about uh, fear, and if the Lord doesn't show up, I'm gonna start killing people. Mm. Oh, fake Buffy has seen the news report at the airport as well. Uh huh. Um. So outside the outside the cops like defer command to Riley who's in a suit. Why is he here? Because he was here for church. Oh, I hate this guy so much. It's like forty something year old cop is like, okay, uh, sure, you fucking twenty two year old, you can take over. Yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, you know, Buffy shows up and she has to go in and fight this. She's like, I'm Buffy. I have to do this. Um, and I love that he's just like, I'm gonna go in and help you. So she like flicks his wound. She pokes him, him and she's like, I can't use you. Just like the real Buffy did. asshole, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then like you said, this is the, uh, you're not going to kill these people. And why not? Because it's wrong. And so, she makes pretty quick work of these dudes. But then like when the one guy kind of somewhat has a drop on her and then he gets staked from behind because it's Faith, a.k.a. the real Buffy has shown up. Oh, the Scooby gang has shown up in their stolen yeah. watchers truck. Child's a big distraction thing. Um, there's a flub here where like... Uh, um, you can clearly hear Willow saying something, but like they're using a shot where Allison Hannigan's mouth is not moving. Sure, sure, yeah. But yeah, the Giles is like, damn it, man. Our families are in there and babies, tiny babies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, yeah. So like you said, um, oh, I love the bit where she stakes the vampire and then like flips him. There's like a spiral. Yeah. Dusting. She like throws him and he like dusts as he's getting thrown. It's pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. One of them tries uh, to run outside and uh, Riley like grabs his blanket and then he like falls into the sunlight and whoosh. Yeah. So Faith runs into Riley, who, of course, you know, doesn't recognize her. Um, yada, yada. I love just the look between Buffy and Faith here when uh, she stakes the dude and, like, appears, you know, behind mm-hmm. the dust there and just them looking at each other. Buffy, as Faith, is pissed. And Faith looks shocked and I don't even know how you would describe this emotion. Like Upset with herself. Upset with herself, but I don't know, almost, like, overwhelmed. Like, she's like clearly talking to herself like you're nothing you're disgusting yeah yeah the, this fight here like as as they start fighting yeah it's like you're nothing you're disgusting um and you get more of that in the angel episode as well mm. um so like yeah you know fake faith is able to like force the body swap or, or or buffy is and then like faith horrified of being back in her own body just like goes running off and buffy lets her go yeah. So in Riley's room later, like he's like Buffy's on the phone on Riley's bed. We get word that Faith's gone. So are the Watcher Council guys. Um, and Riley's just like, shucks, ma'am. I just can't believe that I didn't pick up on this. And she's like, son of a bitch, you slept with her. He's like, oh, I slept with you. And she's just like, uh, <laughs> she's like, I yeah. need a moment. Yeah. She's like, I don't think she's coming back. And he says, I guess she's had her fun. Buffy's like, yeah fun which is nice little dissolve or like buffy and faith are like on the same screen uh-huh. for a moment and like faith's in the back of like a train cargo car like an animal car or something yeah it's like a box car or something like that i mean san francisco would have like presumably you could book passage on a boat i would think Maybe you could do that of la too i don't know you could do that out of sunnydale too apparently we've realized yeah yeah sunnydale has a harbor yeah <laughs> i mean what is sunnydale so, supposed to be like santa barbara basically i think so I mean, I know UC Sunnydale is, um, I think, somewhat filmed in UC Santa Barbara. But it's kind of a mixture of UC Santa Barbara and UC Santa Cruz because all the names that they give for dorms are UC Santa Cruz names. Like Porter and everything. Porter, and uh, I think they mentioned, like, Kresge at one point. Yeah. Stevenson. Uh, is Santa Barbara the town you went to that one time for that thing? With the, you know, uh, no, that's uh, San Luis Obispo, oh, yeah. which is a landlocked town. There's no port there. SLO. Yeah. Slow. Oh, uh, yeah. So obviously, Faith's going to LA because she's going to go to Angel for two episodes. She's I gonna... like that it's not resolved quickly. Good yeah, way she's... to use a spinoff. She's going to go to Angel. Um, although I think, like, technically, it was like a week later on Angel that she shows up or something like that. Um, Interesting. Like, the, the timeline's a little weird because Buffy gets back from LA in the Yoko Factor, I think. Okay. Like so, it's like it's a little weird, like timeline wise. But um, so Faith goes to L.A. and she like shows up and like beats a dude up immediately and like takes his wallet and keys and it's like crashing at his pad and like is basically just going wild all over L.A. Like there's this pretty cool sequence where she's at a club and like mm-hmm. she like basically like just starts dancing to some dude with his girlfriend right there and then the girlfriend gets mad. She just like punches the girl out and then like nice. she's like starting all these fights around her and she's like dancing through it. And just, yeah. like, getting her boogie on the whole time. It's, like, there's, like, these bar fights happening all around her. It's a pretty cool scene. Get that boogie on. Nice. Um, so, eventually, Wolfram and Hart figure out that she is in town. And they hire 
they they like go recruit her and are like, oh, we want you to kill Angel because he just like messed up one of their cases because he like talked a witness into testifying or something. Um, and so she goes and first she just like fires an arrow at Angel just to like, I don't know, tweak him or whatever and then runs away because it's daylight. Um, eventually they fight. I'm trying to remember. So I, th- I think it's all in that first episode. Like, yeah, I think because the second one is all like kind of like redemption arc type stuff. So in the first episode, uh, she like it's like the angel won't get in the game. And so she goes to Cordy's place and like Cordelia and Wesley are coming to home there mm-hmm. like to get something. And like she like punches it. She like elbows Cordy in the face and then like kidnaps Wesley and like tortures the shit out of him for a while. Eventually Angel shows up, they fight and it it ends with her just like begging Angel to kill her as as they're fighting, you know, she's like I'm a monster, like kill me basically. Mm-hmm. Um but instead he just kind of lets her break down and gives her a hug. And then and eventually she goes to jail. She turns so in the, in. in the following episode Sanctuary, that the first episode is called 5 by 5. In Sanctuary it's like she but Angel has taken her, like put her in his bedroom you know like you know basically like try to you know heal up gather your yourself you know after all that emotional shit um and cordy and wesley are both like fuck this like why are we helping this person out she just tortured wesley cordy just pieces out for the rest of the episode and then like the the same crew the wetworks crew from uh who are you here shows up uh, and they like try to recruit wesley uh to help the uh kidnap faith again and eventually they like they're like on a roof fighting and like the wetworks team is like in a helicopter with a machine gun, like trying mm-hmm. to shoot them. Uh, Buffy eventually shows up cause she heard faith was there. And so it's like, it ends with like a really like, like faith, faith turns herself in. And then like at the police station, angel like just rips Buffy a new one. It's basically like, get the fuck out of my town. You don't know what you're doing here. Like go back to Sunnydale. Like it's pretty brutal and like not in like the, it, the show kind of doesn't make it like angels being a dick so much as like Buffy had it coming type of thing, you know, because mm-hmm. it's angel show, I guess. I don't know. So, which is why angel that will then show up and like s two E 20 or S four E 20 or S four 21, something like that to like apologize to Buffy. And that's when uh, you got your favorite moment there that you actually sleep with this guy. <laughs> so anyway, that is a crossover business. It's uh, I mean, it's a pretty good, start of redemption arc for faith she's going to go to prison and come back a few years later it's like the the wesley thing in the second one though it's like played as oh wesley might betray angel but actually he's gonna like side of angel yeah and he's just like oh you've got 20 minutes before they show up you know i couldn't ditch them so i had to come straight here or something like that yeah Mm -hmm. i mean I, i i liked for the most part how they utilized the the crossover aspects like sometimes well, they were kind of casual sometimes they weren't they were pretty fortunate to have um wesley there as a character because then you can be like he was the one who tried to have the watchers kidnap her the first time right and right. take her into custody like he and angel was you know trying to redeem until wesley ruined it by showing up back in season three well and and you can make the argument that it's not like faith just captured doyle to torture him yeah it's like in a, in a way wesley kind of solidified a certain aspect putting her on this path uh-huh. yeah yeah you he know? he ruined the intervention the angel was trying to do there angel's trying to like you know g- 
get her back to the good side and he completely ruined it. Yeah. Um, Cause I mean like later on you'd get the like off screen crossovers where it's like, Oh, Buffy and Angel just like they're off somewhere talking. Yeah. Um, or like Willow would just show up at the end of like the Asian season two finale with like some news. <laughs> yeah. All uh, right. Anyway, let's get to restless. I've got five once again. All right. We're off to see the wizard here. Uh, this is a May episode written directed by Joss Whedon. I have eight. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Well, um, this so, is absolutely one of these episodes where like pretty much every scene I could have put as a moment, you know, let me ask you a question. Whose dream sequence do you like the most? That's a good question. Um, gosh, man, that's a really hard question. Not Buffy's. I know that for sure. Not mm. Buffy's. Um, it's really hard for me to pick between the other three. Yeah. Maybe Xander's, but also maybe Will's. I God, I can't pick because I like I I have very strong things for each of them. Maybe maybe Willow's slightly edges out the rest of them. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Uh, so number eight moment is um the end. Buffy goes oh, upstairs to shower. Real quick, what did you pick? You know, it's funny. Last night I would have told you Giles. Okay, but as I'm thinking about it, while there are aspects that I like and dislike about Xander and Willows, like the way that navigates the characters. Uh-huh. I really enjoy like the, the, the device of Xander ending up back in the basement. There's a little really more strong deep to character than Giles is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then Giles has his, his song. Has anyway. Song, so yeah. um, number eight's the ending where Buffy goes upstairs to shower and she stops by the open door to her room and she stares at the bed and she hears Tara's voice over again. Like you think, you know, what's to come, what you are, you need the gun. Number seven, I'm a basic bitch. Anything with the cheese, man. <laughs> Fucking cheese man. I love the cheese man. I have my theory what the cheese man means, if anything. But anyway, doesn't mean, uh, mean like not supposed to mean anything? Is that the point of the cheese man? That's supposedly. Oh, but okay. I mean, I mean, Joss on, Whedon maybe. was like a hidden message about how he's having an affair well, with somebody on the cast. See, this is the thing. I, mean, <laughs> I wish, I wish I could tie it into that. Um, although I did think of a new suspect. Oh, really? We'll have to discuss that later. Yeah, I don't know why I never thought of her before. But anyway, um, um, I don't know. Suspects is the wrong word for that, I guess. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. Um, but uh, I think the thing about dreams, I had a conversation in my office with some of my my office mates about like dreams the other day, and it's always an interesting conversation. I mean, I don't put a lot of stock into it per se, but like it's kind of like you know I've gotten tarot card readings, and it's not like I believe so much in it, but huh. it's like a Rorschach test. It's it's it makes you think it makes you consider parts of your life in a more interesting way. I think dream books are kind of a hoax because like what a bird means yeah, yeah. to you is different than what it means to me. And like, maybe you're embarrassed about going to the bathroom in front of people in your dream. And maybe I'm like, fuck. Yeah. Well, anyway. allow me to zag a little bit because I had a Please. dream recently that kind of stuck yeah. with me. Um, so as you are maybe aware, you can't read inside of dreams. That's right. I learned that from a Batman the Animated Series episode. Yeah. It's a different side of your brain. And so I was having a dream where I realized that I couldn't read, like, somebody's Instagram post. And, I like, it kind of was, like, this, like, half-awake, half-dreaming epiphany. Oh, uh, shit, bro. Did you Inception it? So we're Bong. getting there. We're, we're No, we're, we're seriously Bong. going some Inception territory. I thought, what a great way to pass secure, secure communications. Ooh. If you had something written down in a dream... Nobody else could read it, so you could then hand it off, if you, you know, through the dreamscape to somebody else, Word. and nobody would be able to crack it. 
Word. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. And then you, you know, like a whole Crimson Tide thing where it's like the, the, the dream didn't fully translate the message and we're going to fire our nukes. Anyway, yeah. uh, number six, um, the fact that they're going to watch these movies because they're too wired to sleep after their magic spell. And then we cut to the FBI warning screen and they're passed out. <laughs> passed out. <laughs> All right. Uh, my number okay. five. Yeah. Uh, just watch her spike. Yeah. Oh, and then a oh, watcher scoffs at gravity. It's like a shark, but on land. Uh, my number five is there's a noise behind Xander in the ice cream truck, and there's Willow and Tara dressed sexily, I put in quotes. Dressed like like Xander's idea of two lesbians, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I have or to put their, sexily who exist for his pleasure. Yeah. So they, they partially talk about using their lips. And then there's some real sarcasm that I read into Tara saying, sorry, we just think you're really interesting. <laughs> but uh, I, I in his dream, I think it's brilliant. The fact that they can't show them kissing, but Willow's like, watch this. And they go to make out and the camera cuts away back to Xander watching them for on TV a long time. I'm just not sure I'd call that brilliant, but sure. Well, yeah. I mean, but like psychologically and using the limitations of TV, I, mean, I think that's what's interesting about this dream thing is the way they'll tie certain sets that are right next door to each other in a way where you're like, oh, that's so cool. They went from this location to this location, like in a dream. And it's like, that's also just where the sets are. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so number four, the when Buffy's in the sandbox and then like suddenly she's in the desert. Like I love that that cut there. Yeah, um, and like the the musical score, and then and also Buffy saying to Xander, "I'm way ahead of you, Big Brother." Like mm-hmm. I feel like that's a nice place for Xander to be. Like, hey Xander, you're the Big Brother. Stop lusting after Buffy. He gives her a look too. Like, he, well, he, he repeats it. He's like Big Brother, huh? Like he's just been put in the Big Brother zone. Yeah. Um, which kind of uh, confuses you when you hear little sister elsewhere. Uh-huh. Anyway, uh, number four, in Giles' dream at, on his open mic night. Okay, a man walks in the office of a doctor. He's wearing on his head, um, wait, there's there's a, there's a duck. Is that right? And the guy's like, you suck. And she's like, quiet. You'll miss the humorous conclusion. And Giles is like, she's doing quite well. I almost put that on my list. Like, like I could put so many of these moments on there. Um, God, I love Anya telling her stand-up joke there. Yeah. Uh, let's see, my number three. Giles's speech as a theater director uh, to the the cast while Harmony's like biting and like you know making bite gestures behind him. And if Willow could stop stepping on everyone's cues, <laughs> it's, it's just so hiding. good. Yeah. Well, just the uh, the the items, the props. No props. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my number three moment. I'm not going to tell you what it is. I'm going to just <clears throat> attempt to deliver it. Okay. But what else could I expect from you? A bunch of low-rent, no-account hoodlums like you. Hoodlums, yes. I mean you and your friends, your whole sex. Throw them in the sea for all I care. Throw them in and wait for the bubbles. Men, with your groping and spitting, all groin, no brain. Three billion of you passing around the same worn-out urge. Men, with your sails. God, yes. Just Buffy in the fucking dream play. It's as, so uh, good. As Harmony's crying over the dead body in the background. Yeah. And just like the the angle of it and the way she delivers it, like I just yeah. I don't know. This is occasionally Joss is is very good, and, yeah. and this is one of those times. Yeah, and I, this is one of those moments I think where you can tell Sarah Michelle Gellar is having a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Why have you come to Passing our town? around the same has, worn out urge. Which has no post office and it's very few exports. <laughs> when I was rewatching this and she said that, like, I had forgotten that line. But like, like, it was burned in my memory, but I forgot that she said it in that moment. And so, yeah, like, yeah. as she's saying it, it's just like I'm, like, repeating it. Like, you know, just like by. by oh, a reflex. lot of this episode. Yeah. yeah. I mean. I have probably watched this episode more than so many others of Buffy too. Totally, yeah. Um, so that was my number two, but I'm gonna I'm just gonna like audible here just for fun because I did want to mention this moment. Um, mm. The tracking shot of Xander moving through all the different sets is really cool. Yeah, uh, where it's you know his we end up in his basement, but we're like going all over the place, you know, like into dorm rooms and Giles's apartment, like all the stuff. It's just like really slick i think the closet is where they break it i mean they, they probably cheat there and break it yeah but i think it's it's well done so you can't really tell yeah um my number two is giles a song the singing the answers at the bronze i love that the music picks up with i've got to find buffy yeah that's my number one the exposition song i fucking love that song and just the the moment they're like holding up their lighters and trying not to bleed on my couch i just had it steam clean um but and my number one yeah, <laughs> the feedback. Yeah, my number one is actually um, the part of the exchange with the first Slayer. You know, when Tara's like, "The Slayer does not walk in this world," and she's like, "I walk, I talk, I sheep, I shop, I sneeze. I'm going to be a fireman when the flood rolls back." There's trees in the desert since you moved out, and I don't sleep on a bed of bones. Um, and then just the Slayer's just like, "No friends, just to kill. We are alone." And then the man just scooches in the frame. Wiggling two slices of cheese. Fucking cheese, man. <laughs> I think you know. You talked about the mayor, and it's like you're either you're in, either in the cheese man's camp, or you're wrong. I'm not against the cheese man. It's just it's one of those things that's a little too weedy for me, I guess. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The cheese man. I mean, I think some of the the weedy things don't hold up, and some do. Mm. All right. Well, let's uh, let's dive into this episode. Previously on Buffy. Uh, david fury had seen the matrix <laughs> and wanted to duplicate it like they do this crazy spell where like buffy's like like super cyan buffy like melded with xander and uh, willow and giles and she's like turning bullets into or rockets into uh, uh birds and like controlling adam with telekinesis it's pretty nuts i remember watching that episode the first time being like I don't think this totally holds up, but whatever. It's like, are we getting rid of Adam? Whatever. I don't care. You know, like we're just, we're getting rid of this stupid initiative. I'm not going to complain. So I remember the rumor going in was, um, oh, they're doing something really interesting this season. They're doing the two part finale, but that's 20 and 21. And then 22 is the aftermath episode. Uh And I remember that the immediate rumor was that restless, what would be restless would open up with a funeral. Yeah. No, didn't happen. Nope. nope. Something much more interesting. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. So this could be gangs utilize the power of the Slayer. They split the four. They defeated Adam. It's I believe there's no uh, there's no open to this. It goes straight from the previous to the credits. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we're going to basically we're off to see the wizard because um, it's kind of a Wizard of Oz thing here. But uh, is it a little bit? I don't know if I'd really call this Wizard of Oz ish little bit that you got you got your who's the wizard dog. You, you know there's there's sense of togetherness okay the, the friends we made along the way 
Um, I mean, I just, I guess breaking into quartet in the way that you would break most quartets into certain aspects. You got your cowardly line. You got your. So who's the man. Gryffindor? Buffy, obviously. I don't know. Is there a Gryffindor in Wizard of Oz? I mean, I guess he can make an argument for Xander. Will is a Hufflepuff. Xander's the, uh, is it the Tin Man? Or you, we're talking about different things. Speak up, by the way. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, is that, Xander's the Tin Man. I always love that cartoon of, uh. The, the 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 group of them from the Wizard of Oz have like killed Dorothy and then the one guy's like how do I get her courage <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so Riley's heading off to like it's fucking Riley he's heading off to a de- debrief on what happened at the initiative he's hoping to you get know, an go away discharge. Riley we don't care yeah well everyone's just like fuck yeah Riley yeah everything's gonna be great for Riley yay and like Riley's like finally met Joyce and he leaves and blah 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 they're gonna go watch yeah. movies and eat popcorn yeah, Xander had rented um, uh, what's it Pocalypse called? Now. Uh, Pocalypse Now, which is that's such like a Xander rental of like I'm gonna try to like be intellectual but also like I don't know masculine by watching this war movie. Do you have anything less Heart of Darknessy? Yeah, um, this would have been before the redo version, right? So, yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, so after the credits, you know, they're passed out. Uh, we're still in the living room. We push it on Willow. We're gonna start with Willow. Uh, start of Willow's dream is Willow doing some like pillow book, naked, sexy back calligraphy on Tara. So Tara. I want to say that like this is some very sapphic like poetry that she's painting. I think like I seem to recall somebody like went to the effort of like translating this or figuring out what this is. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, so trying to figure talking out the about Miss Kitty Fantastico. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to find her name. Um, and then this episode would start all the questions about what Tara's secret is. Well, we'd already had the the scene back uh, when they're trying to locate a demon. I can't remember what episode that is, but uh, where she like she hides. She's supposed to do a spell, but instead she like throws a little magic dust like under the table. Mm. Mm, interesting. Uh, oh, because our families. The whole thing is our families always told her that she's a demon just to like subjugate her, right? Yeah, that that's the ultimate reveal is that she thinks she's a demon. Okay. Um, yeah, outside her room, behind, you know, we're going to see a lot of these, like these very Twin Peaks-esque red curtains. There's a desert, and there's something out there, which is going to be the first layer. Then we get a shot that almost made my top moments, because I love this shot of the slow-mo the marching cat. of, of yeah. Miss Kitty Fantasco towards the camera. It's so interesting, like the the boom, boom. Oh, like it's, it's a perfect shot of this little kitty, too. Like also, coming right at the camera. I have spent hours <laughs> trying to recreate this with my cats oh yeah not gonna hours um so in the hallway there's oz and xander like willow's like taking drama um and fucking xander is just like sometimes i think about two women doing a spell and i do a spell by myself and oz looks at him like you pathetic piece of shit <laughs> great buddy great yeah. keep that to yourself is what oz is thinking it almost didn't occur to me at the time like oh wow they, they got oz back they got seth green back for this episode you know like like two scenes, yeah. It's yeah. wild. Um, so Willow ends up backstage as a play. There's like Harmony is like a German milkmaid. <laughs> Buffy is like this like Chicago flapper girl. I love this whole like, she's like, oh my God, the place is packed. Everybody's here. Your whole family's in the front row. And, and they, they look, look really, really angry. angry. <laughs> <laughs> and Riley's just like, I'm cowboy guy, which is how I will always think of him. I mean, I feel like, that, is that a, a metaphor for his character? I really wondered though, like, does he get written out of in season five because they know they have a better storyline of spike 
and because they know that like the fan reaction they, they must have strong they must have known that the fans weren't into him um i mean, I, I do wonder like what did joss think of riley like was he bummed that people didn't like riley like did he like riley a lot like what you know what was he expecting I saw a news article the other day, and I don't know how old it is or what the context was. Oh, is this the James Marsters thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you see this? Yeah, yeah. Something where, like, it was like Joss told James Marsters that he was, like, really mad that people liked the Spike character and that, like, he could, like, kill him off at any time or something like that. Well, and, like, but specifically he's like, I'm not going to make you a love interest. Like, that's that's not what vampires are for in the show. Like, like don't get too comfortable or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like he's... Like, like talking about like Joss is like trying to like physically like threaten him with this power. And it's like, I can't think of like, what is the context here? Was he joking? Oh, I think it, it's like, an old story too. He's told that story for a long time. It's just like okay. come up again recently. Oh yeah. I mean, it's fashion. Well, I mean, what, like seemingly the writers like fought against Spike and Buffy while doing it at the same time. Like, I don't know. I wonder if like there was somebody on the writer in the writer's team that like really wanted it. And like the rest didn't or something like that. Yeah. Oh my God. I remember reading so many bullshit spoilers for the last moment of the season five finale. And the one that I always think about was, the, um, Oh God, it was like something like they've defeated uh glory. They've saved Dawn and something's come up and like, uh, Spike's like, he's like, I finally found a way to make you love me. And she's like, what's that? And he just like bites her. Uh-huh. And then it was like, next season, Buffy the Vampire. Nice. And I was like, okay, <laughs> that's cheesy. And then I was like, they might do that. That's cheesy. Anyway, so Giles is the director. And, you know, as he's like speaking, like the first layer is like stalking the scene. And again, like you said, this this is excellent. Like, just a few moments. The current's going to open on our very first production. Now, everyone that Willow's ever met is out in the audience, including all of us. Remember your lines and energy, 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 especially in the musical numbers. Going out there and lie like dogs and we'll have a great time. Acting is about not behaving. It's about hiding. (laughs) Audience wants to find you. Strip you naked and eat you alive. So hide. Stop that. (laughs) Oh, Harmony. Yeah, so the sound drops out and she looks over and there's the cheese man. He's like, I've made a little space for the cheese slices. So she moves through like this massive long row of like those those Twin Peaks red curtains, um, runs into Tara. Uh, and Willis perplexed how they're already doing this and like why is there even a cowboy in death of a salesman? And she's worried she doesn't know our lines, something might be following her. We see like glimpses of the play. <laughs> why have you come to our lonely small town, which has no post office and very few exports? I've come looking for a man. A salesman. Sales <laughs> oh, like, and Buffy's just like smoking a cigarette on this like Chase Lounge. Like, what is this play? I love it. <laughs> so we see more of like Willow talking to Tara, and like uh, we'll cut back to like the play later. But um, I love that like Riley's like in profile. It's like Buffy's dressing him down. and, and like no reaction at us. Yeah, yeah. Um, so behind the curtains, like Tara's disappear. The first layer starts like stabbing at Willow through the curtains. Making like cheetah sounds or something. Uh, so Buff, real Buffy rescues her, leads her into like a, like a classroom, which will then turn into like a full like high school classroom. Oh, and she's like, like Willow, like why are you still wearing that? Take it off, like you know, take your costume off. And Willow's like, no, it's not my costume. And then she like Buffy just turns around and rips it off, and it goes and sits down, and everyone's laughing. And, you know, suddenly there's a bunch of students there. And then we see old Willow with the like the long straight hair and the mm. white tights. Like God, like it's such a 
signature look that it like it communicates so much just by seeing her dress like that again. Like softer side of Sears Willow, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Harmony's there, like dunking on her. Anya's there. Anya's just like, oh my god, it's like a tragedy. We should almost be Greek. And like, um, like Oz is like leaning into like Tara, and, like whispering. Yeah, they're they're things. kind of like canoodling, almost you know, like whispering jokes back and forth. And like yeah. they keep looking over at Willow and sm- smirking, you know. But yeah, so like basically Willow's like afraid that she'll always be the nerd she was at the start of the show. Uh-huh. And like Oz says to Tara, like, I tried to warn you. Oof. So uh, her, her report... book report is on the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, which is just perfection. <laughs> and she, Allison Hannigan's doing a great job of playing old, like super shy and secure Willow here. Yeah. So the first layer attacks her and like seemingly bites her on the neck. And then we see a close-up of Willow's eye like she's Jack from Lost. Um, as it like turns paler and her face seems to age. Yeah, it's pretty weird. And everyone's just watching. All the, the students are just like, eh. Yeah. So in the real world, Willow seems to be suffocating her sleep on the couch. And now it's time go. for Xander to wake up. And yeah, he, so was, he, he has like the dream within a dream thing where he, he wakes up, you know, just like pan over to him from a Willow like choking. And yeah. it's like uh, Giles and Buffy are still awake and they're watching boring ass Apocalypse Now. Well, like, this, I remember it being better. This fake weird version of it. Yeah. Gotta take that hill. Damn this war. Yeah. Like the Tropic Thunder version of Apocalypse Now. But I yeah. really do feel like this is Joss Whedon. When when Giles says, I really feel Apocalypse Now is overrated, I feel like that's Joss Whedon speaking directly to the audience, like as himself in that moment. Yeah, yeah. There are some of those things where I would totally agree with Joss Whedon on, not so much about Apocalypse Now, but like I know Joss Whedon like like vehemently hates the character of the Punisher. And I, get I can see that. that. I get that, yeah. Um, Buffy's like wants some corn. Xander's like butter flavor, and she's like new car smell. <laughs> so it's weird, dreamy stuff. So Willow suffocates still. Xander has to go upstairs to pee. That's where he runs into Joyce in the hallway. Well, he goes up upstairs like, to pee, night. and Buffy says, "You don't need any help with that, right?" Yeah, <laughs> it's such a weird line of dialogue. But yeah, then Joyce upstairs. Um, she's like not moving her lips. Like when Xander's like, "I'm a conquistador," and like, for part of it, yeah, for part of it. Yeah, like, uh, uh, oh, I should probably go because there's a lot of like the friends of all, like, a lot of like subtext of like the friends have gone on ahead about you. Yeah. Like, the time has passed and you've missed it. Um, and he's like, I move pretty fast. You know, a man's always after him. She's like, Conquest. And he's like, Well, I'm a conquistador. Pan across her breasts. And she's like, You sure isn't comfort? And he's like, As her I'm lips aren't com- moving. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also, a, I'm a com- comfortador as well. And she's like, I do know the difference. I've learned about boys. And he's like, That's cool about you. And she's like, It's very late. Would you like to rest for a while? As we like pan past her to like the bedroom and the bed. Yeah. So it goes to pee and she's like, don't get lost. It's and like the way the camera kind of like tracks in and out on this. It's, it's very dreamlike without being hokey about it. Like it just, I don't know. I feel like it's, it's perfectly done in like an impressionistic way without getting into like, I don't know, Legion territory, I guess, you know? Like, it's yeah. not try hard. Like, it's just the right amount of surrealism. I mean, it, the only show that's, like, gotten close to this in a much different style was probably Twin Peaks and early Twin Peaks. Because there would be this, like, you go in expecting that to be a real show or a normal show, quote unquote. But, like, they would just take, take on this, like, surreal vibe. Like, Mohan, Mohan Drive sure, is, probably, sure. is probably the most successful David Lynch movie because, spoiler, two-thirds of it's a dream. Yeah. And it's, like... You start to realize after a while, like, it's nothing overt, but it's like, this is not normal. This is not realistic. 
Yeah. Yeah. So he goes to like you know use the bathroom. Definitely get a toilet shot there. Yeah. Um, and there's just a bunch of initiative scientists like watching him and taking notes. And finally, he's like, "Okay, I'm gonna find another bathroom." And then he goes through another door across the hall, and he's back in his basement. And there's somebody kind of like pounding and jiggling the knob up the stairs. And Xander as he'll say several times, um, "That's not the way out." That's not the way out. Because he doesn't want to like his parents or his shitty family. Yeah. So we pan to like a bright, sunny park. Um, Spike and Giles are on the swing together. Giles is dressed in his old watcher clothes, and so is Spike as well. Randy Giles. <laughs> I love how Say they brought that back, yeah. Yeah, and Tabula Restless. Well, because that was kind of, I think, one of the things that was teased that was that like Restless was not only going to be a reflection of season four, but like it was going to tease a lot of things. There's, it's like it's setting up subtextually like all this stuff to come, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Buffy's playing in the sand, like you said, and we'll kind of get like a little bit of that desert shot of her. Um, so Giles is gonna, like going to teach Spike to be a watcher, and Xander's like, "That's cool. I was into that for a while, but I've got a lot of stuff going on now." It's like looks over and sees himself working <laughs> in an ice cream truck. Oof. Yeah, y'all's got to be moving forward. And Buffy says, "Like a shark." Yeah. That. Uh, this is where they film. This is like a part of the LA desert, that, like outside of LA. It's like a where, Joshua tree. That's what it looks like. Yeah. But I mean, it's like they would go. I mean, like Roswell, the original Roswell would go here. This is like where original Star Trek would like land on a uh-huh. quote unquote alien planet. Every it few does. Episodes. It looks super alien there. I don't know if you've ever been to Joshua tree, but it's a pretty cool place. But I don't think they've gone as far as Joshua tree. I, I think it looks like is, it. I mean, just looking at the shot of Buffy here, that looks like Joshua tree to me. Okay. But this is where literally like Captain Kirk would wrestle the Gorn. Yeah, um, yeah. But so this is where Buffy puts Xander in the Big Brother zone. Um, Giles and Spike keep swinging. Um, Buffy and Xander stare at each other for a long time. And then it like cuts to other Xander who's been watching this from his uh, uh, ice cream truck. And then it's like the really cheesy like uh, rear projection, like green yeah. screen thing going on as they're driving with Anya. Anya's thinking about getting back into the vengeance. I never thought that that was going to be like a plot line in the next season. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose uh, it does kind of eventually happen. Later. Yeah. Like a couple seasons later. Um, so this is when like he looks back and sees like Willow and Tara like in the back of the ice cream truck. Just love the sorry. We just think you're really interesting. <laughs> I mean, is there a way to say it to someone where it's not an insult? yeah and he's like oh i i'm going places and willow's like i'm way ahead of you and she starts like caressing tara's leg i like how when he goes back there anya says something like oh i learned to drive by like like gestures or something like that gesturing emphatically yeah <laughs> yeah so then uh um he starts like like anya gives him permission to join them and so he starts like crawling back there, but like it's like changing, and it's, like he's now it's like, crawling. He's back into his uh, basement again. Yeah, yeah. The thing is trying to get in from upstairs, and then he's freaking out. But the cheese man's there, holding up his plate of cheese slices, and he says, "These will not protect you." And then it's like the weird like French film sequence where everything's in like green and blue, mm. like, uh, like day glow. Yeah, yeah, desaturation. It's like. It's like single color desaturation type of a deal or something, you know? Yeah, so he runs into Giles, and he, Giles is like, the others have gone on ahead. Now listen carefully. Your life may depend on what I'm about to tell you. You need, and then Giles is like dubbed in French. And Anya shows up, and it's like, as soon as she's going to tell him something important, she's like dubbed in French as well. And I mean, but she's basically saying like, there's something stalking us. There's no time for games. You, you got to find yeah. this thing. Um, and then and everyone, 
yeah, everybody grabs Xander and he gets turned upside down. And then suddenly it's like an Apocalypse Now thing where he's being like walked by a Vietnamese guy with like a machine gun. And then he gets escorted in to meet Snyder. Remember Snyder? Mark. He's back. Like doing the full Marlon Brando, Colonel Kurtz. Herman Shimmerman is so good. I walked I mean, by your guidance great... counselor's office one time. A bunch of you were sitting there waiting to be shepherded. I remember it smelled like dead flowers, like decay. And then it hit me. The hope of our nation's future is a bunch of mulch. Xander says, you know, I never got the chance to tell you how glad I was that you were eaten by a snake. <laughs> um, well, yeah, our like, chairman likes like splashing the water on his head. <laughs> the way he's like, not just like touch, like he's like touching his head to like see if it's still real or whatever. Yeah, it's like patting his uh, head. Oh, and then like Snyder's like, where are you heading? Xander's like, well, I'm supposed to meet Taryn Willow. And possibly Buffy's, Buffy's mom. <laughs> it's like, uh, it's like you know, you're not a soldier or a comforted or you're a whipping boy and a sacrificial stone, which is like, I there's a lot of fucking theories. Yeah. yeah, a lot of theories. Well, because everyone was like, don't you guys know the name Alexander means like great sacrifice or whatever. So Xander's like, yeah, I've had enough of this. I'm getting a cramp. So he gets up and he's in the courtyard outside Giles's place. This is the sequence with all the tracking shots where he like comes inside and then he's like moving through Giles this whole place and then into like the school hallway and uh, I think well, they're in, in Giles's place they're all like gathered around like looking at Willow something uh-huh. in the chair I love the way they have Anya standing because it reminded me of Eternal Sunshine when the oh, they right. would turn the people around and they were just like faceless yeah yeah, yeah. but yeah we go hallway to uh, Buffy's dorm room and then in through the closet and like Kind of like through some, you know, back, like, I don't know, brick wall type stuff. And then like where does he come out corridor, here? Yeah. Back into the basement. Back into his yeah. parents, back in the basement. And again, and that's not the way out. And the door bursts open. It's not the first layer. It's his dad. He's like, what the, the hell's wrong dad. with you? Yeah. Why don't you come upstairs? What are you ashamed of us? Your mom's crying her guts out. And Xander's like, you don't understand. So the dad's like stomping down the stairs. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. The line ends your bus. You're not going to change that. You haven't got the heart. And he rips like, his heart out. Yeah. And then when you see it's it's not him anymore. It's this uh, apparition that will come to know as the first slayer. So in the real world, Xander's like now twitching in his sleep in Buffy's living room. And we whip over to zoom in on Giles, where we'll be after the commercial. But Giles uh, hypnotizing Buffy here. Like in Helpless, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, kind of. Kind of. Although he was just using like a weird crystal then. But okay. um, yeah, and then it's like they're going to like a fair and it's like Buffy's kind of like the daughter here with Giles and Olivia and Buffy's like in overalls and like acting very young. And, uh, Olivia's pushing a stroller as well. Yeah. More foreshadowing that didn't happen really. (laughs) Uh, like Buffy goes to a booth where you can throw balls at vampires, um, quote unquote stake them. And she doesn't Giles like disapproving. I kept expecting this vampire to say, grr, arg. Um, I like how Buffy or Giles says to Buffy, he's like, I haven't got any treats. It's like he yeah. he's he can't reward her, you know. That's kind of like their arc, you know, in this season and going forward is like it's like, well, Buffy, this is just her life now, you know. Yeah, she gets some cotton candy, and he's like, "You're gonna get that all over her face." So she like turns around, and she's got it like all over her face, like a mud mask. And the camera goes like photo negative to indicate the first Slayer or their connection. He's like, "I know you, I know you." So like, meanwhile, it's like spikes over by that tomb, surrounded by little gnomes, like calling Giles over. 
when Giles, Giles goes inside, we see Olivia has the trailer like turned over on its side and she's sobbing. Yeah. Which is, I don't know, it's, it's, it almost tells a whole story, like just in, uh, in suggestion in the background here. Yeah. 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 It's, it's very ominous. Um, Spike's like hired himself out as a sideshow attraction, like doing vampire poses for acclaim and in black, black white and white. Opera. Yeah. Like little, like it'll like, you know, cut between like color and like these like black and white, like Dolce Vita shots. Isn't there Giles, a thing where like it's like these were the original poses that like Max Shrek did or something like that? For, something like that for yeah. Nosferatu. Yeah. Um, then Giles passes the cheese man with cheese slices on his forehead. And he's like, I wear the cheese. It does not wear me. And Giles is like, honestly, you meet the most appalling sort of people. So from the tomb straight into the bronze, which is packed. I like how uh, Giles is like couch and desk are there in the middle of the bronze. <laughs> yeah. And they're like doing research as Willow and Xander are there. And Xander has like the big sucking chest wound. Well, I just like Giles is like, I'm sorry I'm so late. There's a great deal going on. And all at once. <laughs> this is where Anya is doing her stand-up joke on stage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the exposition song. Oh, this the, the you know Willow's just like there's something after us. It's something prime on Animal Force, and like as in the background, like Anya's like doing like this funny walk on the stage, and Giles yeah. is like that used to be us. <laughs> yeah, so of course the spell we cast with Buffy. There's every chance she might be next. Well, there's that, like the primal evil. Yeah, yeah, they got the lighters going on. No way. There's feedback, so he like follows the cord backstage, like a mess of wires. And in the wires, there's a watch. And he's just like, now that was obvious. And we get the, we realize that the creature is like standing over him. The first yeah, wires like, above him. Like up on uh, something above him. And then it, she like scalps him basically. As yeah, he's saying just, like, of course you underestimate me. You couldn't know. You never had a watcher. Yeah. And like blood like drips down his like terrorized face. His lips don't move. Yeah. Uh, so in the real world, like Giles has his glasses, glasses off and he's like twitching in his sleep. And after the commercial, we're like hovering over the sleeping Buffy on the couch. It's her turn. So she wakes up in her dorm in the dream and like Anya's the one laying in Willow's bed. Yeah, it's Anya. It's so strange. Yeah. Trying to get Buffy to wake up. Um, and Buffy tries to roll over and finds like the first Slayer like suspended over her growling, which leads Buffy to wake up in her bed at home. And then she's like standing by the door looking at the messy bed while Tara watches her. And she's like, Buffy's Faith like, and I made that bed, yeah. Yeah, Tara hints that Buffy made the bed for the little sister. She, so Buffy looks over. She's lost her friend. She sees the clock says 730 on it, 730. And Tara says, that clock is completely off. Um, she hands her this like sort of tarot card that says Manus on it, which because Buffy's the hands. Yeah, that was the card used in the spell from the previous episode. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Tara says, you think you know what's to come, what you are, you haven't even begun. So then the the bed is magically magically made. Buffy needs to find the others. Tara's like, be back before dawn. Before dawn. Yeah. Uh, Buffy in the college hallway, there's like a, just a hole in the wall that Joyce is inside. Yeah. <laughs> nice metaphor there. She's like, why are you living in the wall? She's like, oh, no, sweetie, I'm fine here. Don't worry about me. Yeah. <laughs> a mouse is playing with my knees. Well, yeah, when she says, I think you might be in danger, Buffy says, and then Joyce is, like, laughing. She's like, oh, no, I'm sorry. It's a mouse is playing with my knees. Uh, Buffy sees Xander, like, heading up the stairs, and so she follows him. Uh, this is where she ends up in a room somewhere in the initiative where, like, Riley in a suit is, like, meeting with, like, the all-human version of Adam. I love the shot with uh, Riley here where the camera, like, pans under the desk and the, so the gun. gun. And the, yeah. And the, uh, the, We're the, the government. Glass desk. It's what we do. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, we're drawing up plans for world domination. The key element, coffee makers that think. Well, uh, Human Adam is also very skinny comparatively. He's very skinny. And is it just me or is he like on screen for 10 seconds and somehow more interesting than Adam? Yeah, yeah. He's just um, like, you know, she's like, what was your name? And he's like, not one among us can remember. Yeah, I mean, also this episode, it's very reminiscent of, I think, is it is it the last episode of Firefly? Uh, Objects in Space? Yeah. Or like, like it's kind of, this is dreamlike, but like Giles, or uh, Giles. Giles like dealing with his, uh, his philosophical bents. Um, I guess a little bit, character. yeah. But uh, like the certain turns of phrase, not a Wong among us can remember is like clearly something one of those characters would say. Yeah. But yeah, Human Adam's like talking about aggression, and Buffy takes offense to that. She's like, "We're not demons," and like you can see the first Slayer like floating behind her. Oh, and he's like, "Is that a fact?" Which I, I guess we do eventually learn that Buffy was created with I don't know, like like the power of demons or something, right? Yeah, the Slayers were. Yeah. Yeah, the Slayers were created that way. Like um, which is kind of like demonic power into a human girl. It's kind of interesting the way they play it, where it's like it it started in the cradle of civilization, and then somehow it's a thing that like is now housed in England. Yeah, I I have like a, super some, colonized. I have some <laughs> some criticisms of the the first Slayer portrayal here for sure. Yeah, it's it's playing on a lot of bad tropes. Yeah, well, like like, like the fact that she's it's portrayed like she's an animal. Like she, well, she growls like a cheetah. I mean, there are very few black characters on Buffy and making one of them the first Slayer, but making her so primitive and that yeah. she can't even speak for herself. It's not what you want. Yeah. yeah. Like there's no so like it, it would have made more sense if this came like not in caveman days, but like, you know, like ancient Egypt or, or something like that, you know, or like Babylon or I don't know, just like more of a civilization. Yeah. Like Sumeria or something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Riley's got big work to do, doing files, making names. So. Lights go dark. Demons have escaped. Um, right now, we're going to make a fort, get some pillows. Buffy's got her bag of weapons before her, and it's just liquid clay dirt. She gets her hands starts in, rubbing on her face. Yeah. Turns photo negative again. Um, Riley comes back, like seeing her like this as he's now dressed as like his aw shucks. Calls her a killer shit. again. Yeah. Guess you're on your own, killer. Um, oh, I like how Riley says he's a Surgeon General now, which felt like a weird joke about how he ripped the chip out of his chest in the previous episode. Mm, which, like, it would, and it was like, there's no way they could have written that in, you know? Like, it's like, obviously, they shot it, like, months before. But, like, I remember that was, like, it almost felt like a wink at the fans to call him the Surgeon General. Mm. Uh, we say Buffy's feet as she walks along the ground and it turns to dirt. It's a nice way to, like transition yeah it's pretty cool you see her feet walking and then suddenly there's sand and she's outside because all you have to do is in this part of southern california it's just like put like one of those wall panels and have her walk past the end of it yeah and then we get this like shot that just keeps pulling back and back and back like on a crane and it's like yeah that that has got to be joshua tree i mean she is out there in the desert um so buffy's like i'm never going to find them here so like tara walks towards her uh, she points out Tara's not in her dream. Um, literally, like it's it's Anya, or you know, or I think it's this not was Willow. Apparently, supposed to be Faith, but they couldn't get uh, Elisa Dushku for this episode. Interesting. That would have made a lot more sense. Though yeah. the only issue with that is, um, they've kind of shown that like they're both active participants in, in the, the dream. network yeah. version. Yeah. What would so Faith be thinking? Yeah. Uh, like Faith just like wakes up, you know, in prison is like, well, that was fucking weird. 
Um, but yeah, but Poi finds out that Tara's not in her dream. So Tara's like, oh, I was borrowed to speak for her. So we get our first glimpse of the, the first layer. She's like a black woman moving along her, like watching her with like white paint on her face. And she's like covered in like rags. Ba- like, like, yeah. This was like somebody like, like even like small communities wouldn't have existed at this point in civilization seemingly, you know, this is like way, 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 way back in the early history of humanity. Which I mean, makes me wonder if that's supposed to tie into the whole, like, you know, it's, it's, it's before language thing from hush yeah maybe they're going for some sort of thing like humanity couldn't uh settle down till there was a slayer to protect them or something i don't know yeah so the first layer says she's destruction she's absolute um you know buffy learns this is the first layer she's holding like tarot shaped polaroids in her hand which showed the moment the gang in her in her living room are waking up from the stream um and this is the whole like you know the slayer does not walk in this world i walk i talk i shop um basically it's like she's angered the i don't know the spirit of the first slayer by sharing her power like by doing that spell that they use in the previous episode to like combine themselves into like battle meld or whatever yeah and and buffy's also pointing out like your times and my times are different yeah well i mean one of the kind of through lines of the show is that buffy is a successful slayer because of her friends that she yeah. would have, she would have been dead a long time ago. She didn't have her friends to help her. Yeah, and and that she's rejected like the tradition. Yeah, she's supposed to uphold. Um, which you know, it's like she would have been dead by now in any other context. <laughs> so, anyways, Buffy's um, like, "That's it. I'm waking up." There's like a short fight here in the desert, and then Buffy just kind of stops and she says, "We don't do this anymore." They roll down a bunch of uh, uh, sand hills here, and then Buffy just suddenly wakes up on the ground. Uh, back i i say i do like the way they cut it where the close-up shots are fast paced the long shots move in slow motion yeah yeah it's pretty cool yeah so she you know enough she wakes up in the living room her uh friends are still passed out the slayer the first slayer's there on top of her starts like stabbing her viciously and buffy's unaffected and she's like are you quite finished i'm gonna ignore you now well and then this is pretty problematic here she starts like criticizing her hair yeah. And whatnot. Yeah. It's just like, no, no, Joss. That's no. Yeah. That's not good. Um, so as she's like walking back to the couch to like lay back in her original position to then wake up for real. Um, that's the, again, that shot we saw from the picture in the desert as they all wake up. Um, so the aftermath, the four of them are sitting around the dining room table and they're analyzing the dream, you know, and Giles points out that by accessing the power of the first layer, it was like seen as an affront to that power. Uh, which is an interesting idea, though, just that like what Buffy has to draw on is is almost conscious. I guess, yeah. I don't know. To me, they just never really did much with it. No, like it's it's one of those things where like I really don't need to know how there are slayers. I just kind of accept that there are. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I'm just like, well, I, I, mean, I don't need an explanation for why there are slayers. I only kind of remember the further origin of the first Slayer in season seven. But what was interesting about it was just that, you know, not, not a big shock. It was like a bunch of men, bunch of men kidnapped yeah. this girl and like forced this on her uh-huh. against her will. And now she has to defend the world. Um, yeah. So Joyce shows up, you know, and invites Xander to be her kitchen buddy. And he's like, feeling a little weird about it. Cause he calls it Joyce. I mean, Buffy's mom. Yeah. yeah. And Buffy's like, well, at least you didn't all dream about that guy at the cheese. Don't know where the hell that came from. 
Yeah. So then she goes upstairs, passes her room, sees the bed, has the voiceover play, and walks yeah. off. You haven't even begun. And then we're we're waiting to meet Dawn after an episode of Dracula. Uh, So, yeah, we'll talk about what episodes we're going to watch in a moment, but that was the four episodes. Let's do uh, complaints. Uh, You know, like you said, the first Slayer, uh, the depiction of her is not ideal. Uh, A lot of other things in the present don't land for me. Riley Adam, the initiative, too many logistical questions. Um, I don't know. I I should like this season more just because it's so risk-taking and messy in places, but... The, the thuds thud a lot harder. So, yeah. Yeah. My big complaints, I uh, already mentioned the first layer and just kind of the treatment there. Um, the initiative has always felt out of place to me with the rest of the world building on the show. It mm-hmm. feels like somebody's intruding on a private party with your friends and they're just not convincing as a military organization. I never once believe like just the way they move, you know, like the, like the way they interact with each other. It, it's like, these are a bunch of college bros or pretending to be soldiers they're not real soldiers um, it just it never feels real and it's like i don't like the idea of like the military coming in and like intruding on like buffy and her demons and vampires it's like it just feels wrong you know like it's it's like not properly thought out world building it it's just like this is we don't we don't really want to go there with the show it's it's like in some ways like harry potter like holds up because it's all in england and once you start just like trying to explain everything in the wizarding world, it's like, eh, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. You know, we, we just yeah. don't need to think about that. What do they call the muggles in America? The nomadges. Yeah. yeah it's, it sucks. Um, the other thing about the initiative that like was like the lingering thing is like, you could tell that for years they didn't know how to effectively get the chip out of Spike's head. Like they didn't know how to write that. Yeah. Out. And then finally, it's just like, yeah, he just went and had surgery of some government doctors off screen. Pretty much. It's yeah. like, okay, fine. All right. Rankings. Uh, oh, wait. I still have a few more complaints. Um, Ooh, so, not in the episodes we covered, but uh, in the early part of the season, Spike is a really awful and abusive boyfriend to Harmony. Yeah. It, which is, if he's a villain, that's fine. Like, we've seen that character, like the evil guy with like his like gangster mall girlfriend and like he's a piece of shit but he's a villain but like when he's the quasi comic relief villain like it 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 hits different and you're like this is kind of gross like he's being really shitty in harmony mm-hmm. um, and then Oz's storyline I felt like it just they had to write him out quickly and it always felt rushed to me Veruca Veruca yeah mm. um, and my make one change would just be no initiative like Let's just go back to the professor demonology. That sounds like it could have been fun. Yeah, I'd be very curious to know what the plans were there. I just like, like, that would be involve college more, you know, if it's like a professor yeah. thing and not like the stupid initiative, like military, you know, secret well, thing happening. Getting at like like analyzing what these characters would be going through with the college experience in yeah. this first year. I mean, clearly the show is interested in the identity crisis of all I the almost characters. wonder if like the initiative wasn't the first plan or something but they had to like switch up last minute and that's why we got the initiative because yeah it in the first few episodes it's very much like hey it's Buffy it's college and then suddenly it's like no it's all this military shit isn't there like some secret skulking around though some kind of like covert ops force at some point yeah they do show up pretty quickly that's true huh I mean but like it's like Adam just like stabs Professor Walsh like in the back or something 
like halfway through. I think that's in like ah, maybe Goodbye Iowa or Dune or something. I can't remember what. It's right mm-hmm. after Maggie tries to like have Buffy killed by like sticking some demons on her. Like giving her like a man- malfunctioning blaster. Lame. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, and, and you got Lindsay Krause. Like you've got a decent actor. Supposedly she just like didn't want to do it after a while or something. I think that was a rumor I read. She's like, I've done Mammoth. <laughs> what am I doing here? Yeah. All right. Uh, power rankings. I've got 16. Wow. I've got 15. Go for it. All right. Uh, Adam, number 16. What a fucking snooze. Yep. Adam's my 15. Uh, I've got 15. I've got Forrest and Graham. The uh, initiative sidekick buddies there. Graham mm-hmm. is just like a snore. Forrest is like actively annoying. Yeah. Yeah. Forrest is my number 14 because he dude's an asshole for all the reasons we've listed. He doesn't know, even three like hours ago. Like he eventually like becomes like a weird like zombie dude or whatever. It's you could have like maybe like, OK, now you get the good lines, you know, like we're going to you get to have fun now. But no, that doesn't happen. Yeah. Also, I find his uh, his like demon hybrid zombie makeup a little cheesy. Yeah, it's, it's not a great. It's, it's like, like they give him like a different chin. Yeah. <laughs> That was my 14. That was your 14. All right. Where am I at here? My number 14 is Mr. Riley Finn. Interesting. Uh, yeah. For, yeah, for all the reasons we've already mentioned. Yeah. Riley's just, my 13. I, I think he started out, he could have been an okay character, kind of like, oh, we're going to do something a little lighter instead of Broody Angel. But then they just immediately made him too central to the plot. And like, I just didn't find him appealing as like a boyfriend for Buffy. He seemed to like want to take control too much. And it's like, dude, know your role. You're just a boyfriend. I want to say I didn't mind him in the one scene with like the books in the first episode. He's fine in the first few episodes before you get into the initiative stuff. He's just kind of like this like goofy kind of lighthearted guy. Yeah. And I mean, it's an interesting idea because like they kind of don't like each other, but they're also like circling each other. Like it's it's an interesting idea. And then at some point I was just like, get Mark Lucas the fuck off my TV. (laughs) Uh, so number 13 I've got Maggie Walsh oh yeah uh, I'm trying to think does she even make my list at all no neither she nor Graham even made my list Ooh. so because so, I mean they're not really in the episodes we watch so 12 I have the first layer oh you know yeah I do not have the first layer on here yeah yeah I mean again we've covered it Okay, yeah, um, number 12, actually, so I suppose it's a little bit cheating because we never talked about him, but I put Jonathan there just because I did watch Superstar, so that's where I ranked Jonathan. Nice, nice. I watched, like, the first 10 minutes because that's 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 just, like, a feel-good episode from my I remember. It's pretty like, goofy. The, the yeah. only thing, really, is that, like, you could hand-wave away a lot of Jonathan's shit, but, like, uh-huh. the uh, the twins that you're seemingly sleeping with, that's not cool. yeah. I'm going to get that episode credit just for editing Jonathan into the credits. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the slow angel walk that he does <laughs> for the title. <laughs> uh, where are we at here? So that was my 12. Uh, my number 11 is, this is where I get uh, crucified. My number 11 is Tara. Okay. A little low, a little low. Uh, I, again, especially in the episode we watched, I feel like I'm not seeing Tara in her totality. Like, I like her more as the show progresses, but 
it's hard. I don't know. It's hard to just with a show that with a season that has a lot of problems of how characters gel as a unit. It's hard to like, I don't know, be comfortable with her just because she's, she's meant to stand out so much. All right. Well, number 11, I've got Joyce, not a ton to do this season. It's actually kind of impressive that they kept the actor around, even though she doesn't, you know, she pops up very few episodes for like a single scene or something. Well, by the time you get to season five, yeah. you're like, Oof. I missed those Halcyon season four days, baby. Yeah, yeah I think uh, it's, I think it's in S four E one, the freshman, where Buffy makes a joke about her mom having an aneurysm about the cost of her school books. Oh, jeez. Um, so we're at ten. I have Olivia. Oh, I don't have Olivia on here. That probably would have been about a good place for her, though. Yeah, I like the idea of Olivia because um, she's in. Before Hush, right? No? Ah, oh, gosh, I'm trying She's to She's mentioned, at least. I think so, yeah. Yeah, I like the idea of Olivia. Like, it It would be interesting. And you know what? Good for Giles, getting out there, dating again, using that dick. Um, Like, you know, his last relationship didn't go great. Got to get back on the saddle. Like, wasn't there something in the one episode where they were, like, like hinting? Oh, it's because Maggie Walsh, like, makes him feel bad about himself or whatever. In a new man, yeah, where it's like he's met Maggie and like it's like their parenting styles clash, basically, you know, like he's talking about Buffy one way and she's like, no, you need to be stricter and blah, blah. Um, At number 10, I've got Harmony. Uh, This is my rankings are certainly influenced by watching the whole season, Um, but Harmony is pretty fun this season. She's got the great slap bite with Xander. Yes. And it's like even though she's an evil vampire, she always didn't seem that evil. No, she's just you just like her. She's just yeah. bubbly. You want her around. You put her on your list of conspiracy theories. <laughs> that's oh, my, really? that, okay. That was okay. that's what I was thinking of. Okay. Yeah. Um because I mean who yeah. was more shocked that Harmony showed up on Angel. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. Uh, your number ten? Um uh, my number ten was Olivia. My number nine, this is where I really get in trouble, is the cheese man. <laughs> Jeez, man. I'm just amazed it wasn't number one. Oh, I know. I got uh, no for number one. I just hold up two slices of cheese and wiggle them for you. <laughs> um, I, I'm slightly trolling here. I just find this character to be so absurd and fun, especially like everything we've dealt with. And it's just like, here's this absolutely bonkers thing. Uh, let's see. My number nine is the gentleman. Just felt oh. like we need to give them a little shout out. Yeah, yeah. That's my number eight. Cool. Um, my number eight. Like, is... sorry, God. Was it just just a memorable like absolutely ridiculous not fleshed out they don't make a ton of sense who gives a shit good, you never forget the gentleman very good one-off villain probably the most memorable yeah oh and like shocker that they never bring them back it's restraint yeah i mean like you know like the things like 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 doctor who it's like they're always struggling to create like a new villain because they keep bringing back all the old villains and it's like it's like okay when are we going to see them again because they were so good you know they're going to bring them back and it's like i'm i love that we never see the gentleman again yeah, we didn't get the fucking prequel episode explaining the gentleman. Yeah. Um, I narrate is Xander, Mr. Xander Harris. Okay. Uh, Xander ended up on my number seven spot. Um, not a terrible character in the four that I watched, but I, you know, I had carried memories of Xander in season seven. And his relationship with Anya is, I don't know, it's. You're rooting for Anya in it, but it's like, hey, Xander, could you just like, I don't know, be a better boyfriend? Yeah, yeah. Show a little TLC for your girl. 
Um, well, it's like at the same time, like nothing, nothing that he's seen before that we've seen from him would ever indicate that he would be though. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Number seven, I've got Oz. Tough break for Xander. He got outranked by Oz. Um, who's barely in the episodes we watch, but yeah, yeah. Uh, that's why my, my number six is Anya. Okay. Uh, you know, like she's not in a ton of what we watch, but she's good. She hits hard. I've got uh, Tara at number six. Uh, this is somewhat based on seeing all the other episodes as well. But cool, uh, cool. I don't know. On on rewatch, I do think she comes off better than initial viewing. Maybe mm-hmm. just more because you know where she's going with the character. You know mm-hmm. where they're going with her. She's under Willow's spell. Yeah. Um, You're sure. You make me feel. No, don't, don't, don't even take us there yet. We're trying not to reference seeing red. <laughs> That's all. Oh, we got through almost a whole episode without <laughs> referencing it. Yeah. Um, number five, speaking of which, I have Spike. Oh, shit. I did not have Spike on my list. Wow. What? Sorry, what? Spike. I don't know. What? Wow. I knew I was missing uh, someone. Like, yeah, I mean, of course, Alexander watching season four the first time, it didn't hit me like how shitty he was to, to Harmony. Well, I think, I guess at the time you're more seeing him as a villain, so maybe it just reads differently. But like yeah, knowing yeah. now that he becomes, you know, one of the good guys, essentially, it's like, it's just like, man, he's just being so awful to her. And, and, this is a fun idea, though, of like forcing your villain, like like unredeemed, uh-huh. to be a part of the gang. Um, and it was very interesting because like around the same exact time, like uh, a show that I dorkily love, Farscape, did the same thing. Where it's like for one season, it's like here's our villain who's like not a good guy. He doesn't want to be a good guy, but for reasons, he's stuck with the gang. And it's like the way you're able to play off the comedy and the drama is is really interesting. And then like the, I feel like I was kind of rooting for him for just how easy things worked out for him in the Yoko Factor. <laughs> like the way he was just so easily able to manipulate the entire crew. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I do not have Spike, although I'd probably put him somewhere around here. Oh, also, Spike gets the fact that like Yoko is really not the blame <laughs> for the Beatles breakup, which oh, is kind of kind of progressive. Yeah. I've got uh, Faith at number five. Okay. Although it could be higher, maybe. I don't know. I do love me some Faith. Uh, Number four, I've got Giles. It's Giles. Giles is, like, really solid. Now, it's been a long time, but I know, like, just from going to Reddit and, like, reading some of, like, the Buffy Reddit stuff that, like, it seemingly Giles, like, really falls off from, like, in season seven there. Like, like Giles in season seven, a lot of people are not happy with. They're like, he's like a robot. So, I don't know. Well, half of it is there's, do you remember the whole the, thing? Yeah, the whole, he can't touch things. Evil, yeah. And then there's the whole thing where he's trying to, it's the, it's the other side of lie to me. It's the lies my parents told me where he's, he's lying to Buffy and trying to manipulate her for what he thinks is the right reasons. And, you know, like the trying to get like, distract her so that, that that robin wood can go kill spike yeah yeah uh anyways i've got anya at number four mm, interesting uh at number three i've got willow which i actually kind of think that maybe this is uh this is like a subtle comment on on the dream sequences like willow ending up higher than giles okay yeah i do feel like will's probably ultimately my favorite there the dream sequences uh i've got giles at three 
Mm. So who do you have? Well, you must have like Faith, right? Faith's my number two, baby. Okay. Yeah. Faith could be my number two. But instead uh, I've got Willow there. Yeah, Faith is um I appreciate this two parter a lot more now than I even did before. Like it's so I don't know, it's so complex and so interesting. It's and, so and good and, and also her. to me it stands out even more when the faith stuff is happening, it's electric. And then when they yeah. cut to the initiative and Adam stuff, you're like, holy shit, who could care? Like, it's yeah. just like, so blah. Like now that we, we know how the story, whole story there goes, you know, with the initiative, it's like, God, why are you wasting so much of our time with this? You've got Elijah well, Dushku for two episodes. Well, and, and the show kind of course corrects or, or yeah. tests the waters at least. I mean, I don't want to get back to the bitterness society, whatever it was called, but like, you know, like, Spike is off the show and in season three. They're like, let's prove a concept. One more Spike episode. And it's super successful. And then like end of season three, it's like, well, Faith is, you know, we were going to kill her halfway through the season. We kept her. We killed her off effectively at the end of the season. Let's prove a concept bringing Faith back again. It's like, holy shit, this really works. Um, and again, so like is she plan, off doing like true calling right now? Like after this? I, I don't think it was true calling. I want to say season seven ends and they talked about doing a faith the vampire slayer show and i think that she would have been a great true calling yeah maybe that was it she like chose that which i don't know i would have chosen buffy personally but maybe she just wanted a different scene or fox was offering more money or just to to have another character i guess yeah 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 let me just take a quick look at indb here because Dollhouse was several years after. I mean, that. she's gonna go do Bring It On. Like, she's in Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. Apparently, Soul Survivors, the new guy. So she's doing movies, I guess, for a little while here. Jane Silent Bob Strike Back had that thing that certain directors do, a la uh, Eli Roth, Guy Ritchie. Um, probably, uh, I want to say it's one of the guys from Spring Breaker. The guy did Spring Breakers. Like, Tony let's just Corey. like shoe. Let's just shoehorn my wife. Yeah, yeah. You know who, who it's it's an unfair shake about their talent as an actor. Yeah, um, yeah. But it's like it's a oh, wrong like, turn. Can't forget wrong turn. Wrong turn is funny only because Lindy Booth. Well, Lindy Booth. But like uh what's his name? Um the guy who was later on elementary and I think he was on um Dexter for a while. I don't, I don't, I never Sisto? watched the show. No, 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 no. Desmond Harrington, the male lead of Wrong Turn, he keeps having these moments where he's going to go be like the heroic man, and it always immediately goes wrong. Like, do you remember? Like, there's a we watch it in the theater. Like, there's a the part only, where he's like the only thing I remember from that movie is that there's a part where Lindy Booth and her, they were like their car broke down, and Lindy Booth is there with her boyfriend, and she's like, "I'm going to give you a blowjob in the middle of this road in public because if I do, somebody will come by." And help us because you know that would be the ironic thing to happen. And it was just like, wow, movie, you're not even trying. I don't know how I forgot that. You but, don't remember uh, that? No, somehow I don't. Or they're just like, oh, we really need somebody to come by and like, you know, give us a jump or whatever. And she's like, well, I'm just gonna blow you in the middle of the road, then somebody will. So there's a moment later with with Desmond Harrington that's like kind of a la a similar moment in Cabin in the Woods. Where he's just like, I'm gonna go run over there and rescue everyone. And he like starts like the big hero music and he's like yeah. running in slow motion and he immediately steps into a bear trap. I, I vaguely remember that. I you know, I, I remember I bought that DVD and never watched it. Because that was back yeah. when I was like it was all about buying DVDs. 
Yeah, yeah. They made like DVD. five sequels or something. Like they made a shit ton of sequels. Like, <laughs> yeah, because it was like everything had to be a franchise. Anyway, number one is Buffy, right? Buffy, as always. SMG, even the initiative can't keep her down. Although Riley Finn certainly tried. <sighs> yeah, but I mean, even in the the Fave Two Parter, it's like SMG is like the star. Like it's like a new way to yeah. test and play with her talents. Well, I know you know you get these conversations about like, well, who is the best? You know, romance? Are you a Bangel fan or a I don't know what do you call Buffy Riley Biley or something? Bile. They called a Bangel. Well, no, they didn't because we didn't do that then. I think Spuffy okay. is the first one, really. Like yeah. Spike Buffy, Spuffy is the first. I was thinking, yeah. But of course, <laughs> Angel. I'm going to LA now. <laughs> um, I was wondering what would break first, <laughs> your spirit or your heart? Because I'm not sure I really like root for any of them. No. Like I, I think, like well, dramatically. Well, dramatically speaking, like as you know, fodder for drama. I think Angel worked well, but it kind of, you know, his his era ended and it was time to shuffle him on. And mm-hmm. I think the Spike Buffy stuff was a lot of fun, like the build up enemies to lovers, you know, like but I, I don't like I'm not like mad that they like didn't last or anything, you know. I d I don't root for, for Riley and Buffy at all just because they're boring together. Um but I guess I mostly just view it more as like, did this generate fun plot lines? Yeah, trying to dance around the one scene and pretend like it never happened. Yeah, I, basically. I like the idea though that, I, I, like, like that was that was like the, sh- the probably the first TV ship that I rooted for was Buffy. Really interesting. Um, okay. Partially because of like things going on in my life um, that in a way that I could relate, where other characters can relate to ships that I was always envious of. Um, I liked at the end of the season. You know, the reveal, thankfully, that it was like his choice, like his attempt to redeem his his desire to get his soul back for her to honor her. And then, of course, his speech, uh, which you won't remember in I believe the episode is called Touched in season nope. seven. Nope. Um, it's when everyone it's like when all the potentials and Giles and all of her friends Wait. have fired Buffy, <laughs> like they have fired her. And so she's at her like maybe lowest ever, even you know beyond her mom dying. Um, and he goes to talk to her, and he basically builds her up and tells her that he loves her. But he says, you know, like I'm 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 not saying this because I want something from you. I'm just telling you how incredibly special I'm, and you know it's like it's like he gives yeah. her the boost that she needs. Also, uh, Fool for Love is an episode that we have to do. We have oh, absolutely. To do I mean, I don't know. I, that's the all ending fine. of that. The, the turn of that. Like, if that didn't work, then you would have no Spuffy. But, like, that ending works. I guess my feeling, it's a little bit like Felicity on Arrow, where, like, I liked the character more before it was, like, romance constantly. Mm-hmm. You know, like, once Spike got super romantic, I'm kind of like, eh, you know, whatever. Like, I don't know. He's he's more fun as comic relief to me than as a, a love interest. But Yeah, and I mean, it's I feel like the turn really, too, happens when there's a part where... Um, he has a dream about her where he wants her to stake him. And it's like, he rips off his own shirt and you're like, Oh shit. James Marsters has been working out. (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, Oh, okay. I can see this as a sexual relationship. (laughs) 
Uh, so anyway. obviously we're going to do Buffy versus Dracula. Oh yeah. Let me, <laughs> let me pull up season five here. I, you know, I probably will watch that one just cause I, I want to say I just watched it like maybe twice the week it came out and like never again. Interesting. It just didn't seem like it was, I don't know. There's any point to it. It was a weird episode as I recall. Yeah. It's very weird. Xander has a shirt that I would kill for. He does have that awesome shirt. Yeah. Um, all right. So let me look here. Some of these are even just. I, I'm trying to. What's the one where they finally get like the download on Glory? Is that No Place Like Home? Maybe. Oh, I was wrong. Family is S5v6, not 7. Mm. The Fool for um, Love, obviously. S5v7. Yeah. I think I, No Place Like Home is when we finally like learn what's going on with Glory. But yeah, I think so. Yeah. Where we find the out thumbnail the thumbnail is, is her and her fabulous red dress. Well, do we want to split this one in half? I mean, we we have might to have to. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's let's look at let's just go through and and have, identify some potential episodes. So, no place like home. I don't think we need to do family. Uh, Fool for love. Shadow. No. Listening to fear. God, even the titles of these episodes are bad. Into the woods. Is that the I one think where the Riley's woods. like sleeping around? God, he sucks. Or it's not like sleeping around. He's like he's. Getting off banger. on vampires, yeah. yeah. Getting off on vampires biting him. Uh, triangle is that the one I'm where Drusilla comes back? Is uh, that where Drusilla comes back? Left in charge of the magic shop, Willow accidentally trod, conjures an enormous troll. This is Olaf the troll. Maybe on his ex. <laughs> is oh, is that what that is? I don't remember that episode at all. Checkpoint's kind of uh, important, isn't it? It's like watching your council one. Yeah, why is oh again the thumbnail is glory looking fantabulous. Um, man, I am not remembering a lot of these. Yeah, I know these. To me, this is when the show got a little too serialized for my taste. Yeah, it was like too okay. much uh, plot ongoing, not enough like case of the week type stuff. Crush is the one where Trusilla comes back. <laughs> what about what's your general take and remembrance of I was made to love you? I remember it. I mean, that's that's one we could do. I think it'd be worth it. Yeah. Here's a question. Okay, this is a big question here. Do yeah. we have to do the body? I'm going to rewatch it. I'll the, put it that way. The body, one of the best episodes of television ever yeah. made. I yeah. don't know if I really want to do that for the podcast, just because it's so crushingly depressing and real. Um, I don't know. We'll we'll see. Yeah. Um. I remember Way to the World being really depressing and like not a great episode. Is that that's the one where she goes in catatonic? Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is a weird fucking season, actually, now that I'm just looking over some of this stuff. Yeah, and she's like getting a book off the shelf and she's like, This is the moment that I realized we were all gonna die. It's yeah. like Okay. Spike uh, having a buffy robot and intervention, that might be worth it. Um, that's the that's the one where people freaked out where it's like the Scooby Gang's looking at them and they turn around the corner and they come back and like Buffy Bot's just like riding Spike and Oh, the, you're uh, the big bad, yeah. And yeah, and people are like, This is an eight o'clock show. <laughs> <laughs> My kids watch this. I seriously like so many of these episodes, I'm like, man, these are a bunch of fucking duds. Uh like spiral. Out of my out of my mind is I think the one where Spike realizes that he has the thing for Buffy. Isn't there an the episode where they're like there's like they're on like a RV, like firing yeah, yeah, yeah. arrows think, and shit. 
I think that's Spiral. I, yeah, I think so. I rewatched that RV scene on YouTube the other day. It's ridiculous. Maybe we should do it just for that. All right, let's 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 confine ourselves to the first half, then the first eleven episodes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or maybe twelve. Maybe we include checkpoint in there. Um, we definitely need to do Fool for Love. Yes. We could probably do. I don't know. Do we need to do No Place Like Home? That's pretty big for Glory, so maybe we should do that one. Yeah. So No Place Like Home, Fool for Love, and checkpoint i don't know do we need like the riley breakup episode i don't really think so which is that into the woods it's into the woods yeah the only thing that i really appreciate from what i remember that episode was it's called into the woods and towards the beginning a character says something a character says something like something happens i think it's maybe with joyce and they're like oh health wise don't worry we're out of the woods right right, yeah oh shit (laughs) um is triangle the the yeah triangle's the Olaf the troll one yeah man I don't even remember that with one. Kubiak as the troll if I right okay okay is checkpoint checkpoint's Jane Espenson too Marty directed uh, Into the Woods I think that might be the only one she directed hmm. um, oh no she did Forever too she gets weird episodes to direct I would say check. Even though I couldn't tell you what happens in this episode, I just remember it's an important plot one. That's all. And like none of these are standing out to me. It's like, oh yeah, that was a good classic. Like yeah, listening to Fear, got to do that one. You know. Yeah. So uh, Quentin Travers returns. Is this the one where Buffy dresses down the Watchers Council in the magic box at the end? She's just like, I finally realized it's about power. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's Gwen. All right, so um, no place like home, fool for love, and checkpoint. Yeah, and uh, then the do you want to want to start with either crush or I was made to love you? I mean, do you want to get into crush in general? It's uh, Return of Drusilla. Hmm. I guess the question is whether or not we're doing the body. I mean, we have to do the gift, right? Yeah, we, we kind of have to do the gift. So we could probably do I was made to love you, and then intervention. Well, I mean, do you want to do Spiral? Do you want to do three or do you want to do four? I don't know. I mean, I suppose we could chop it up into three. But that seems like a lot for season five. Um, <laughs> it's a lot for season five, for sure. Um, if we chop it into three, then we can easily do the body. We could do Crush, I Was Made to Love yeah, the Body. Yeah, I don't know that'd if be very to weird. That. Uh, people, that'd be very- If people really want us to do the body, like tweet at us, let us know. If we get a bunch of people tweeting, maybe we'll do the body. But for now, let's say maybe we'll do like I was made to love you spiral in the gift. Okay. Um, yeah, because uh, if I can avoid seeing Warren until at least season six, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, you see him in I Was Made to Love You, right? Yeah, yeah, I know. But I, I think there's more of him in Intervention. Probably. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, obviously he makes the... Yeah, he makes the Buffy bot. <laughs> The was supposed to be Britney Spears bot. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, this is the, supposed to be the Britney Spears guest. Oh, the, the original one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Um, All right. Well, that yeah. sounds like a plan. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Well, until then, have a good one. Bye Stay bye. safe. Wear a mask. Bye-bye. Wear a mask. For God's sakes. Please. Yeah. Bye-bye.